Sissy Space Pack. We're back for another week of DC comic books. I'm American Sweetheart Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And you're listening to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 179. 179. Hello, one and all, to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official and official podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of June 9th, 2018. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. Eric Shea. Right proud you can find us on facebook at weird science dc comics on podbean at weird science dc comics at podbean.com on twitter at weird science dc unless you've blocked us eric or uh-huh. a website uh that you can go to that's award-winning weird science dc comics.com we also have a patreon account over at patreon.com slash weird science where you can hear a lot of different shows including a comic news show that comes out once a week including some other review shows that uh, deal with other sh- bit comics other than dc there i got it out there or the patreon only spotlights that are picked by the baddest i'm trying to gather my thoughts now eric from (laughs) that uh but we do have a patreon only spotlight that is two books it's two books a week eh? podcast over yes uh and this week the badasses of the get fresh crew boop boop picked Batman Prelude to the Wedding Nightwing versus Hush number one and the unexpected number one and because this week a Batman came out we're continuing our protest and you'd have to go over to the Patreon over to listen to King's Corner of Batman number 48 which is me and Eric talking about that for about 50 minutes I think it ended up being around there Uh, just to just to let other people know if you if you'd never have gone over you haven't listened the Patreon spotlight the main one with the Prelude and the unexpected number one that's almost an hour and a half for two books so it's not like we go over there and mail it in or do we eric but if you want to find out go over and join up and you will not be charged till july 1st so that you can use that as a you know a special little free trial and see if what we have over there and what we do is worth it also on the regular feed uh, you'll see that we did the wonder woman annual number two as our weekly spotlight the dip the toe in for the people who don't have the time or want to put in the effort for a longer podcast and with that yeah, and it does happen, and we've had where people were complaining, oh my god, there they are with their 12-hour podcast. Well, then once you try to, you know, get it a little more manageable, then people are complaining that it's not long enough. I think this is going to be another one that's on the shorter side. We haven't had a lot of books lately with the we idea. We call that the Jim Winter podcast. Yeah, because it's nice and wants to make sure that everybody feels comfortable. Is that why you call it? <laughs> that's what it's all. Because it not only informs, but it also entertains. Is, is uh, that the saying, Aaron? Yes, yes, uh, yes. But with that, uh, lately, the DC Comics is in a weird little holding pattern. Not even just the books kind of treading water, but also a lot of the books went to monthly and nothing was in the fill in the spaces though yeah coming up uh, you know soon we're going to be hit by a tsunami of books and i'm sure that we're going to be not ready for it it's like one of those it's like when you go you go back to vacate from vacation to work and then people like hey what do you like your vacation and then you have the hack i gotta need a vacation from the vacation paper do and then you run them over with a fork. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Working hard or is it time to go home? Oh my goodness. All those sayings, Eric. Hey, they don't say that over on Pluto. 
That's what uh, I say to people. But we talked about it already. Uh, they're the badasses of the Get Fresh crew and the boop, Patreon boop. account. We're going to salute them now with the badass roll call. Eric, light up because it's time to do the badass roll call. And we're going to start off with Kenny Vengeance, T-Funk. Buddy's elephant shit, Eric. He's there, right in my face. Josh Vermillion, Abuse Mom in the Verizon Hole, Aldrin Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark. We got Bill Beer, G-Man, Man Ship, B-Mur, Brandon Murray, uh-uh, Bobby, <laughs> making up stuff, Reggie, Bobby. Andrew from Belfast, Fred Etienne, Eric G, Cellar Dweller, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach Davis, and we're going to hear from Luis later on in the mail. We got Ulysses Jones, the Ulysses Jones Show in the house, Eric T, 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 Hakeem, Double A, Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Ian, Missy T, my man Rob Lewis, and your man Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, right. Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, Ruben, and the OG, Christopher Hine there, Eric. I went through that and did not make one mistake. I am very proud of myself. That might have been the first time that ever happened. Yeah, I, I hide the mistakes with the uh-uh. That's, that's, that's how things work out around here. That's what you do. You, you just hide everything. I said, you know Every what, kids? you're about to fuck up. Have a mini stroke. This is what happens. And what I said, and why I knew this would work, the kids are like, oh, what are you doing tonight? Are you still doing that podcast with Eric? And I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that I do it with Eric. Uh-uh. I was lying, Eric. See, there you go. That was the mistake. The mistake was you. You, Eric. The mistake was you. How dare you say that after we mentioned your mother earlier? But yeah, this is the intro, Eric. We're about done. But I do want to mention one other thing. We do have a Marvel Comics podcast called the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast that we have out. It comes out every Monday night. Though I kind of want to uh, talk to you and Brandon. I do it with you and Brandon. Uh, I want to talk about that night. It, it ends up being one of the only nights we can do it. I was going to say, when are you going to switch it? Well, the problem is is that it does suck that it has to come out the day after the big podcast that we put out. And, you know, it kind of doesn't jive with people having a lot of time and stuff. I just don't know how we can switch it. We'll see. But it does come out Monday night. I don't know why I brought that up here either. Neither do I. I don't know, Hey, what what books do you want to talk about tonight? I know that's if you have a podcast and you say that, that triggers Eric some fears. Oh my god! We go and listen to a podcast and like, so what books do you want to read? And Eric's, I'm driving him. He's in the past. You guys don't know this yet. He starts screaming at the radio. I says, "Calm down, buddy. Just calm down and be like I me." I understand not Even wanting to for things, but Jesus Christ, have an outline. Yeah, yeah there you go. And maybe they're just playing the game, right? They're playing well, the I game, hate. Eric. But yeah, we're gonna go off now to the books. Now, we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. Oh, yeah. We just want to hear your voice some more, and we want to hear all of your scores. We don't want to hear any change. 
Hello, Eric. How you doing there with your reviews and your books and your meats and your cheeses? Here we go. I was better before that. <laughs> I'm trying to get myself excited. I'm trying to get in a chipper mood. It. Yeah, I just say nonsense. Non sequiturs is what I yell out. I, it's like I have a uh, comic book Tourette's here. Justice League! I just yell myself like that. That's what happens. And this is the meat and cheese we're going to be talking about. A bunch of books tonight. And I'm going to tell you, hey, should we have a spoiler alert? I know that we usually don't have a spoiler alert. We you know, kind of put it at the, at, at the bottom of the pot, at the well, end of the pot. Well, we kind of go with the idea that people know what we do and whatnot, but I should spoil things. We don't love all these books. Oh, There's my spoiler now alert. Just bailed. Uh, yeah, yeah, really. And, uh, I just, it's one of those things that's starting to get to me again. I, I need a pick me up and I don't see it coming possibly. Maybe we will. Maybe by the end of this podcast, Jim, we will have to come find his to pick learn. me ups at the inside of a freaking printed page. Now he finds it inside of a pill bottle. Help it's in, out, it's inside of a pill bottle that may or may not even be prescribed to me, Eric. Oh my no, God. It, it, is pre- it is prescribed to me. But yeah, hey, there you go. I used to find that this used to be a quote unquote hobby. It also used to be a quote unquote like pleasant distraction, passion. a passion, a uh, a vacation, if you will, a staycation. Used to be something that <laughs> I, I actually. I mean, when, when is it when I'm doing this podcast that I'm hoping that like it, we're doing the podcast, we're talking about these books, and I'm thinking about like, God damn it, I can't wait till Monday at seven o'clock when I get to go to work. <laughs> I guess <laughs> it's going to be the opposite. Hey, you know what? Now the real work begins. The real work of me putting on a smile while, while we're doing this. And with that, I just want to mention because, yeah, we're, we're still – out. Nobody's used to that. We're still trying. Yeah, no, no. There's never – if you see me smiling, and I'm telling you, Eric, this is not for everybody else. I would whisper so they couldn't hear. Eric, uh-huh. uh, if you see me walking to work with a smile, uh, run. Get the hell out of there. That means shit's you know going I down. running. That means, well, jog slowly, and maybe you'll make me laugh even more. And then maybe oh, no, it'll cheer me up. It'll make me, it'll make me cheer me up, and then maybe I wouldn't do what I was going to do. But yeah, uh, yeah, that, that could happen. If you, if you see me with like a huge grin, uh, just a normal walk of life where you just, you happen to look over, I'm by myself, and I'm just grinning, just run, run, uh, because something is wrong then. Uh, yeah, uh, I just, I just want everybody to know that when we talk about these books, this does not mean that we hate DC Comics. does That's not mean we hate comics in general. We love them. I still love them. I think I may even think in my mind that I love them more uh, because, you know, uh, it makes the, the uh, bad books makes the heart grow fonder, Eric. I, I remember the days <laughs> when, you know, I, I love the books, but somehow the books of all, all my good times of books, they've gotten on the Carnival Cruise, and I'm waving as they go off, Eric. And that's, what's that, uh, of what's course, that old saying, you know, if, if you love something, something read bad books of those things (laughs) and if they come back good then you know uh, that love is pure that that is that saying right there eric should be on a mug it'd be a very big mug yeah if you (laughs) love something like comics set it free if it comes back worse kill yourself that that's my saying uh no but right now and and before we go on just i just want to tell people also that if if you're in the same boat as us i'll say if you're not and you're listening to this you're like oh my god again i i've heard it all uh for years and years now the idea of if you don't like it why are you doing this way you know that's kind of not what we do and also while we're doing it we're in the you know we're in the shit here eric we're Uh fighting the battle 
and we're trying to get to you know the end where we can kiss each other, Eric, on the street, and then go off to okay. our lives. And uh, we we keep waiting for these you know breath of fresh air, you know light at the end of the tunnel. And when I think I see it, it's not coming. But right now, I think that we are in a weird deal. When we said uh, earlier, oh, a strange ass holding pattern. Yeah, and right when now. and that's the weird thing. When we talk about uh, another bit of downtime in the podcast and the site, it was when we had the DCYOU. When they came out, they knew that people were kind of getting tired of the uh, the uh, new Fifty Two. But instead of rebooting, instead of doing that, because it really is, reboot is a dirty word. If you do sure that, is. then you're going to lose more people. You would just reboot it. You reboot, you actually are claiming or, or really saying to people, yeah, it was a mistake. Nobody wants to do that either. So they had the DCYOU, and they came out and said it's it's story over continuity, which ah. one, one Eric Shaggy went nuts. But with that, I took it as, you know what, okay. It, everything else, it was at a point. We I were took kind it of as a, okay. Anything that Eric Shea hates got to be good. Yeah, well, and, and with that, you were still continuing the other books that didn't go with that. They were already going on their runs. They were doing whatever they were doing. It was these new ones coming out, these mini series and stuff like that. And it, it made it seem like, okay, well, we're going to get some fun. Like, we always wanted some fun. And that was at a point. And then people, when they look back at the New 52, they really want to paint it with those dark strokes. There was a lot of fun, though. There, there was. was. It wasn't just everything dark. It started out that way. Once everything settled, we had some really big stories, some fun times and things like that. But at the end of that, when the DCYOU started, it was getting stale. It really was. And the problem is what we said – DC went too far. They they went too in, too all big, in. Too soon. They changed all their big books. I mean, you had the big two, Batman and Superman, completely changed the whole books. Everything was all going, in, and it just was a mess. They needed to do Rebirth. And with that, you had Rebirth. Everything was good again. Now it's gotten to this point where we're in this other holding pattern. But the holding pattern, in my mind, and you'll hear us yell about it uh, more tonight. I yelled about it last week. The holding pattern seems more... Things outside of comics. It seems editorial deal, uh, delays, like that sort of thing. The idea that I say later where you have books that you're getting new creative teams, you get excited about it, but somehow we have two or three issues before those creative teams come on after you've already just kicked out the rights. other guy. And yeah. it doesn't make sense. It just seems like nothing is planned and nothing is, you know, it doesn't seem like the DC themselves are, are really caring as much about the books as we do. And when that happens, that's when I get depressed, when I'm thinking, like, why do I have more invested in this than they do? And then you have the other, you know, you have minor things. And with that, you know, when we don't talk about Batman on the podcast or we, we don't like this book or that book, that's individual stuff. Believe me, people, if you're upset that me and Eric don't like Tom King's Batman, these things, even if he stays to 100, these things come and go. They really do. These are just, you know, this is just a blip on the radar of us not liking a book or a creator like. because you go back and up until I Am Bane ended, I was all in. I mean, I, I, I say now, looking back, I only like Tom King up until, you know, the first six issues. That's that's really a lie. I was giving good reviews until even I Am Bane where I was like, I remember coming into work and getting so excited when I said, Eric, wait, you, we have a reverse nightfall going on here. It's so cool. And I was in. But now at this point, every book seems to just be not wanting to tell a story. It, it just seems like things. And then when you get these fill-in guys who, and it's not their fault, you get Eric. Eric Shea fills in for Green Lantern, and he's got two right. issues. Y you can't change the world. Y you're not gonna, you know, you're not well, gonna you say do that. This. Nobody can change the world right now. It seems. Maybe Scott and that's Snyder the biggest problem there. Yeah. But no, the whole idea is 
There is no story that's going to come out, it seems like, besides until Doomsday Clock is over, because we know what the year ahead is already going to look like. Yeah. So until that's over, we can't have yeah, any you know, earth-shattering stories things. that can impact the, the character in any way differently yeah. than what you know right now. Well, so and not even know right now, yeah. Is, you know, just to throw some staleness out there until we can finally get some fresh stuff yeah. out there, because right now we can't do shit about shit until this is over. Yeah, and remember, that's the thing. Doomsday Clock, there's the story that's going to progress the DCU a year ahead and go from there. So what Eric's even saying is you you might be just a writer who's there. I, I'm writing Superman. You know, I'm Brian Michael Bendis. And I'm like, hey, look at me. I, I lost my hair. I don't know what happened. But uh, with that, I want to make Superman do this, this, and this. The problem is there's a roadblock ahead that you can't do that because of not just how Doomsday Clock ends, but how it starts, yeah. how we've in the middle, all these things. Like, you can't deal with this. Like, we have Doomsday Clock, and everybody's worried about Lois. Uh, we, we've seen Lois a year yeah. ahead in the deal. So you, But with that, this is what infuriates me now. We're stuck in the now. I, I can't, you know, fast forward and just say, okay, let's get rid of this nonsense, and that's the problem. By the time we get to the Doomsday Clock ending, I don't want to look back at this vacuum of a year and a half. I don't want to look back and say, well, we just wasted a year and a half of this nonsense, which the DCYOU kind of had. Because even when Rebirth started, we got rid of a lot of books. They seemed to kind of get wonky with some things and some things that, like, Eric really loved had to be ended. And, and we're getting that again. And it's just it, – it's depressing. It really is. Uh, I try not to let it affect me overall with all of these books. It kind of does, but it also leads to I am sitting here. You have Jimmy Werner here. Little, uh, you, know, you have the guy kid, Little Jimmy, Jimmy Alvin. Hey there. Uh, I'm here. I'm easily impressed right now. I mean, you have me at my low. You give me a book that I see that you have a vision, at least your minor, you know, your vision of your book, because like you said, a wide vision is, is hard. Yeah. Uh, I can be impressed. I can really, I'm, I'm waiting. I, I am a winnable guy right here. I'm the guy who's just been dumped. Or, you know, I, the prom's coming up and I just got dumped by three people. Uh, the prom's tomorrow. Boy, anybody can ask me though, Eric. It, it, it that's a weird scenario because that could never happen. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. you, they can swoop in and grab me. What a what a prize! Work. You were just dumped by three people. What a prize! I, I think it's because you're a jerk who was taking three the people thing, at the same though. time. After all that, Eric, three people dumped me. I will never admit it was me. I'm telling you, I'd be the guy who's been divorced 12 times and think that it, it's all 12 other people's fault. It wasn't me, Eric. It wasn't me. Basically, it would be because I spent all my time podcasting. But hey, th that's yeah. me though, Eric. They gotta accept me for who I am. But all this leads around to, first I'll tell you, if you want to read our written reviews, you can go over to weirdsciencedccomics.com uh, and read the written reviews of all these. But this all leads back to Scott Snyder and the Justice League, which you'll do the blurb in a minute. That's what we're going to start with tonight. And so this is where I, I'm, I'm conflicted. And as we go through this, I'll talk about it because I like the idea of – I'm not going to be like Dancing Mike. I understand fully. I'm not going to be here trying to convince him to like anything. But since there's a book trying to do something, and yes, it's his vision. He's he's doing this, and all these other books are following, whatever. You know what? I need something. And if I'm going to jump on this wagon and then get dysentery down the lane, Eric, so be or it. Oregon but trail. maybe I'll get to the Oregon Trail fully, and we'll strike gold. I don't even know what they're doing on the Oregon Trail. <laughs> are they going to – I think they're using the Oregon Trail to go find uh, lands of I, – I don't know. But you know what I'm saying. I, I want to go. I don't. I, I just – I want to find something. So if you're going to try to lead me, I'm in. And until you burn me fully, 
you know, uh, I'll stay in and hope that we're going to get something at least in this little sector of books that's exciting, seems new. And yeah, sometimes new and exciting means that you kind of have to burn down something old, uh, but I'd rather do that than hold. And most of these books are in holding patterns. Most of them are in holding patterns with creators that are only on for a couple issues, and that makes it even worse. Uh, but go with it, Eric. Before I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Good. These pills. Boy, these pills, Eric. They're, they're making me excited. <laughs> go with it. What are we talking about? Justice League number one, written by Scott Snyder, with art by Jim Chung, Mark Morales, Tomei Moray, and Tom Napolitano. A new cosmic force called the Totality is heading for Earth, and it's up to the Justice League to figure out well, to figure out if it's good or evil. One thing's for sure, though, with the G- Legion of Doom back this issue, you know they're up to no good. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was short, and, and, short, and, short sweet. and sweet, just like me. Why are these women breaking up with me before the prom? And why am I a guy in my time. 40s going to the prom? That's another question, Eric. Uh, we, that's for another day. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll tell you right now, I have been reading the Marvel 2 and 1, uh, with Jim Chung, and I really like his art. For some reason, it doesn't click with me here fully. No. Uh, some of it does. Everybody talks about how great his art is, so I was really excited going into this because I'm not reading the Marvel 2 and 1, so, but when I got in this, it feels like at, at times it felt very like Ramita Jr. esque. Yeah. And I'm like, I hate that style and everything. Like, you know, if you don't have a character's face right up against the panel, everything loses all its detail. If you yeah. show a full body thing where you can barely, like, I'm looking at the first page here where you see the, like the, uh, the justice Legion and the DC 1 million. And I'm like, I don't know yeah, what the, the hell these look like. Almost like you know, little like even child sketches at times. You know, Kamani yeah, and Canis. Yeah, you, you have them, and uh, yeah, they they do. And I'll, I'll give you, yes, they look very John Romita esque. But then it's such a weird deal that maybe I, I don't know. Maybe he came in a little later. Again, there's another argument for things, but. Because his his main pages, I mean, some of these where you get the full deal, including like the the reveal of the Legion of Doom when oh, they I'm come telling out. You, for some reason, whatever awesome. it is, the Legion of Doom are my favorite parts of this book because I think it's the most action packed. You have all these great reveals going on with it, and I just think the art looks the best because whenever we have the Justice League after we get done our Neanderthal fight. We're just sitting around in yeah. a, a fucking boardroom meeting it's of the mind. though. And, and I actually, kind of boring even with that, it me. is a little boring. It, it's a weird number one because you, you want to have a number one that's going to be balls to the wall. You want people yeah, to right. jump in. You want to have all these things. For some reason, I actually like this setup only because you're starting out. You're getting the characters. You're setting up some things. He's really pushing the idea of Martian Manhunter being the man and going forward from there. Uh, so I, I don't mind that. And I actually am intrigued about, you know, this buildup. But yeah, I actually expected to read this and, you know, take my breath away and like, oh my God, well. like a number one would be. Maybe they're kind of counting on the fact that it is a new number one. People will buy it, but it is a little odd of a start, but also, Kind of leads to believing that the no justice was supposed to be the start leading into this, and a lot of people didn't like that either. So right. I, I do. I think I'm a little more positive about this issue than you are, and liking a little bit of the, you know, the Justice League themselves there, and you know, the meeting of the mind, which which Martian Manhunter even says at one point, it'll get a little more solid as it goes on, and we have a, you know, a connection with each other. It's it's an odd concept, but yeah. uh, but with that. 
I do like the idea that – and I listen to some other podcasts and some people are complaining and some people like it. The idea of the Justice League being a worldwide threat deal and all the books, you never have a uh, – you know, never have a cool down, never have a slow deal. I the actually think time, that this yeah. is it. I actually think that you have this to lead because, yeah, you have the Legion of Doom kind of building in the background, which is the most exciting part. And that, that is the best part to me of the issue. But you also have this totality showing up, which well, when we talk, we have some concerns about. But you have this thing where it looks like the big, you know, the big bad coming may not even be the big bad. And we have this. And I like the idea of a Legion of Doom as the main villain going just because that's that's something that we haven't really seen we do keep seeing these you know cataclysmic you know the kindred the you know all this nonsense that we had and then we had the street level deal when uh christopher priest jumped on that didn't work either so no, i actually and like I'm the thing is with the fan and everything like that the fan was secondary to everything because we had the yeah. whole background of the people versus the just like yeah. it just didn't work because it was no, just a boring thing that really never really panned out yeah, and it's end. nothing that you need you to just something like the legion of Doom, something yeah. I've loved since I was a small child. You get me really excited. Yeah, yeah it's not the exact team that I would want no, to play it's not. based on the whole Super Friends idea of it, but I do get excited at that prospect. Just I'm getting these well-known villains against my favorite heroes of all yeah. time. So with that, you also have a Justice League team that's kind of an animated universe deal. Not quite, like you said. Yeah. It's kind of the same. It's like it's it's old to be new again or new to be old again, whatever it would be. And I, I am intrigued by how this will go forward and – Scott Snyder, he does get at least enough face time with everyone, whether they say, I mean, Hawkgirl says a couple things. She's just there. You have so all not these things. Don't quite sure why she's there. Well, he just wanted her there. They, yeah. they asked her to be there uh, afterwards after the metal event, Eric. Uh, yeah, but with that, y- there is one big problem. Uh, and you told me at work, and I agree with you. Why are you going with these colored word bubbles when you're in of the mind? And you're really pushing this Martian Manhunter of the mind deal that I think we're going to have. Yeah, this. And we're going to have everybody this. throughout as the team chairman. Yeah, we're going to have like this coordination concept, by it threw him. It me off right away because we have our individual Just League members teamed up with other heroes off the Just League yeah. all around the world def- dealing with different Neanderthal threats that we find out. Or, you know, uh, this big plan by Vandal Savage who has kept these Neanderthals alive all this time, you know, evolving them separately in different locations in the center of the earth and whatnot. Yeah. But when you have them talking to Martian Manhunter and whatnot, and you get this the little, you know, the little like uh, thought balloons for uh, yeah. dealing with the whole telepathy aspect of it, where they have just small colored rings around yep. them to just like just you know, clarify rings. who the character is. It's not that clarifying to me. No, because I'm it gets who the a hell is talking? Wonky. Because I think I'm thinking of what seeing one person. When oh wait, that's not that. And I, yeah. by the end, I'm like. I guess it really doesn't matter who I think this is. Yeah, yeah, and, and with that, you get the green as Martian Manhunter. So you can, you can follow that, but these others with the, you know, hey, that's not a good Batman. Yeah, it is. Oh, come on, it is. It gets a little confusing. Normally, we get the symbol in yeah. the deal. Why, why change that up? Why make that, you know, there's some things that are the way they are because that's kind of the best way. And I, I do get a little confused, but you do have this back and forth. And he has a different voice for the some of the members of the Just League, specifically Diana, uh, with that, uh, because she even says like, uh, "I'm the effing Wonder Woman," you know, I'm it's censored. Woman. Yeah, I'm the goddamn Wonder Woman, and you know that's a call out to All Star Batman and Robin. And that, well, I call out. <laughs> don't ever call don't out. Do don't even get near doing that. It, it's kind of just a, is that like a Bruce? And they're going with and okay, it's this humor this is my batman voice yeah i i don't really need that because while this is going on 
still am a little confused because we have just started what's going on with them fighting the Neanderthal deal. And uh, with that, I, I want to know more about what they're doing, not this, you know, fun talk between. Have this when they're at the, you know, of the mind meeting. You can do that. Not when you're trying to, you know, show me the basis of this story and get it started because what they're doing is fighting these uh, Neanderthal guys all around that end up, it's tied in that Vandal Savage had had these people. This was part of his plan while Earth is breaking apart because the moon's a cyclotron. I mean, th this is crazy stuff. It it's very you know complicated convoluted stuff going on and you're worried about having a batman voice and laughing i i didn't think that that was the uh you know the time for that though right. again though i do like the characters and when you have that page you have a spread page and i do like also where you are having the heroes you know the main just league members around with other people with them i mean you see plastic man you have swamp thing in the background you have you know mention of animal man that's really cool. I, I like the idea that this is uh, an expanded deal, that the Justice League does have some, you know, they can call in a chit, Eric, and get people to help them when yeah, shit's cool going wrong, and I do like that a lot. Like, uh, you know, hearkening back not only to this, the regular Justice League animated series, but Justice League Unlimited, where yeah, you had Unlimited. all these teams coming out. Yeah, and, and even in the books where we had the DCYOU, where we were told the Wonder Woman book, when Meredith Finch jumped on, that was going to be the whole ploy of this. Oh, she's going to use everybody. Like, oh, yeah, it's Swamp Thing in the first end never came about so i hope that actually this is something we see a little not that it matters any but i would like like you said justice league unlimited where you'd have something going on and then you just have a side story where flash is not you know in space with the rest of the team and suddenly he's using adam strange and you know swamp thing to do something else i i think that that would be a really cool thing to introduce a lot of heroes to people who don't know them since rebirth because another thing with rebirth i think you'd agree it's been very singular with what heroes we get and and right. you know what we do we don't have a lot of diversity in comics they seem to be set just having their deal it's not going to make or break anything but i i think i like the idea if you're going to have a worldwide threat where this is going with the earth falling apart and stuff like that it makes sense to bring other guys in even if they're not quote unquote part of the justice league uh but while this i do like the idea too martian manhunter's just sitting in space he's indian style there eric i can't sit like that anymore something went wrong with my knees and i cannot yeah, sit indian style anymore yeah i can't I, yeah you're gonna tell me it's because i'm fat i don't know that being heavy cannot make you cross your legs i'm telling you i tried to do it i can't do it my one leg does not bend like that anymore it really doesn't and it might be the weight on it who knows uh but with that i like also that this is kind of the idea idea that I thought that Christopher Priest was trying to get about with Cyborg in his little run that kind of got put of having a guy there like you know you always think Batman but this is actually a pretty cool coordination especially because he can talk to them all in the mind so he can coordinate things he can see things and I really like that and for people who've been wanting or waiting for Martian Man or you're still not getting enough answers I, I think right. for like an Eric Shea but at least they're addressing the, that he was gone. It's not is, like he's I, just I, I'm, there. I'm he was on a walkabout. The thing is, I'm off of that, though. For what for what we've had Martian Manhunter in the New 52 and leading into this, he seems to be way closer to these people than he ever has the right to yeah. be, especially since he's been gone for so long. With like, oh, on his walkabout, trying to find the <laughs> he was on a walkabout. 
Yeah. You know what? I, I'm past my whole concerns. It's not going to be addressed. I just have to go with the idea that we're old friends, and we might as well just be dealing with the idea that some of the old continuity has been leaking through the source wall. I don't know. It must be Justice yeah. League Reborn. I don't, it I must have no be really, Martian Manhunter Reborn. Where, where's kidding. Wrong Turn? Where's Wrong Turn? He doesn't Man. talk to us anymore. <laughs> He's banned. But uh, yeah, and with this, they, the the threat that's right there, it starts off where you see the totality. It's coming. It's a out of time, in every time sort of deal where you're going. You see all these different people that you mentioned in the beginning, including like Kamandi and all that. They all see it, and then you yeah, get it's, like it's, it's all it's coming out of the source wall. It seems to be phasing through space and time at every yeah. place at every time. It's you know yep. just in the entire thing because like right away we see the the Justice Legion or the like DC one million. Then you see the monitors at the beginning of the universe and whatnot. Yep. Just I just thought of what we've been talking. It's a real nice multiverse we yeah. once had. That was a multiverse. <laughs> yeah, that really was nice one time. Yeah, he's, you see oh, Kamandi yeah. and Doctor Canis. You know, five thousand years yeah. from now, and then you see you know like you know the Wizard Shazam, Phantom Stranger, Ganthet, Hera. And even a high yeah. father just watching yep. this thing going on now as it comes out and it's just heading right towards Earth. Yep. And they say the thing, you know, this like DC this Phoenix is the beginning and the end. Like. Yeah. Can we stop it? No, no. You know what? It's not really up to us. And you get this mystical kind of universal thing here. And as this goes on, we said that to tell it that. Uh, what, hey, I was the just going to say, yeah, I was just going to call it the totalitarian, the totality. We're, the we're worried, we're, we're worried that it's totally going to be the Phoenix Force that it's coming, but <laughs> it also seems to be a thing that's spelled out by Martian Manhunter and, and through this of, and even like Cyborg when he's tapping into things of the idea that this is like the blueprint of a new evolution when the source this wall went down. This is the heart of the source yeah. wall, the freaking like the sentient energy at the source, even though. I was led to believe previously that that's where you you refueled the emotional spectrum or whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. the source, hey. the heart of the source wall. Well, we'll see what it means because to me it means you know, and it's almost going you know hand in hand with the the uh, you know the the Titans and all the stuff that was happening in the No Justice where you had all that going on where they were all going to come and swallow up. That was the end. This is kind of one of those things that it seems as if it was going to be let loose. When we were ready for it, possibly. Right. And even at the thing, they're like, this is the beginning and the end. Like, this would have been the spark of life at one point. It's the, you know, in the end of things, but in the middle. And I think that what they're going to deal with is the fact that it may not be a bad thing, but it may be a too early thing. I mean, it's really, everything's going back to the idea of, oh, we fucked up. We done fucked up here with that, you know, the source wall. And I think that that's what it's going to play. Like, I, I don't think that it's going to blow up the earth and we're going to have no other issues there. Next issue, that's it, obviously. But I think that it's going to be one of those, like, is it the time for this? Are we evolved enough for our next evolution? I mean, you know, I'm not a Pokemon man, Eric, but it'd be like all of a sudden I'm a Squirtle and I evolve into Charizard. Is that possible, Eric? No. Is that is that anything that can happen? And I think that that's what this may do. I think that when this comes, like you're already – it's going and it thinks we're on our fourth evolution, you know, a triple change even, Eric. But we're actually only on our second and it might fuck with things and we'll see how that goes. In the meantime, though, they have this, you know, present – clear and present danger of the earth falling apart. I mean yeah. and they even think like it's not really we, – we don't know how. It's not coming from the earth or whatever and they figure out it's the moon. And it's cyclotron. Neanderthals have used their powers all over the world to turn the moon into a cyclotron. Yeah, a cyclotron, Eric. So and it's pulling it, it, the surface of the Earth away from itself, destroying yeah. the planet itself. Actually, yeah. what the, the thing is, what the, the Neanderthals are trying to do as well, it seems like they're trying to remake the world 
into something that will be able to sustain them and like make their like the the center of the earth where they're from more yeah. like you know into the what the, the surface of the earth is you know yeah. we're gonna make everything Neanderthal acceptable. Yeah, and, and with that, I, I do think that it, it is a funny kind of thing as it goes on too, because I do think then at the beginning, like, oh, these Neanderthals, and they are really the Neanderthals that are spelled out yeah. then by Vandal Savage, which is kind of I don't know for some reason that made me smile. <laughs> it made <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go with that. That's pretty funny. I'll go. Yeah, and with this, you have uh, Martian Manhunter say to Batman, "Hey, can I use those bombs?" You put in the moon, like, you know, those bombs. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you mean, Martian Manhunter. Bombs, right, you say? Right, Come on. And I, I like that. I actually really like that. Dragon, this, yeah. this ancient nesting dragon on the moon or something like that. And I'm going to hit this thing full force, and I need you to blow the thing up as I do this, because we've got to yeah. take this moon out. Yep. I'm just yeah. sitting there, the goddamn poor moon. <laughs> what about the tides? Hey, yeah. Shit's gone wrong. I, I've seen something. Swamp thing's going to recreate the land. Yeah. Yeah. What about the freaking ocean? Eh, you know. Hey, they're just going to go with it. And that's that's no, why, I can't again. Think about having a bite out of the side of the moon and chow written on it from the tick cartoon. Yeah. yeah. Is this going to be why Atlantis rises? Is that going to tie in enough to that, that it kind of messes up shit like that? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I I think it's a cool, you know, big moment where he turns into a dragon. The art looks great there. It's yeah. just kind of there. Uh, in the meantime, like you said, you have Vandal Savage who's working with these Neanderthals, and he's pissed. He's like, you know what? You, you fucking asshole. We have a plan here. They don't like the plan. He's pissed off at them. It doesn't matter because Lex shows up and says, you know what? Your plan sucks, and my plan is to, I'm going to take over. I'm going to, you know. Check this out. I got a freeze ray. I'm going to zap you with yeah. it. I'm going to kill all the Neanderthals because you don't know this, but when you were having the whole, you know, Legion of Doom headquarters commissioned, yeah, my company kind of did the thing yeah, that worked I was out. Doing so it's the not shit. your base. It's my base it's mine. now. So I have all this stuff set up in here. You have no idea. So – Gonna push this button, open a trap door, like because yeah. it's a proper playset as far oh, as I I'm love concerned. I and love then the other thought is gonna fall on and die. Oh, yeah. And now I'm gonna trap monologue door. about, you know what, Vandal Savage, you're a piece of shit because you have known the secret of mankind yeah. for all this time. You kept it to yourself, and now I have found out about it. And I'm gonna give you the greatest gift of all. Death. Death. I'm going to find a way to kill you. I'm going to yeah. take you out of the picture because you believe in justice like all these other goddamn heroes out there. And I learned through no justice that there yeah. is no justice. There's only entropy in the world. Yeah, and with that, I actually like the tie-in because if you, if you sit here and think about the progression of this, Vandal Savage, one of the immortals, one of the guys who was on that you know council of like, oh, yeah, what are we going to do? Yeah. Batman's doing this. we got to stop that. We can shoot this through the, the brain and do you know blow this up, end it, whatever, all this stuff. And through all that, he kind of – he's a smart guy. And if yeah. he's smart only because he's lived forever or whatever, he's still a smart guy. He knew like – and in that, I thought I took a little more from that of like you knew the secret. Like you knew the secret and sat there. The secret isn't just what's going on now. It also is the lead up to this from Metal, from No Justice, into yeah. this. And there's Vandal Savage knew all along – this is going right into my fucking plan. Like, this is what I'm waiting for. This is going to be great. And with that, I also really like the idea if you were, you know, not everybody was a fan of metal. We weren't even a fan of the whole deal. No. We weren't, a, a, you know, going gaga of no justice. I really do like the idea of when you get Martian Manhunter and the meaning of the mind, where they're trying to figure out what to do with the totality. With that, it was very reminiscent to me of when the, the immortals sat there at their table wondering what to do about Batman and Barbados and things like that. And we saw before that if you kind of, you know, you sit on your hands, shit's going to go wrong. And really, everybody on Earth ruins everything for themselves, including Batman or whatever. And I like that idea that it, it, I just thought of that when they were talking.
talking about it. Like, well, we don't know if it's good or bad. We don't know what to do. I think it might be good or whatever. So I, I kind of like that idea that and people on Earth, they just keep sitting on their hands and not doing stuff, and they got to act, and they're not. Uh, I just liked it. And I like the idea. Also, the whole idea, too, what Vandal Savage was doing with his Neanderthals, like, you know, recreating the world into this more primitive era, yeah. like an ancient kind of Earth, it seemed like, for what they were doing. It might have been like, you know, for, because the totality was coming, he knew about this. Yes. We need to make this place look primitive as hell because this thing's coming. We need it to pass us by and not like, yeah. you know, not yeah. see us as something Yeah, that could be with. too. And then again, this is what I like. And, and this is a Scott Snyder thing. And if you don't like it, you are not going to like it here. I like the idea of the, the teams and even like a Luther. He's not the good guy here. He's the bad guy. Yeah. But they always seem to like, I don't need guy. a team that's always doing the thing that's the right thing. They don't know. And they act like that. And, yeah, you may find out that this is another one of those where the team thinks it like, you know, Luther thinks he's doing the right thing. And yeah. he might be doing the worst thing there ever was because, yeah. And then also I just like that he's like Dick Dastardly where he pulls the thing. He's, he's Mr. Burns. He pulls the thing and the, they, all of a sudden a trap door opens that Vandal didn't even know was there. And it goes Because I down. have my Imagine X Legion of Doom playset. I do not have a trap door. I yeah. want one now. Yeah, yeah. And also even with the thing where uh, – Lex starts saying to Vandal Savage, listen, I know what you, you know, I know what the monster in the basement is. There's no basement. There's no basement. I know all I the shit you have in the attic. Weapons There's, in the no attic. attic. There's no attic. And there is. I yeah. like that. I like that. In the meantime, like you said, you're not getting a lot of stuff with the Justice League itself, except them talking, uh, you know, it's setting up that whole meeting. They're there of the mind. You have Flash, like, I want to hug you in the mind, and you save the Earth. Like, they have saved the Earth in this issue, yeah. which pretty much gets glossed over with everything else going and it not being the most exciting of the stories up well, there you don't being have told. You don't have time to rest because, you know, you save the Earth by blowing up the moon. Three minutes from now, the totality is going to come best, out change everything for like, the better like, or the worse. It, it doesn't even have the idea of, okay, we got, we have, you know, get Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. We got to send a. Where's Steve Buscemi? We're going to go up and we're going to stop this asteroid. They only have three minutes, so you can't do an Armageddon on this bitch. You're going to have to just go with it. And yeah. they are. And Marshmallow, I kind of wish it was good, but then you get flashbacks and a little bit of how, you know, his wife and son, they died and his whole Martian, you know, this civilization, which you know if you are a fan of Marshmallow, I think that it doesn't go enough. For people who don't know Martian Manhunter, and the problem is most people don't that started with Rebirth. You're not going to know really anything about Martian Manhunter, and you really get these little hints of what he was about and Mars and all this, but I don't think it was enough, but it's enough for us. We know what's going on, and it just shows, you know, maybe I got screwed up before then. He has, like, from the future deal, and he thinks that he might have messed up here, and maybe he should have done more, but with that, the Legion of Doom's the coolest thing, and then that's when uh, all of the Neoenderthals get done, and they get yeah. in the rest of the Legion of Doom who we get to see and it's not exactly the Legion of Doom that I wanted because like I said I like the whole Super Friends Legion of Doom lineup yeah. but we do get Sinestro, Grodd, Joker, Black Man and Cheetah and I'm just sitting here looking at the Sinestro because I want to know what happened to him is it all just for the Legion of Doom like the the aspect of like taking it back to where it used to be because he's not wearing a Sinestro Corps uniform. He has a, no. his old blue yeah. freaking, you know, yeah, Charlie Brown costume on. Yeah, it's an odd deal. And, you know, Joker's there at the beginning because Lex curses. Language, Lex. And it's okay. Again, Who you knows can, what yeah. fucking children are this like is, yeah. to this. And with that, you're going to have people like, which Joker is this? I'm like, I, I don't even. I, I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need that either. And 
really, if but you're taking not it go- back to the animated series for whatever, even with the cursing aspect, when the Joker does show up and say language Lex, I like recently I've not heard Mark Hamill's voice when reading anything yeah. with the Joker in DC comics. This brought me back to the animated series yeah. Joker for whatever reason, just the way the Scott Snyder has captured a voice. And you say, Oh, Eric, how is that possible? He only has like, you know, two things of dialogue. For whatever reason, it worked enough for yeah. me that I was able to get yeah, into I this whole you, idea yeah. with this. Yeah, I told you, I, I never read anything yeah. with a voice. I, I just can't. I don't know. It's something that you know I don't do, but I'm reading it. The one thing that I think, though, you, you don't go with the three Jokers. I'm assuming this is the Joker that was in metal. Like the, the Joker yeah. that we saw in the Batcave that got away, this would be that Joker. Not even saying like this is the Joker that we just saw in Tom King's deal, not the three Joker deal. I'm just going with how this is. And he's there and people are like, oh, he doesn't like to play with others or whatever. But who knows what this Joker in this book, what he's after or wants uh, going forward. Yeah, you never just... really want to bring the Joker into your you know, secret society no. or your religion. But again, you don't want to do it. But you also yeah. don't want to. Not include him because we saw yeah, because what happened to Alexander pissed. Luther Jr. when he did that. He did that. Yeah, yeah. Or just like we saw, not inviting him to a wedding. If you want to go mm-hmm. that far, uh, with that Always though, invite the Joker. Yeah, and with that though, I do think that maybe that's the deal. Maybe the Joker was mad. He actually helped save the world. Uh, you know, a little bit ago, and and the multiverse. Uh, and they didn't invite him to the Justice League, so you can play with that. That's why he wants to go. But then there's a cool deal that was set up in Metal, where you do have. The classic Legion of Doom headquarters, which was Vandal Cemetery. I mean, it all makes sense. If you oh, weren't yeah, reading that together, and all of yeah. a sudden you see this and go, oh, that's hokey or whatever. No, it's already set up. And you go and this is where, you know, you have Lex just sitting there talking and pretty much making fun of Vandal and offering him, like you said, offering him death. You know, the weirdest part about this, besides for the idea that the Justice League do to sit around, a, you know, the boardroom table of the mind is this concept because we start out looking at the Hall of Justice, the newly built Hall of Justice and how there's a secret door that you have to be psychically connected to yeah. the Martian Manhunter in order to see this doorknob that, you know, leads to the inner sanctum. And on that, you have this little symbol that, you know, Martian Manhunter throughout this issue says this symbol here is the Martian, you know, symbol for justice. Yeah. And that is on there. And it's very reminiscent. It looks like, you know, the Hall of Justice design. It looks like the Hall of Justice. And when Luther is talking to Vandal Savage, he says, he, you know, he has this doorknob here, which has al- yeah. allowed him yep. to get in. You might not be able to see it because you have to be, you know, in tune with something to be yep. able to see this. And it's also made of the one thing that can, can kill you, Vandal. And then he just starts beating Vandal Savage yeah, to death. And at the end, you have this whole thing where you see the doorknob and it has, you know, the yeah. symbol of what Manhunter can only consider doom on it. It is like, and it is in the, the look of the Legion of Doom headquarters. Yeah. It's a cool aspect where you have this yeah. you know, duality of, you know, justice and doom. And you have the symbols like, you know, making the look like the actual headquarters. It's a weird thing to throw out there, though, because I don't like it. Is what, what are you trying to say to me here about these these secret doorknobs? It's just a weird aspect to throw no, out. Like, yeah, I, I just I, think I like it, the way yeah. they look and I like the symbols and all that stuff, but I just don't get the over. Like, I just think it's a play. I mean, I think it's a play of kind of wink, wink, where you, you have that set up at the beginning, and it is an open deal. They're saying, oh, we have to go. You know, you have that kind of a Christopher Priest type of deal where Batman had to go before a committee, say, listen, it's all safe here. All these weapons that we have on display, the uniforms, whatever, yeah. nothing said but we have this secret deal i just think that it's an you know it's one of his neat little wink winks where the symbol is how they built the place but also you have to have that idea where there are these secret things but i also think that in the meantime they really push that idea of psychically connected to martian manhunter and we have seen that martian manhunters tried to read you know lex's brain a couple times during no justice so i believe that they are psychically connected at least enough that if lex got in there he'd at least be able to see the doorway because the 
whole oh, deal I'm was saying, even when he's see. holding the doorknob at the end of yeah. this issue that he just beat Vandal Savage to death with. He's like, you see it glowing that Red Legion Doom yeah. symbol on it, you know, like whatever the, you know you want to call it, just the Doom yep. symbol. But yeah, the Doom oh, symbol. John, here we go in three, two, yeah. one. As Martian yeah. Manhunter, its mind's going out and about, and that's right when the totality hits the yeah, earth. Yeah, and it hits, and, and like, with that, yeah, and with that too, you had John when Vandal gets you know killed by that. Yeah. That, you know, Martian Manhunter senses that, and you know he hears this and all that. And the other thing with it is, you have to go with. I like the idea of here's Martian Manhunter. We haven't had him in a while. It's really being stressed in this issue where he lost his family, he lost yeah. his planet, he lost his civilization. This is him. That's that's Martian Manhunter. And in this, it's really leading to the point where his biggest fear seems to be losing everyone. And right. In fact, at the the future, he's there like they're done. I, I've lost them. I did this. I lost them. Then goes back to hey guys. Uh, Oh, they're gone. You know, they're not here now. And I, I think that we might see that Martian Manhunter, though, in, in my mind, usually Martian Manhunter is the most sensible, most intelligent. Like, he's right. never going to let emotions play into things where you're going to, you know, get. I think that we're going to see that because he's going to do things to try to get people not away from him. He seemed, plus, he was gone for a while and seems to be here. And yeah, I think that maybe he might goof up a little as well, just for the fact that he wants people around him. He, he needs friends. I kind of like that. And then there's Lex. It just goes nuts. And with that, this is Lex. We we now see fully, 100% bad guy. And oh, we've yeah. been waiting for this. Me and Eric have waited, not with bated breath. We actually like Lex as a good Super guy. Lex is great. And, um, People talking about the idea that no justice did that, that's not the case. In me and Eric's mind especially, that wasn't the start. When he grabbed that seed and you saw, oh my god, you know, I, he is evil. Oh my god, no, no, no. When we had in, I guess it was Action Comics, whichever, when the Super Bo- Superman Reborn hit, yeah. you had a big spread page of all the villains of Superman's history of where they're going to – and Lex was right in the middle – and Front that's and when in the regular book there the of Action right Comics. There. And then the next time we saw it was in during the Imperious Lex yeah, arc of he, Action and, Comics. And, and there was this was, progression. Where he said, I'm done with being Superman yes. and all this other he bullshit. He ripped off the symbol. That's why he doesn't have the symbol on that, you know, the apocalyptic armor anymore. The, the suit is because he ripped it off. He said, I have enough of this. Your stupid symbol. I tried. You didn't trust me. And where some of this was accidental, if you ask me, with the you had pre-Flashpoint Superman there before Superman Reborn. You had pre-Flashpoint Superman who you had a Lex that was good. He was never going to trust him because his no. Lex was always bad. And this was starting to get to Lex, and Lex was trying all his best to do it. They seemed to come to terms, but also Superman saw a future, or at least they, we saw a future in the book – that that Lex was going to destroy everything. We've yep. already seen this, and Superman then at that point had made a progression of, you know what, I'm not going minority report. I think that he can be good, and I think that he has been now, and I think that he's on the straight and narrow. Well, we see that wasn't the case, and that future is pretty true with what's going on here, and I like that for all the things that we've hated – that were kind of thrown together at the last moment and kind of, oh, that was done because of this nonsense and that book was canceled so they had to do that. This progression of Lex and Superman, it really works out for me and I really like it. And yeah, at no justice, that was like the exclamation point of, oh no, here we go. And then to this, it's it's done. He He's the bad guy. Uh, but again, even then, he seems to think that he has the right plan. It, you know, with this total... The, I was going to say totalitarian again. Uh, with it coming, Eric, he he thinks he knows the way to deal with it and stuff like that. But we think he might have fucked up. But yeah, it's his yeah. next doom on Earth, and I really like it. But I, I where I really didn't want uh, Lex to be the bad guy because I thought that was a pretty cool deal. 
most people want him as a bad guy, and having him in the Legion of Doom is it, awesome. And it's kind of cool having him back in the saddle for what he used to be, even though, like, you know, I really love Super Lex. If we're going to have him back, go for Gusto, and that's what Scott Snyder's doing right here by making yeah. him the leader of the Legion of Doom, and I want to see where it's going. But one thing, too, when um Lex was beating Vandal Savage to death, this whole act of this actually broke, you know, Martian Manhunter's concentration and made yeah. him see stuff throughout, you know, the past, and, like, you yep. know, we saw these and little the future, previews, yeah. it seemed like. Poor Adam Strange. Be doing, just, and that's the thing is, you know, it, it's a weird <laughs> thing, too, because I'm looking at him, like, yeah, it looks like Adam Strange, but just looks, a little different, but yeah, a little different. it looks at the, like, the one panel we see, like, when Martian Manhunter was first brought down by the scientists, yep. and then, you know, looks like Lex, Lex Luthor, you know, looks killing like Adam Strange, yep. and it says, like, uh, about the sins committed, the abominations on Earth, it looks like Batman's digging up somebody yeah, yeah, i have digging no up idea. something or and somebody this, the there, one yeah. here is like the one i have no idea about he even saw what was coming new armies raised across space and I'm like, yeah. i look at this panel i'm like i have no idea what no. any of that means. it looks like but a like, fist and then it the weird thing about it is you know i with even what we saw with wonder woman and stuff like that you see and it looks like you get purple you think of the star sapphires but i i know or you know like that but i don't know I, I Ancient don't know. gods revived. It seems like, and when I see this, I just yeah, think actually, of like, you know that that chamber of Hephaestus from metal. And it's it's funny now that I look at it. Now I didn't even all I saw was a fist. Now I see a head that looks like oh, Martian yeah. Manhunter's head. I didn't even see that. I thought I saw a fist punching things. It's like one of those things. I'm in the mall now. I see a, a sailboat. Eric, as <laughs> I'm watching, but yeah, the ancient gods, you see and, something and then coming. Finally, on that, and beyond this, he saw the laughter with which evil would rise, and it looks like. Possibly, Joker, smile, Joker like takes control of the totalitarian. I now almost did. Yes. Yeah, uh, now you got me. I can't even think what the word is now. Totality. <laughs> God damn it. Totality's <laughs> power. I was just gonna say at the end of this, I was gonna say I'm gonna have to say totality like 800 times a day. I was I keep wanting, all week with it. I don't know you what it is. Just a, such a weird word. The totalitarians. Totally. Yeah. yeah the totally. Totally, dude. But yeah, then you see, and again, it leads to him like being alone again. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, next Doom on Earth, I liked it. I actually did like it. Uh, I wanted it to be more exciting or whatever. But, uh, you know, even as we were talking, and we even missed the one point where they called John Stewart. So you got him. He'll be joining the group as well, which we knew that was going to happen. But even that, he's like, he's going to shoot a, a bullet with 10th metal. You get that nonsense. And then really, I was like, here we go. But with that, he was going to shoot the, the deal. And, you know, they're trying the to figure out what to do. The totality. They're going to try to figure out what to do. And they kind of think, well, let's see how this plays out uh but lex seems to think he knows exactly what's gonna happen it can't be good if he's happy about it so what did you give it i gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10 and that was mostly because besides for the just i mean the legion of doom parts i was kind of bored with the issue with the like i said throughout the whole idea of the just league in the boardroom of the mind just talking about things uh this did not excite me at all yeah we're talking about the situation that we're going to be dealing with which does have some big ramifications that I am interested in, but just talking about it for the entire issue after having a weird Neanderthal fight that I, I didn't quite understand for the first yeah. couple of times I read it, but like, you know, the Legion of Doom parts were the highlights for this issue for yeah. me, and I love the art, and for some reason the art even shined better for me with that whole, you know, part of the book. I hope everything, you know, picks up as we go along because I want to love the Justice League book. It's been a long time since I've been able to, and right now there are aspects in this that get me excited. I just hope it plays out in the end. The totality, Eric. Lee. Damn right. Totality. Repeat after me. The totality. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I actually really liked it. Uh, 
I had heard people talking about it, and I actually was a little concerned that I was going to like it as much. I did, but yeah, I, I talked to a bunch of people in the Get Fresh crew, Eric, Ooh, and they have told me that one of the things they're wary of Scott Snyder, everything they got of Scott Snyder is pointed to this like deal of him getting a little too intricate and – he starts off, and I got a bunch of messages, and starting off like, oh, man, he starts off and he goes right to it about, you know, the Hull of Justice isn't made of marble. It's made of the butterfly nebula calcite. Now, I mean, it gets a little too much, and I yeah. think that – I do think that he wants to have fun, but he doesn't want to have, like, stupid fun. Sometimes I like to have stupid fun, so I hope that it gets to that. Like even seeing like – like I said, Plastic Man. I'm looking at – you see Green Arrow there. Everybody's yep. helping out. This should be a lot of fun. You see at the beginning Kamandi. I mean what's more fun than Kamandi for an Shut Eric up. Shea? Uh, but yeah, I hope that he kind of grips that a little more than the – Look at me, I'm so smart and I can figure out these things. Even like you said, one of the things that threw you off, that I'm sure people, are the symbols. Yeah. And, you know, you made that because of these symbols and, and not things even the whole like idea that. Of the symbols. Like, you know, the symbols are fine. These Martian symbols on these strange pieces of metal that make up doorknobs, the secret rooms that have to be psychically linked. Like, you've already gone too far in my mind. Yeah, and it's funny too because it's like, like, hey, look, you know, I just want to tell you, you know, the symbol here, I want to tell you what it means. And like, John, you already had us build a goddamn fucking Justice League Center based on this. Like, when were you going to – I think he would have told him before. And with that, it's like, hey, guys, oh, we're, we're building the, the Hall of Justice. I know I haven't talked to you in years, uh, but here's my design. Oh, okay. We'll go with this. You know, it, it is a little forced in that way. Uh, but it, it's kind of a fun thing. All right, all right, John, we're going to go with this. Um, do you have the check that this is going to cost? Uh, yeah, Bruce, that's, yeah, that's, right that's now. the I've been best. I've on a walkabout for a yeah. while. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, yeah, you got that. And then Bruce is like, well, you know what they say. He who writes the checks is he who makes up the hall. That, that's how it goes. Symbol hall. How do you like and, them apples? And then John psychically made him do it. He, he mind wiped him or turned into a dragon, possibly. But now you have the the. I just it's so funny where he's spelling it out now. It's like we've we've already spent months building this hall, and we went with this. You already I'm explained. Still have the watchtower though on top of the hall of justice. Yeah, I don't know. You would think he's just. I think the watchtower's him now. He's on monitor duty, just hanging in the Indian style. But yeah, I, I, I did like it. I'm giving it a 7.5. I, I like the art in the big parts of it. I agree with you. When you get a little lower, you know, smaller panels, it gets very Ramita-esque. And Ramita-esque to me means it's very pencil heavy. You got a lot of yeah. shadows done instead of by color, by pencil, and things like everybody seems to look like they have whiskers. Uh, I don't know. You know, everybody's a cat running around there, like a kitty. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but when, but when it's the big panels, and especially that, that Legion of Doom deal with, you know, all the members there going, awesome. Oh, it looks it's fantastic. so good. Yeah. So good. And where's Giganta? We need Giganta. We love Giganta on the where's team. Where's Toy Man? Where's Toy Man? Uh, but we're going to move Sol on to... Solomon Grundy. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and with that, Captain I Cold. actually am very surprised that we didn't have a beginning. And I know it doesn't fit the story. But I, I'm surprised we didn't have a beginning where you had the Legion of Doom doing things, you know, kind of like the Just League, where you saw these other characters behind as well, where it kind of gets you excited. But I, I did have one other thing. I do think that the reason why he had uh, the Just League just sitting around, I really think that he's still pushing that point of them not doing enough 
to save the universe because they are just sitting around talking while while shit's going down. Yeah, but three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Three minutes though, Eric. A lot can happen in three minutes, including uh, the last section of books tonight. That's just a little. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm hoping when we get to those. But that's not the time or place yet because now we're going to move on. And it looks like a book has moved into the big leagues, Eric, because I do not think that we've ever talked about this book in the first section of books. I don't know, because usually we have, you know, bigger books, but it is Deathstroke. It's Deathstroke number 32, written by Priest, art by Carlo Pagulan, Roberto Vallecara, Larry Hammett, Jason Paz, Jeremy Cox, and Willie Schubert. While I will admit that this part of the Deathstroke versus Batman story took an odd turn, I like seeing Batman shutting down Deathstroke Incorporated, and the cliffhanger has me interested going forward. Plus, when it comes to this book, Priest has earned my trust that things will all tie together and make sense. And with that, you're, you're getting an issue here where the, the main deal is what we thought and what, what I still think is who is Damien's dad? Who is the dad? Who's the father, Eric? Who's the daddy? And, and with that, we're not really getting not that here. We're not getting that here. With this, you're taking like – this isn't even to me – Deathstroke versus Batman, this is Batman shutting down Deathstroke uh, with this whole issue because Deathstroke just wants to go about business. He is trying to do his contracts. He's trying to get, you know, he's trying to get info on Batman in the meantime, but he's going through his contracts where Batman's spending most of his time making sure that he can't do that because he's pissed. He doesn't want him to kill because he's gone and grabbed all of the people that he sees Slade has bought the contract against or whatever and hiding them. And yeah. he can't do that except here we see as we start, we get this little bit of the, you know, recorded deal. Uh, with Robin talking about how Batman sends the Robins out in these bright colors. Boy, it looks like we're targets and, and things Grayson like that. Robin. Yeah, and the the weird thing about this is the tie-in and what I've seen him say ain't no Dick Grayson. This is Tim Drake, which makes no sense to me. And that's what we'll talk about at the end when he reveals himself. Supposedly, it's it's Tim Drake. So really? I don't know. Yeah, because even when he says, "And you took it all away." Uh, you know, meaning that he was the Robin before Damien, uh, because at the end you see that this isn't an interview, whatever. This is something that's being filmed and he's sending it off to Damien and he's a little too young to be Dick Grayson. So I don't know if it's going to turn around that this is not really. kids look so much alike. I know. It's, by the, it's end, the biggest even, problem. Even the wraparound where I thought it was Dick Grayson, and it didn't quite make sense no. to me for it being Dick Grayson for what happened, but you know, Looking at it now, it definitely is Dick. Ra- yeah. I mean, uh, t- Tim Drake, Drake for some reason. I but at he's it. dressed up. It's it doesn't make sense, and it's like is that's the red herring that doesn't make sense. But really, it, it, the only reason this really to me does make sense with Tim Drake is because. Tim doesn't have his own book. He's kind of doing things, and this would be something that – is he warning Damien to get the hell out? But he's also threatening him by the end and saying, I know what's going on. I'm pissed. I don't like it fully because it doesn't really fit the whole deal. Or is it going to be that it's not even him and it's an imposter? I don't know. I'm confused at the ending of it. Uh, but then you go and, yeah, you have uh, – uh, Jericho then, and just basically, yeah, my dad was a piece of shit. We're continuing yeah. that whole deal of basically. Jericho's thing does not change for three no, issues of this. No, and Jericho is the other thing is if you have this as Tim Drake sending the thing to Damien, what is Jericho doing? I is he sending this to somebody? Too. Yeah, is, is that the case? And maybe he thinks in this point that 
hey, I heard you're my brother. Like I heard this going down and you're my brother. I just want to let you in on what's going on. Uh, our dad's a piece of shit. So we'll see and how it's that the goes. Thing, like we, we talked about at the beginning of the section about how, you know, that we're in a freaking, you know, holding pattern with all the books. How no writer yeah. can actually write something that changes the dynamic of the character as we know it. And while I don't like the idea that we change, you know, Damian Wayne's background to being the son no. of Slade, it really comes along like, you know, issue three of six of this Deathstroke versus Batman. It's really put into the idea that Deathstroke Slade would be Damien's father for what yeah. they're going with here. And the idea does get me excited because, oh, my God, has somebody been able to freaking break through the goddamn walls and been able to do something different? Yeah, yeah. Because I, and, it excites yeah. me just because it's something new. It's something new. And with that, me and you are huge Damien fans. We're not yeah. haters. We love him. And if I sit here and think, and really, he Damien's probably in my top five characters, maybe in that you know okay. he'd be he'd be probably fifth or so. Yeah. If I really sat down and thought, See, I, I throw can't it. do it. I just like to throw Robin out there because there's so yeah. I love the Robin, but so Damien himself, I love. Like, here's the deal: it's very obvious. Just look at some of these characters. I like Guy Gardner's my favorite guy. I like the assholes because in these Dick comics, Grayson. you don't. Yeah, Dick Grayson is just because he's just so good, Eric. He's on a pedestal. But these other guys, eyes and lows in your life. These other guys, though, the, the idea of them being assholes, it, it's something you never see because they, they don't like to play that with heroes, especially in comics. So I like that. I like that extra flavor. And they're more of colorful characters. And then when they do some, when Guy Gardner ends up, you know, unselfishly doing something for everybody else, it hits that much harder. It, I got it's you. Love so John much Johnson better. Team. Yeah, no, I hate no, because he ends up, he fucks things up. And then fucks things up again, so the first fuck up isn't as much, but to do that fucks three other people. I mean, the guy is a mess. I don't need that. I mean, I have that in my own life. I look in the mirror and see John Constantine. I have fucked myself a million times. But with that, though, I'm just want to point out that he is one of my favorite characters, yeah. and I will defend him. To, to the end, because we have seen that a great writer, or even a good writer, that understands the character can write him great. And you can really get behind him. When you, the people who hate him, I just think in my mind, you hate him because he gets thrown in books to be assholes. And, yeah. and then you don't get the, you know, the highs and lows of it. You're only getting the asshole part. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, the little piss ant, that fucking asshole. You're not getting the full deal. With that is why, and I'm really stressing this, Eric. If he ends up being Slade's son, which I don't think it'll be, I actually don't mind because Man, what I, you get from that, you get a little more deal with him being a little torn or whatever. But the best part of it is, is you can't tell me that that's going to lead then to Bruce Wayne Batman saying, no, no, no. Again, we're going to have, you know, Man of Steel. You are my son. And I'm going to start ah. crying. I'm going to cry because he is Bruce. He's Batman's son. It does not matter at this point who his biological father is. If it's Slade, it does not matter. He is still Bruce Wayne, Batman's son, but that adds a little bit of, you know, tension and things like that that actually to me is very interesting in picking up a book. But if you're going to do this, it's such a weird deal. Unless I knew if somehow we heard we have a new book coming down just called Damien. 
don't know anything about it. It's coming in August, Damien, September. Then I'm like, holy shit, we're doing this. What the hell are we going to – what book is going to pick up a story that Damien is Slade's – unless it's just here in Deathstroke. Teen you know, Titans. You, but even then, so Teen Titans is just going to be a story about Damien's de- – it doesn't make sense. That's a teen book. So you, you tell me Tom King's going to pick and run on the- – No, no. We're, I don't we're, even we're know that he – We're going to have another – we're going to have Patrick Gleason come back to another <laughs> Robin, son this of is what I'm talking about. If we saw, oh, we hear rumors. There's a Damien book in the works, and it's going to be a, you know, Patrick Gleason and uh, Peter Tomasi. Then I would say to you, holy shit, this would be mumbo jimbo. I would have come on this week and said, yeah, I think shit's going down. We don't hear anything of it, and I just don't know where this story would just, be fully just told. To go going with, I'm telling you, just so we don't like, you know, we don't forget about it at the time, but. The wraparound of this before we even get into the rest of the issue is with this whole thing where, you know, t- I'm guessing, I'm just going to say Tim Drake now because I don't know what they're playing yeah. with because you could actually make this, uh, somebody say that this is Dick Grayson at some point. I could go yeah, with that as I, well. Yeah, I'm telling you, but, I hear that it's Tim, I'm going with Tim no, just saying, because of what he it says in, and then looking. Looking at it in yeah. color now as well, it makes me think Tim uh, Tim Drake, but yeah. look at this thing. like, since you got here, I've searched for your, your DNA test results yeah. matching you to him. There aren't any, but what I did find changes everything. Maybe you know, like maybe you don't. Maybe you're in on the scam. Maybe you're not. I don't really know who or what you are, but I know who your mom is. I know who your grandfather is. Yeah, which we. And now I know who your real dad is, which tells me everything I need to know about you. Yep. And I just think it is Batman. You're yeah. a part of the family. Yeah, Man, there it is. Come on, give me a hug, buddy. Come on over here. And and with this though, you have to do this whole deal. Batman is mad because, again, this is a little recap. Batman shows up at a crime scene, and there's a file that is DNA stuff that shows that Slade is Damien's father. Now, with that, you have Batman who's pissed. Batman's never, like, he's looking through things or whatever, trying to figure out stuff. Well, first off, you you have to go with the idea. Batman knows some things, right? He's a smart guy. He, I can't think that whoever, Tim Drake, what. I don't think that he's going to know more. Like he's saying, like, ah, I look shit up or whatever. It might yeah. even be that Tim just found the file that was there and he's like, ha, I found out the truth. And he doesn't even realize that it was a plant and wrong. I mean, it just could be that. Uh, I would think that if Tim Drake can find something, Batman would have known. So is this the idea of Batman being pissed to try to figure out who Damien's father is? Or is he mad that if we did have the wraparound again, I don't think that he's going to be Slade's son. But it might be one of those that Batman's more pissed that somebody's letting this leak because he knew all along. Yeah. And he doesn't want this to be leaked because he that's a son to him. And so you don't know. You know, there, there's a lot of ways you can play this, which I really like. Now we get into the story here, which out of nowhere, it's just Batman attacking Slade in a rocket car. Well, I, I mean, saying, it's crazy. I'm like, this whole thing where we have this rocket car flying after this, this old, you know, uh, geriatric superhero, the human, yeah, dynamo, the human dynamo, while Batman's on top choking Slade out through yeah. the smashed window. I'm like... Is this the Slade Mobile? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's cool as hell. The Deathstroke Mobile. The the Death of the Stroke Mobile, Eric. He's going. And with that, you even have have the Icon Armor. It's failing. You have the AI, the Wintergreen AI telling Slade. And one of the best lines basically is like, why do you have an artificial intelligence if you you don't even have the intelligence to listen? You (laughs) stupid idiot. I, I thought that was great. And with this, it threw me off. All of a sudden, you have this. But... This is kind of what I've been talking about, of wanting to have some fun. And and you're having fun in a story that, like you said, could change a lot of stuff. 
And it gets and, me excited for the prospect. Yeah. Even if it comes out to turn out ridiculous because we're all in a holding pattern, all yeah. writers involved. This is why right this now, is my favorite issue this week. I get week. excited. Yeah, because I had a lot of excitement here, even though I was thrown off right away. I'm like, okay, we got Ace Masterson, the human dynamo. I'm looking up things as they go through this. You find out stuff that this is a team, not a guy. This seems to be a guy created for this, but yes. kind of retroactively put into being part of the justice experience. An older team. Uh, this was a thing that was made by J.H. Williams the third, uh, also Dan Curtis Johnson. They made this up for a book called Chase in 1998 and when we do see it he was part of a team with bronze wraith major flashback manx and songbird and with that this this team just the justice experience was a team that actually was in the new 52 as a flashback during the batwoman book and if you wanted to go it's batwoman number 19 also the tie-in jh williams the third who created helped create the team co-created was writer on that as well uh so it's kind of a cool thing and with that i'm looking at i'm like oh he made up these and it's kind of goofy and when i i saw that it wasn't and it doesn't quite fit you know all of the continuity of this no, team or whatever but it didn't mind i don't mind dynamo into this yeah but you take out the acrobat who was the leader of the group yeah. and the father of cameron chase yeah so i think that maybe you know you start doing the acrobat and the acrobat did die uh we yeah. saw uh, that the acrobat died and i think that that was one of the flashbacks actually in that Dr. batwoman because they were t- dealing with chase at that point uh, I just think he didn't want to kind of play around with that. That's already, you know, that's said and done. Or that after that flashback that we last saw, that he, that he came in and led the team. I don't know. But you get his background. Yeah. And he really – it's a funny thing in this because you have, uh, you have Christopher Priest here who he takes a lot of care <laughs> with this character that's just there – to get killed, but yep. killed in a way that is a wraparound way. That's one of those things of, are you being bad or good and helping the guy do what he's doing and all this? Because Batman has gone and taken away all of Slade's contracts. Every time there's somebody up to be killed, Batman swoops in and takes him away. In the Protect meantime, yeah, he's also, and, and Deathstroke at one point says to him, like, you have gone and gotten the worst of the worst. Like, these people deserve to die. You know that. Just because you don't kill people doesn't mean you should help scumbags. And he's like, you know, you're shut down. I'm not letting you. You're the worst. And you have a pretty cool interaction between the two because at one point you have the wintergreen AI say to to Deathstroke, Batman's going to kill you. And and there's Deathstroke. And at this point you have to realize he is in a a, a air car being destroyed. It's about to crash. And all he's – Eh, he doesn't kill. I'm like, I'll tell you, you're about to die, Deathstroke. Stop it, because both of you are going to die. But he's like, no, no, Batman won't die. Later, when they're fighting as well, Deathstroke throws it at Batman and says, listen, you're going to kill me because you kill me? That kills Batman. You can't be Batman if you kill me. And Batman comes back and says, y- are you dumb? I don't want to be Batman. This Batman nonsense is here. Of, yeah. The whole point of Batman is killing the symbol eventually when I get rid of scum like yeah. you. And and you're the biggest. You're the big. If I I can think of my mind and there's Batman like I can run it through my mind. I'm doing calculations right now. Batman Deathstroke. I get rid of Deathstroke. Oh well, it, it reminds me. It's it's not because Batman's very important, obviously. And then it's yeah. funny because then Slade almost tries to convince him that Batman's more. You know all the stuff, but it does remind me where you, you do have. If you're a piece of shit, Eric, and you have a hockey team, and say you're you know mm-hmm. you're going, and say we're back in the day, and and we're playing. Me and you are on the Devils, and we're playing Wayne Gretzky on the Oilers. And Eric, you're not so good. You can't see know. very well. So what I say is, listen, how did I Eric, get on this team? Eric, I don't know. You you knew somebody higher up. It, it, 
they I'm got, not a strong and basically you, you've only been here for one thing. They say, listen, Gretzky, there he is. He's the best. He's the great one. Now again, we're not, I'm not going to argue with anybody that you all said Messier and coffee and all that yeah. nonsense. So basically we go, okay, you take out Gretzky, hurt that motherfucker. Yeah. Put him in the hospital. And yeah. You're going to get kicked out of the game, but we kind of even up shit then. You know what I mean? You're out. He's out. I'll take that, and then we'll see how it plays out, kind of what it reminded me of with Batman, saying, yeah, I'll kill you with Truon's Batman, but I'll get rid of you. So even, and the world will be a better place all around. And I liked it. I just liked the way that I didn't that know that Batman's out. bluffing anyway. Yeah, and the thing but is – it's a cool line. The thing is with this too is I think that this Deathstroke versus Batman – is not just, you know, hey, they're going to fight or whatever. The whole thing with the kid, with Damien and stuff like this. But I also think there's this thing behind the scenes that we're getting where you're actually seeing Slade's respect for Batman. And yeah. Slade's like all of him and wanting to be him. And in the meantime, I do think that the wraparound is Batman. I, I think that he's not dumb. He knows that Slade, like, he has a point. It's just the point goes against everything he stands for. Well, yes, I, I, I've always thought that the, the like everybody says, you know, the uh, the opposite end yeah, the of opposite. Jo- uh, Batman is the Joker. No, I've it's Deathstroke. It's Wilson. Yeah, it's like Deathstroke. Deathstroke is a Batman who killed. Yeah, and I think that you're seeing this here, and yeah, you're getting this idea, and that whole deal of Batman getting these scumbags in, in protection, and Deathstroke saying that. I mean, Deathstroke said, "Look." You're doing all this nonsense, like the money you're spending and the time and effort you're going when all I can do is show up and shoot him right in the face. We, we both do the same thing. Like Batman can sit there and while they're in protective custody, they can't do anything wrong. Slade kind of has the deal of, you know, but my deal is that it'll never happen again. They're never going to be able to do it, and I do like that. But in the meantime, you do have this human dynamo that the setup is this guy wants to die. Yeah, he, uh, but he, he wants to die in a good way. An assisted suicide. Yeah, and, and the assisted suicide's in the deal where he was a hero. He was part of the justice experience. Things didn't work out. He blames himself for a lot of it. It seems he's getting older. The things that they did, it's almost like he got the super soldier serum in him. He got radioactive. I mean, he's gotten everything thrown into him to make him what he is to the point where he needs these gizmos on his belt and his wrist to, to stay alive. But he's also aging now. He's starting to forget well, things. Well, that's the thing is he's not, he's not going to die, but he's not yes. aging. I mean, he's, he's, he's still aging. aging yeah. So, and he's like, you know, the whole uh, problem with aging as well, he's forgetting things, you know. And the problem He's just is, becoming yeah. an old man who can't die. Yeah, and with that, though, the big point of it is he says, I may forget what's going on, and I may come by, I might be bad. I may yeah. end up destroying the earth or, or a city or a school because I, I don't remember stuff. I don't know who I am sometimes, and this is dangerous. I need to die. I, the I don't want to. dynamo can't be senile. And he's like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to. I don't want to kill myself. It's, it, you know, like death by police, suicide by police. It's suicide by death stroke. But in the meantime, I like the idea that it's set up that he's like, I'm going to put a contract out on myself, death stroke. You take it and then we're going to fight. And you, you kill me eventually, but that's the, that's the fight out, that I want to do. I'm trying to stop evil. Yeah, I'm going to go out trying to do what I think that I always wanted to do, and it is to stop evil. And with that, I think Christopher Priest is showing you, and this is like, you don't stop evil, and that's the problem. I think that that's also where you have the Batman, and that's the runaround of the Batman of, I don't kill, well, then you don't get rid of evil. You're never yeah. going to get rid of the evil, and then you're also seeing that evil's always going to be there anyway, so it's a, a cool deal. 
deal. In the meantime, Batman's trying to stop him, though. He's trying to get him, you know, help. You get the sanctuary mentioned. He's like, I'm going to teleport you to the sanctuary. We'll get you help. But the help is awful. And, and that's I'm where I put you in stasis yeah. so you can figure out a way like, to really? like, cure you. Yeah, it's, it's fucking, you know, it's Walt Disney. He's going to yeah. freeze him until the uh, no, that that's not the help he needs. The help that you should give him is to be able to put him somewhere and get this fucking gadgets off. And yeah, he may explode, but put him somewhere that it won't hurt anybody. Let him die. The, the guy wants to die. And what your, your solution is, Batman, is to put him in stasis until there may be a cure. That's nonsense. And that oh. actually. It doesn't seem Batman to me, but, you know, that's what he says. And, you know, Deathstroke just turns around and just shoots him right in the face, right in the forehead. That's because, you Done. know, Batman tries to teleport him away because of the human dynamo's gauntlets. He's able to freaking, like, you know, not be teleported yeah. away. And he's like, all right, I'm going to, and he just gets shot right in the head as soon as, like, you know, he stops yeah. the teleportation. And yep. like, evil. I kind of resent that. Yeah, yeah, he just does that. And he says, uh, you know, the microbands are shorting out the transporter. And with that also, it does seem like through the art that he, you know, he, he might go firestorm in a minute when, you know, and he's not flying up above the earth here to, you know, sacrifice himself. So Deathstroke just does that. Now, while this is going on, you also have this, you know, funny thing where Deathstroke's hanging out, just possibly had sex with Talia during the night. In That's the a meantime, cool we have yeah, going on here where Slade with, with Talia. And freaking, you know, Batman's with Adeline, which I'm like, I do like that because each of these heroes are, I mean, like characters are using like, you know, the pseudo love interest yeah. of the other to help their like, like, way yeah. about. They're trying to help. Everybody seems to be trying to screw the other person and really screwing the other person. And with that also, you have the deal where I like where Adeline's talking to Batman and says, you know what? I'm at fault for all of this. I created Deathstroke, and it kind of goes like I now we have something in his psyche valve. Yeah. One point where I I'm I'm the one who pushed him to go through the super soldier serum and become this this thing, but through yeah. my actions I missed something, and he became the Terminator Deathstroke, yeah, and this Deathstroke. is on me. Yeah, and, and with I, that, I love the little bit where Bruce is hearing this and he's thinking back to yeah, the whole idea that's of Damian yeah. Wayne as it's well the being same this thing. weapon. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's how Deathstroke was created. It leads Batman to remember that's kind of the whole thing we're talking about with, with Damien. That's the same exact story. Now, I'll tell you, one of the funniest things of art is when Damien shows up and he's that little guy and he's yelling, I've, I've been sent here he against my will. Oh, it's the craziest thing. He looks like, like, I'm a man. He's yelling. He's just a little guy there. I, I swear to God, he looks he like looks a midget. Like a midget. Yeah. yeah, he looks like a midget. Hey there, I was sent here against my will. He's like, listen here, midget. Yeah, but that it goes and shows you when he did show up, and it's very quick of the, I'm going to give you the opportunity, and this is what he did. You're going to prove yourself to me, or you're going to be out, whatever, just relax, and patience is the virtue. Also in the background, since you know Batman is shutting down all of Deathstroke's contracts, Deathstroke's decided, all right, time to play this goddamn game that Batman yeah. wants. He goes and calls up a guy to get a contract off, but it's to set up this, what they call the Wayne.exe, yeah. which is going to freeze all of Bruce Wayne's freeze. accounts. And that yep, actually Bruce's has this whole like, Interpol kind of like, Yep. Uh, like investigation into the Wayne yeah. uh, company and Bruce Wayne himself. So yeah, it's all this. It's just going back and forth. I love it too. I wish that when we're back to Damien, I wish when Batman's like, okay, you know, think on that tonight. I'm going to lock you in this room. Uh, you know, patience is a virtue when he leaves and then he, Damien lights up the cigar, like the baby who smokes a cigar. Yeah, yeah, see? But yeah, that, that's how 
this whole thing and what Deathstroke did leads to poor Alfred. Poor Alfred. <laughs> poor Alfred's in Barcelona trying to get a room. Of course, he's not going cheap either there. No. You know, Alfred shows up, but he shows up expensive. He ain't showing up cheap. And they turned down his credit card. Uh, I told you it reminded me a lot of Say Anything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that must be a mistake. But it is. Everything's been seized and the police have shown up to grab him because they're going to have to figure out. Now, also, there's a lot in this issue. Also, there's the idea that's really neat that me and you both liked as well. That's my favorite part. That Talia and Deathstroke are talking. Talia and Slade are talking, and they're talking about Batman, Bruce Wayne. And the you connection know what, they that, have. And the connection like, you they know, have. You know, I have all these photos of all these different people. I know they're all Bruce Wayne, but somehow they're all taken at the same place, all different world. I don't yeah. know, like, you know, you know, if Bruce is he working with Batman. Guys, if he's, if you know, he has him. all these other Waynes as well to freaking work at the same. And the best part is. It never comes across that he thinks that Bruce Wayne is no. Batman. But even if he did, which does not he's concern not him at all here, he no. doesn't care because no. Batman's what he's concerned yeah. with. That's who he has respect yeah, for. Yeah, Batman, and he has respect for the Batman, but also like – and it goes by that whole deal that we get a lot of times. It's like he, Bruce Wayne, that's the you know the false deal. That That's yes. the secret idea you – know, not secret identity. That That's, that's the, the made mask. up. Yeah, that's the mask. Batman's the real thing. Deathstroke hits Batman's the animal you have to be concerned about, and it shows. Deathstroke just cares about who's going to mess with him. He doesn't care about Bruce Wayne, and if no. Bruce Wayne is Batman, I- I'm sure he's just like, well, whenever he's Bruce Wayne, at least I don't have to fucking worry about him. You know, when he's Batman is when I have to worry. I do think that he knows. I actually Probably. think that he knows, and I think that he knows and would never tell anybody because that's just – Deathstroke, while he's an asshole, we've seen, especially in this run by Christopher Priest here, he- he's a guy of honor, and yeah. he's a guy who, you know, we had it where he – he hears you. If you, he comes to you. We saw this earlier in the deal uh, with Red Line and stuff like that. If you went to him and said, "Oh my God, you have to protect me. You have to protect me," he's like, "No, no, no. I don't have to do anything. Give me a dollar. Okay, now you pay for me. Now I'll protect." Like he is a guy who goes by the letter of the law of what he thinks is honor and whatever. Slave's so I do law. think, yeah, and I think that if he knows, he's never going to tell anybody. And I think that even to the point where he doesn't even want to go too far into using that to his advantage because and that's even that just whole thing, something exactly. else. That's, that's not something that he's going to go and do. He wants no. to take down Batman, not Bruce Wayne. And even this whole thing with you know the Wayne of the freezing, the uh, Wayne accounts yeah. and whatnot, this is more because of the connection that is public knowledge that Bruce Wayne yeah. has this connection to Batman. He's funded him like previously with Batman Incorporated. Yeah. And I just like the discussion too because Talia knows the truth. She's not saying shit either. They're just yeah. talking about Batman, and I like that idea. Yeah, and I do like that as well. And I also like the whole thing through this of even if if you think like as they're going with this – each of the guys are even even with the idea where Batman is going to stop Slade just by grabbing the guys he's supposed to kill. He's not yeah. going and, and trying to besmirch his name or try to do anything like that. And I think that both of them are trying to work desperately to even the field between them. And, and where you have the idea where they said, you know, Bruce Wayne, he may fund Batman or whatever. That might be just the deal. Well, if that's the case, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I, I'm evening the field. I mean, that's no yeah. fair. He's a billionaire. I don't know. So let's even the field. But yeah, with that, it ends up in the meantime, you also have that behind the scenes where while we see Alfred, you see Alfred talking to Wintergreen and they're continuing that whole deal. Oh, you know that they're hanging out with their exes. Yeah. I don't know if and even I don't know if we've gone too far. Like maybe we got to, you know, de- no, no, no. We'll figure this out. I, I really like it. And this is one of those issues where I say all the time when we go through Priest's run, 
there, there's always setup issues in any story. This is a very big setup issue, but we're talking now, and you've brought up things that I didn't even think of until we started talking now. And with that, that's why I like this book because you, oh, you get so much, and it's so dense, but it's not dense to the point where it, it doesn't make sense you know, after a while. I mean, there's some of these things that don't fully – you wonder why they're there. I'm, I'm talking Ace Masterson, Human Dynamo. Uh, he's there for a reason. We see kind of, but that's not what we're expecting from the story because no. we want to know more about Damien or whatever. But yeah, it ends with the Human Dynamo getting shot in the forehead or the side of the head, it looks like. And then with the whole warrant, search warrant uh, put out for uh, Bruce Wayne and his assets seized, you see that Gordon finds that out. And then it ends with this video again with Robin there. And he says, you know, this is why I've dressed up up this way to offer you a little advice a little background on the robin legacy which brings us to you since you got here i've searched for dna results you said all this where he says yeah. you know i did find stuff that changed everything i found out who your you know mother and father are and now is that the twist that when he says i know about your deal and we find out and still i don't think you're going to change and now Talia i know and who Rachel your Gould. real dad is yeah and like you said it might just be <laughs> It's Bruce, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it's Bruce Welcome Wayne. Welcome to the family, brother. Yeah, and, and with that, y- y- there's something here that also Even is like, such – Which tells me everything I need to know about you, you're yeah. A-OK, kid. Yeah, you're <laughs> all right in my book. But with that, you also get this weird deal that's kind of put out there that you do have Talia who, you know, hey, Batman's his dad. Batman's his dad but doesn't know that Bruce Wayne's Batman. So it does make that weird deal there too, and that'll be it. B- Batman's not your dad. Bruce Wayne is. Come here, buddy. Let's hug. And then I like that uh, you have a fidget spinner with Damien because he's nervous at this point. Eric. Yeah. He needs the fidget spinner, but that is it. What did you give it? I think I'm going to give this issue a 8 out of 10. I was actually at a 7.5 until we started talking about it. You know, we're informing each other of different aspects, yeah. which actually really makes the story grow in my mind. But I love the art in this issue. I love this whole mystery about who the father of Damien Wayne is. It might just turn out to be Batman, but... Yeah, it's not about the it's the destination. It's about the journey, and I'm having a it good is. time getting there because they're making me question whether or not they're going to go all like all full bore and actually change Damian Wayne up, which yeah, it's an exciting prospect. Yeah, and usually, I'm, yeah, I I, I'm I, all on board. I don't want to interrupt you, but usually yeah. at this point in a story. You've already figured out they're not going to go that far. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like you'll have these big, like the first issue, will have this huge cliffhanger, and then from there we'll back it off. And you're like, oh, geez, no, no, <laughs> it's going pretty good here. And I will tell you that because of what you just said, uh, I'm going to have to up my score that I did oh, on shit. the site. I gave it an eight out of ten. I'm going eight five because I, I have to tell you. Me. No, I'm telling you, just you saying that you had a score in mind and it went up, I, yeah. I feel the same way. So why can't I go up? How dare you? How dare you not let me? I mean, really, everybody listening, this is as good as it gets tonight. And this is the Seriously, pinnacle really is. of books. And the the biggest thing that, that upsets me right now, because things will upset me throughout my whole uh-huh. life, every minute I have something else, is that not enough people are reading this book. So we're, we're, we're talking about a book, and all I can think of in the back of my mind is, yeah, there's people who aren't even listening to this part of the podcast, or don't even know what we're talking about because they don't read this book. And even the whole idea that this book might get canceled. Yeah, and with that, and that's one of the things, like I said, where I don't know where, if Damien was Slade's dad, you know, son, where it would go because I don't think this book is going to last a lot longer because it just doesn't sell and it's a shame. And also, I can't tell people, listen, just grab this issue. I, nope. I actually, you could probably grab 
this Batman or Deathstroke versus Batman, you're not going to get the full gist of the story. But I tell you, grab this, you know, this little story here because Batman's in it so you can go with it. If you do even like it enough to think, oh, man, I want to see what that, you know, what they're talking about, the icon armor. I want to see this AI or I want to see like this slade's a little different than I thought. Then I will tell you have to go back to the beginning. But if you want to just kind of jump in and kind of get a little taste of what we're talking about. Also, don't don't get discouraged. Yeah, but don't get discouraged if you're confused after one issue or two issues because that's how he plays it. People who have been reading it since the beginning, like us, he's confusing us as well. But this book ends up showing you that if you stick with it, he he wraps it around in a way that's even better than what you thought it would be. It always works. And also, again, don't don't go by his Justice League run. Please. Because more people read that than this book. Don't go by that. That that seemed like a failed experiment on everybody's part. I mean, I think that everybody walked away with that with, you know, like, oh, God, let's just forget that even happened. It didn't work out. And now we get, you know, the book that we just talked about before. But, yeah, this book is – it's easily one of the better books that DC is putting one out right favorites. now. And it's one, it's going to be one. Don't, don't let it end up being the book that, you know, five years from now when you have lists of, uh, you know, unfortunate books that were great that weren't read. This is going to be one of them. And it's, it's a shame. So, you know, jump on that. And there you go. I'm a cheerleader. Rah, rah. Shish kumba. Because, yeah, it's really good. But we're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. It's mail time, and if you want to get involved in the mail, email us, Eric. That's all you have to oh, do. Snail mail, even. If you send me a letter, that's fine. But address that letter to weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Put a stamp on it, and we'll see if it gets here. I'll just go to a random house and kill somebody waiting for that mail. That's what I'll do, Eric. I'm like the Joker. I'm a, I'm a big Joker, I am. Oh, you're a big Joker, um, are you? Do, do you think that when you do that, when you heard that, for some reason, tonight, hearing that mail theme there, did you cringe a little when you heard wrong term for the first yes. time? Because so did I. And I think I'm done with it. The next mail section will not have them in. The last week we did it and it didn't seem as bad. Now oh, I hear I it now. It. And I actually thought to myself, I haven't talked to that son of a bitch in, in two and a half weeks now. Why is he still a- entering the mail? The hell with him until the bit. Till the uh, till the Yo, band's it's over. Mail call. It is mail call. Segregation Rishi. Segregation <laughs> Rishi. Look at all those chickens. Look at all those chickens. Weird science comics. Why are you, doing it? Why are you repeating? <laughs> Wait, listen to this one. I we got no time for the hyper time. Here, listen to this one that you like. Weird science comics blogs dot blogspot dot com. Ah, uh, that's the Christine robot. Ah, uh, uh, yes, the first mail tonight. Here, listen to this one. I don't know. I don't know. I just wanted to repeat one more to drive you nuts. I'm more of an expressive robot. Here, listen. This is him. I don't know. I don't know. I got the Can you chip. tell? Can you tell I do it better? Listen to this one. Fatty. Fatty. Oh, you see, I have more expression in my voice. I think that I sell it better than male robot. Here, listen. 
Ding sound. Ding sound. See, I say it better, right? Don't you think? Do I get no, the you're job? Right. We don't need the robot no more. Do I get the? Do I get the job? I am here for my close up. Uh, 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 uh. What happened what to the happening? podcast we once had? Yo. I don't understand. The numbers are falling. <laughs> Why am I shooting myself in my robot foot? I'll never tell. There you go, Eric. There you go. We got that kind of podcast now, don't we? Don't we? <sighs> Sit back, Eric, and enjoy the ride. Just enjoy the ride. Just get on the gym train. Enjoy the ride. Punch your ticket, baby, and off we go. The first email is from Ryan. You don't want that gym ticket. The gym ticket always does end up with seeing a homeless man tasered and shitting his pants. Doesn't everybody oh, like that? Ryan says, hey guys, and he says right away because it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. And wanted to drop in. Jim, go get that middle room ready because for me, homeless life in Quakertown sounds sweeter and sweeter every day. I but know, this right? isn't the podcast for that jibba jabba. I like the jibber-jabber, but it seems Marvel and DC are both pushing these wedding stories with no true original plan and putting the wrong writers on board. Over at All Marvel, Kitty Pride and Colossus, writer Mark Guggenheim, are to tie the knot soon. And really, is it one of those? Because I seem to hear – now, we weren't really you know, in tune with Marvel stuff at that point. Yeah. But I did hear about the Kitty Pride colossus wedding after – the you know it was weird After, because I heard about it like last week. No, well I'm saying I, I did hear it before then, but it was like one of those things that Tom King seemed to beat him to the punch, but then laid back a while, and that's yeah. when Kitty Pride Colossus that was building up. But really, that's not quite the size of a wedding as say a Batman, yeah. and it upsets me because you know, you know the big staple of comics, Colossus and Batman. Yeah, I, I do like Kitty Pride though. And the problem I have with the Marvel approach, the prelude issues aren't coming out on schedule where the dots connect. Both companies right. continue to play copycat. He's talking about Marvel. They're, they're just delaying right. these things. Uh, but yeah, they're, they, both companies continue to play copycat to reactionary to each other. I've dropped Batman and stay in the loop through your guys' podcast. So it seems the big DC wedding is a hot mess as well. This sure isn't is. about jumping on the Tom King hate train. Tom King's vision won me over and it's still one of my favorite favorite stories to date. So I was hyped when Rebirth was coming and Tom King was to write Batman. I've told Jim before, but I Am Gotham was hands down the best of the run and the best comic arc that came out in Rebirth. And I, I I'm there. Well, not Rebirth, I, but I agree with that of Batman. I don't know. I'm telling you, of six issues, there's not a lot of strong six-issue arcs. There's been some stories. There's been some issues. But I really do love that I Am Gotham. I gave issue five a 10 out of 10, Eric, and that was not Smell You Later. I gave it to him. We continued because that was the issue where Gotham Girl ended up, you know, killing her brother. And there was a lot of emotion there where Batman was trying to comfort her and things like that. I really, really liked it. I, I'm really, I loved it. Uh, but since then, unfortunately, his stories have been less stories and more moments and they're just not hitting with me. But Tom King after that, and I'm really, I'm, I'm telling this to people who would already know this. Yeah. Tom King after that seemed to lose his way. And in return, I had to drop it from my pull. Even with access to the review copy, 
copies. I can't bring myself to read Batman. <laughs> he's uh, he's on the review copy list. Can't read it. I look forward to the day when I can put Batman back on my pull. Me too. Uh, I think a lot of people. It is funny too. Is like there is the thing. A lot of people are sitting there. I'm going to drop it after the wedding. I'm going to do this and that. But yeah, there's most people are really hoping that they can enjoy Batman. And maybe here's the thing, Ryan. Maybe it will be during this continuing run. Maybe Tom King can pull things together, and maybe we're going to find out in the end that this wedding it, it just hasn't messed up what we think going forward but it's messed up him in general and he will get better after that and get back I have to lost telling all stories faith. you don't think that is the case i'm not saying I, I have faith in it i'm saying maybe we'll all be pleasantly surprised and that's what will happen eric jesus christ get off my case holy moly tell these kids why am i doing this 25 dollar pull list he ends with the all terrifics right. hmm isola which is awesome. Motor Crush, uh, which is your favorite, uh, the Burnside, the Batgirl Burnside deal that they hate you, Eric. So Killer Be Killed, which Ryan loves. He loves that Killer Be Killed. X-Men Red, which Brandon loves, I've heard. And RoboCop, uh, which is that that's a very – I actually think that that's a really, really cool and diverse I didn't even know that RoboCop had a series. I need yeah, to remember I now. told you. I told you the recent one. Well, there you go. All those things. I sit there. Motherfucker. I know Clint Howard's in ticks, Eric. Jesus Christ. You know, I told you about this Robocop. I actually even put it in the Dropbox because we got a review copy. I'm like, this is all for Eric. This is Eric's right there. And I put it in. And a lot of people, I think the one I put in, if I'm not mistaken, is one. uh, There's a bunch of things. But this was a Brian Wood joint. And I saw some reviews that that were not uh, flattering. Uh, But you have not checked it out. I have not. You, you diss me, my friend. You've, you've dissed and dismissed me. I'm gonna, right when we're done. While I'm reading this, you're, you're not gonna know this, but I'm gonna read the next email while coming up with a diss track against you in the same Hey, what time. photo did you put that under? Because I'm trying to look it up now. I don't, I'd probably delete it by now. I'm ah. telling you, this was months ago. I'll find it. I'll find it for right. you. I'll go back through the archives. I'll go to the old archives and thank you, Ryan. <laughs> and thank the next Ryan. is Eric. Brian from Arkansas. Get Ooh. ready. Get ready. And they, again, if, if you've only listened recently, you don't know the treat coming up because I love Brian's emails. They, they are just hot takes right at you. Some bullet points. What is up? Fresh cup crew. Long time. No speak. You guys have been killing it lately. Just, oh. he also loves to, to rip in. Just when I wonder if right now he's eating his cream candy bars. Is he just wanted to chime in on some things and maybe give you some recommendations? First of all, run, don't walk to your local comic shop and pick up the first two issues of Skyward. Then add it to your pull list. And that is a book that I have not seen anybody say nope. even the, the littlest thing bad about. This book is so uh, just well-liked that it is true. I read the first issue. It was awesome. And really, number ones are for Jim. And then Jim tends to lose track of things, Eric. Lose track <laughs> of things, maybe. Like in, Tim, uh, like RoboCop. Like RoboCop and possibly Sons. You can thank me later. Seriously, though, the best new series I've read in quite some time. Both issues so far leaves you wanting more. Moves the story along at a perfect pace. Death or Glory is another amazing series from Rick Remeter. I highly recommend it. And that's a, a well-respected name in comics, Eric. Oh, and Jim, I forgot to mention this is going to be rapid fire. Hang on over there, Eric. Keep on killing it, guy. My uh, DC pull list, sadly, is down to three titles. Batman, Batgirl, and The Silencer. Although I'll give Snyder's Justice League a try. And it goes without saying that Joelle Jones' Catwoman will be added to my pull list. And yeah, I, I, actually, it's funny, too, because we get to know these people through the Get Fresh crew. Ooh, and ooh. the podcast and things like that. 
and you you often will have some things pop up. And I have to tell Brian that the minute that Joel Jones was announced on the Catwoman book, I thought of him immediately. Oh, me too. And thought, oh man, that's awesome because he he really wanted her to be on the book and to have her write and draw. That is awesome. I bet she's him. gonna kill it, huh, Brian? She is, and and really, Brian, I'm looking yeah. forward to it as well. And called that, I haven't called a book for me to review in a long, long time, and I called that. With all the bat and cat wedding talk, has anyone noticed that Kitty Pride and Colossus are getting married this summer as well? Eric just yeah, found last, last week. week. Last week, Eric found out. Actually, now that you say, I might have learned from Brian's email. I don't Maybe. Know. Yeah. Speaking of Colossus, Deadpool two was quite a gem of a movie. He gives it eight point five out of ten. I'll go with that score. That's a pretty solid yeah, score pretty for that. Might go even 8-8. Eight, eight. I really liked it. I forgot. I told people that with Deadpool 2, and again, this isn't, this is, you have to hear me out. It's my favorite comic book series now uh, of movies because movies I yeah. like both equally as much. I, I love both of those movies. A lot of things. Guardians of the Galaxy, the volume one, is by far my favorite comic book movie recently and all that sort of thing, but I didn't really like And you know, I told you, I was a little disappointed with volume two, uh, so I have to go Deadpool as my standard deal there. I forget the name of the caller from a couple weeks ago that called in with the breaking news segment on Tom King and his dog, and that was Rimmer. Sure uh, was. He did that. It was awesome. He says it was brilliant. I don't think it's supposed to be Rimmer, though. I'm not even a character. It is Rimmer. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Did I lift the veil that I wasn't supposed to? Wear? Jim, I'm loving your news podcast and especially the sales ones. Good job, sir. And thank you both for putting in all the time on your various podcasts. Eric, keep killing it. I haven't heard any in a while, so I'd like to leave you with some lists. And it's funny when I first got this and, and I read it. And a lot of times I leave these. I try to leave them fresh. Uh, for the deal, but because we haven't heard from Ryan in a while and we hadn't heard from Brian, I did read through these beforehand. And when that, that whole thing, this is the roller coaster ride of Jim's emotions where he says, you guys are doing so good on these various podcasts. I haven't heard any in a while. And I'm like, ah. Oh. That sucks, but he actually means lists because then he says, I haven't heard any in a while, so I'd like to leave you with some lists. These are my favorites as of June 4th, 2016. <laughs> what, what? Well, so I'm, top five writers i don't know why he went do you think that he did that on purpose or is this actually supposed to be 2018 he's in a little vortex i don't know what's going on top five writers jason aaron number five jason aaron i like jason aaron a lot i'm with you number four mark miller i like mark miller a lot as well and you know that i've really been enjoying his hit girl but i've also been enjoying his kick-ass but found recently that he is off that book he just came back for one arc and then other people are jumping on that's a little disappointing number three tom taylor number two brian k vaughn number one rick remner so there you go those are pretty good top-notch writers right top five artists now you know who you think is going to be number one and this is the thing he doesn't say in any particular order whatever he's going top five Top five, Attilo Rojo from Cyberforce, Eric. Number four, Tony S. Daniel. Number three, Joel Jones. Dun, you know, dun, dun. It feels like he's cheating. <laughs> it really feels like he's stepping out on the Joel Jones. Number two, Fiona Staples. Number one, Eric, with a bullet, Sean Murphy. That's awesome. Oh, nice. that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I know this email is a, a whole lot of nothing, but thanks for letting me talk comics with you guys. Keep killing it, Eric. Uh. Keep your ears to the pulse of the streets. See you on the 7th. Capullo out.
And I actually, Thank you, Brian from Arcadia. I say, I say this, keep your ears to the pulse of the streets to my kids now. And I never would have, I said it by, I, I, I don't know. I was just talking out of my ass when I said it the first time. Probably never would have said it again. It's my favorite saying now. And that is Brian <laughs> from Arkansas. So thank you, Brian. And thank you, Ryan, as well. And that's, that's the deal. I like to hear from people we haven't heard from or also so people I. who have never written in. And don't think that there's any reason why you can't write in. Please. We, we love getting mail from everybody and love when we hear from you guys so yeah i i just feel nice right now eric i am plus on I learn information right now. like you know the wedding of colossus and kitty pride yeah see so you go and you learn that i may There's or may not have book. robocop in the dropbox for you yeah, review copies yeah i don't know i'll check it out but we're gonna go off now to the new and improved there green section of books now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear Eric Shay. All right, we're back with more books, Eric. Uh, a pretty classic green section. Uh, I know that there is a guy. Pretty classic. Uh, I think the guy's name is Jamaican Jimmy. I mean, I he's like not here. Uh, he he was murdered. I got. I, I ended up getting a word uh, from the street that he was moited, Eric. So he's no longer to be had. Murdered by maybe one Eric Shea. I'm not I, sure. I'll maybe. never tell. <laughs> I'll not tell you. But yes, this is a proper green section because we have green lanterns, we have green arrow, and we have Nightwing. And that was the, at one point, that actually is the classic green section. I'd always say the joke that, you know, I'm envious. I'm green with envy of Nightwing, though I can't say that this week. And now that we're getting into these books, especially these three, and I actually think that not only being a green section of books, I actually think that this is a good section to have these three books in, uh, mainly because the first two, especially, you're, you're getting these little arcs before another writer jumps on, or writers in the case yeah. of the Bensons jumping in Green Arrow. Uh, but even with Nightwing having Ben Percy, the regular writer going forward, uh, these books at, in general, these three, have a problem overall in my mind. And, and you said to me the same thing right before we started recording – that they don't get the voices of the characters well in, right. in these three issues, and it, it does bother me. Now, the first one, which is going to be your Green Lanterns, you're going to get to the blurb in a second, bothers me a little less because this is not that. This is continuing a story. Uh, you're going forward with something. It's not just a hey, look at me. I know what's going on. I I I know all the the tropes of the Green Lanterns, that sort of thing. So I'll, I'll give it credit for that. This is more of a continuation, and they're trying their best. It just doesn't have exactly the right feel or voice to it. But uh, as we'll talk about, maybe that's kind of on purpose because of what's going on in the story. But Eric, you tell us what we are talking about. Green Lanterns number forty-eight, written by Aaron Gillespie, with art by Ronan Coquette, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. Jessica Cruz is on the land for murder, and to find out how any of this went down, she's going to have to evade the Green Lantern Corps every turn. But will Simon Bass stand in her way of getting her memory back? I'll never tell. <laughs> Did you actually have that? No. Or... <laughs> That's pretty good, Eric. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, 
Yeah, like I said, th- this isn't like one of those where you're going to have, you know, like like we had with the annual and things like that, where right. all of a sudden it's going to be Jessica nonstop anxiety. You, you don't have uh, Simon show up and say, by the way, I'm going to take you in after I rev up this engine. Man, cars uh, are awesome, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, really. Uh, but with this, my willpower spiking. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And so it's okay. Uh, but the, the voice of Jessica and the ring, but again, things seem to be a little wonky. The, the problem I have with Jessica overall is y- you have this thing where y- you never get to enjoy these Green Lanterns, really, and I, and I really like them. I like Jessica, and I really what? like Simon. These are two of our favorite Lanterns. And this book is always trying to kind of make you not like them or not get it on board, like the anxiety thing. And it's not yeah. like you're not going to like her for the anxiety, but it's like, okay, we're going to go with this. You're going to keep pushing it. You're going to do that. But then when you have this, you know, you have a deal where from this point to when Dan Jurgens jumps on at 50, you know, this might be one of the ways where or one of the times where we like to get the slower pace deal where maybe you can have – uh, Jessica and Simon have kind of the slower, you know, slow it down, have this thing, maybe a, a victory lap even before yeah. the next deal going. Uh, instead, you get one of our favorite characters and make her want it for Moida. And, and it's, and, it's, it's such a weird idea to have this, too, because before we had the annual, I think, that, yeah, last week, obviously. But um, when we ended the last arc, Tim Seeley's like last uh, issue before he left. Yeah. We we ended that issue with Jessica being like, oh, she's all powerful now. Like, you know, her willpower is so yeah. strong. She created – no, he had this great wraparound for Simon yeah. and Jessica both in this whole thing. But then it ended in this weird cliffhanger that, like, you know, how Jordan the Guardians talk about we got to take Jessica Cruz down yeah. because, you know, her ring has killed people and stuff. It was so weird. I'm like, when did yep. this happen? What are we dealing with? And it turns out what we're dealing with at the end of that cliffhanger is this. But it feels so disjointed because yeah, of what does. we dealt with. I'm like, how do we get from there to the end of that to yeah. here? I'm like, at what point is this going down? And, and that's the problem I have is that you ended up with that uh, Tim Seeley ending where we tied together the dark side war, Jessica, how she became a yeah, lantern, all the ring. things inside, the, you know, the power ring and stuff like that. And it ended in a way that you're like, you're at 100% of loving Jessica and Simon yeah. at that point. And now you're just like, oh, by the way, you think you like them? Look what happened. And it just – you get thrown and, in. And like you said, it's such is, a disjointed deal. I'm yeah, still not get, sure what no, happened. And, and that's Jessica. the problem. Yeah, and We're this working is, backwards and sideways and trying understand. to figure out this issue. Yeah, and why do this before Dan Jurgen starts? Now, there's a little bit at points in this that hints almost to Jessica leaving and, you know, she's going to be another book and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, she's going to Yeah, so that could be possible. But it, it was weird to me. Like, it did almost seem like this would be the point where Jessica then, after this two-issue arc, says to her, like, hey, listen, you know what? But maybe this isn't the thing for me. Now, obviously, she goes off and still is a Green Lantern in Odyssey. But maybe they're like, you know, maybe the Earth sector, maybe a sector isn't for you. And it seemed weird to do this. But because of the whole idea of them going and yet Lysith Vox, like all these tie-ins and whatever, they make sense to a point. But it's all leading to an idea of – not liking Jessica or wondering because in this issue while I'm reading it and hearing what she supposedly did or didn't do, I can only think that she didn't and, and go with that. But in the meantime, if she did, then you, you, are you trying to make us not like her or, yeah. or run her out? I just, I just don't understand. I don't understand the concept of what's going on, especially it starts and, and she's captured. 
uh, and you have Tig. By a newer Green Lantern Tig, yeah, I'm telling you, right away no this sense. threw me off the whole idea that Jesse's like, oh, you're a newer guy. You don't have even met Hal yet. I'm like, you really should be like the newest Green Lantern, Jessica, yeah. because after yeah, they them, got yeah. back from like, you know, uh, what was it, uh, like Lost Army and yeah, Oblivion? Yeah, Lost Army and Edge of Oblivion. Yeah, there yeah was Edge no, of Oblivion. Yeah. There's no more Green there's Lanterns no more because Green the Lanterns. rings aren't working to recruit no. new Green Lanterns. Which is another thing that we want to see more of. And we actually even saw, was was that in the annual where uh, there was a death and the ring just kind of returned, you know, to Mogo. They're not going and finding new recruits. So it's odd to have a new, you know, a newer Lantern, though you could say maybe a couple days. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, that was how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, okay. And you, but we saw that. So at least yeah. they're playing with that. I don't know if that's going to be when Dan, uh, you know, when Jurgens jumps on, maybe they're going to kind of try to wipe that away because it is a kind of a wonky thing. But we've wanted to see a resolution to it yeah, for a long since time. Since rebirth began. And it seems like everybody has forgotten about it. I mean, in the books, really. Like, it's never mentioned. It was the biggest thing at one point, especially then you got the Yellow Lanterns involved yeah. because you couldn't expand. Uh, but it's weird with this. You do have Jessica who's there with this Tig, this newer guy, and she's pretty much duping him. I know that she has to get out, but she's yeah. really – she's setting him up. And she the, the she is, is throwing him under the bus. You like Jessica Cruz. Yeah, she's totally fucking his career oh over. But the whole idea though – I do like the progression from where we left off, just knowing that, you know, Jessica Cruz is still, you know, filled with anxiety and yeah. has to get over it and, you know, all this good stuff. I do like her being on her own here and having to do all this, almost like, you know, the fugitive style yeah, where she yeah. has to get away to prove her innocence because it does show her as a stronger character that can work on her own yeah. and can go to the length she has to to stay on the land throughout this issue. Yeah, it's just as it goes, it's kind of a little weird. She makes a, a replica ring that the, you know, Tig gets and that yeah. kind of, it, and it's the weirdest thing too oh, when you gee. have it, and it. It is actually a little bit of a weird progression of panels there where you see the ring and Tig's like, the ring, I gotta, you know, I'm gonna download what it knows and whatever. Oh, I can't really do anything with it. And then you see Jessica then did the switcheroo and has it behind her back and I'm like is that him handing it back to her and then I realized then she's like oh yeah I'm getting out of here and yeah she just, oh sorry Hal's gonna be pissed because she keeps trying to say like listen Hal's got a lot on this plate if he shows up and this is a waste of time, which it is, I'm telling you, what you're telling me. Look, I have I, seen yeah. Green Lanterns possessed by corrupted rings before, Tig. You, you got to make yeah. sure that this isn't the case so you don't look yeah. like a fool if the yeah. Green Cavalry so, shows you know, up. Do this and then basically he gets the hell out. Uh, I, I get that this guy is in for some, you know, he's cleaning toilets for oh, a yeah. while. Uh, but yeah, he's putting goes, toilets in Warriors Bar on Mogo. Yeah, yeah, that's all it is, and that's where uh, she goes. And yeah, you do get this thing where she does see kind of what happened, and it does look bad. But does it, it? Looks really and, bad? Yeah, to I'm me. telling I'm you though, whole- she gets attacked though, and so she's kind of and yeah, she does go off. She does yell and like, I'll kill you all. But it's something has done something here, and she does get attacked before she does anything. Well, that's the thing is she's supposed to be like you're transporting a prisoner from one yeah. supermax prison to another, a compo. A compo, seems, yeah. Yeah, and when she's talking to the ring to try to – because she has no memory of what went down. So she's trying to put the pieces all back together, and it seems through this like you know the, the ring projecting what happened – She's making some kind of deal with a compo to escape, and when he goes to get on the the transport to get out of there, the rest of the police of this planet show up trying yeah. to stop. And when they fire on her, it's like, "How dare you! I'll kill you all!" Yeah, she and goes kills nuts. all these freaking prison yeah. cops or guards, yeah. whatever they are, and then flies off. Like, so yeah, things don't look good. But no. now, in order to figure out what's going on, she has to go figure out 
where a compo is, get the information that like yeah, she see has what's to work going backwards. On. And it's a yeah. weird thing because she's playing this all rather loose in my mind for the idea like she doesn't know. So when she goes to meet a compo, he's like, Hey, the deal's still on? Of course it's still on. What do I yeah. look like? I'm like, You're playing this a little bit yeah, too loose and like too loose. like a uh, cavalier because everything you have in life is riding on this information, which may lead to nothing. So please just be a little bit more like into the now, like, all right, a compo. I know you're a bad guy. I'm a Green Lantern Corps. Like, remember, we don't get along. What the fuck went down on yeah, that? Yeah, what happened? Please yeah, tell what me happened? something. Tell me. On the phone, tell me. Like, listen, we don't have to meet. We don't, no. Tell What happened? And with that, though, before that, when she goes and she wants to see what's going on. So she says to her ring, like, you know, pull back the files. Let me see in the frame. I've been watching you the whole time since you put this ring on. Okay, that's a little weird. Yeah, I'll do that, hon. And she's like, hun, uh, I mean, Jay Bird. And I'm like, okay, is this what we're getting at? Because, and also how they, they really are very like distant to like, they don't have any care at all for Jessica. How is just like hell bent on just getting her and seems like he doesn't care at all. But I wonder if this is the whole idea of that. They don't want to go forward with Jessica having the power ring. And this is going to be something where they switch the rings up. The ring is doing things. Cause if the ring's possessing her, they're going to have to do something. Are they going to wipe it? And that's where well, you'll get Dan Jurgens going the, forward. And that the, why I'm saying even the idea of the possessed ring, because even when we left off last issue with the guardian saying, you know, like with her ring being the way it is and being yeah. corrupted or like, you know, That's allowing all saying. this different yeah. thing, like, you know, she might have to have this ring switched out so we don't have the yeah. Jaybird stuff anymore because it could be a thing where, you know, this, this not even like the idea of power ring might be of a part of this as well. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, since Jessica's ring is so wonky, which I do like the idea because we spent that entire like last arc dealing it with different. it. and. Exactly. We actually brought a lot of closure to the whole subject of what's going on with it and how it's a good thing. Yeah. I really hope we don't take that away, even though and, the and whole it, chamber like, thing can get annoying. Over, and uh, here, and here's the thing. Yeah, and not the whole deal, but it's also – and it's not – it doesn't connect fully the deal, but it's weird because if, in fact, they're trying to reset the ring, if this is what right. this two thing is, it's weird to me that I think that's more for the Odyssey book. Then the Green Lantern's book. It, it seems to me like you're going to go off. Jessica's going to go off. She's going to have to be with this deal. And for some reason now, again, not that it's that she's going to be with Darkseid eventually, which is odd because yeah. she got it there. But it, there's not that connection anyway. You know, this is a power ring. It doesn't really matter that that was during the Darkseid war or whatever. But it seems like if you want to get rid of this, you know, wonky ring and things like that, I think it might have more to do with the Odyssey book for some reason. But with that, it, it makes it interesting. Interesting. That's why it, we it actually liked seems it. It's weird to me, but the whole idea that we're throwing things out here, how these two issues are going to change the characters, we know it when it's just a fill-in yeah, writer. Yeah, you know, it, like, so maybe it won't do anything, but why, big be -all but why have this her here? Forward, just because of how out of nowhere this two-part story but, is. Yeah, but really, you said it, though. They ended up talking about the wonky ring, I know. and now all of a sudden you're talking about a possession, and the ring is acting weird. I mean, it really does seem to go with that. Now, she goes off, and she's going to go to Odyssey warp station eric uh, uh, and before uh, that, though, even before that well that's where she goes to yeah. she goes to Seth, which we had in the tim yeah. seeley deal and it's just there uh, it's, you know, the, it's the weird whole, though um, like the regent and the, her chimera yeah. freaking daughter there's no reason to, to like, do you know, this though it doesn't really do anything except 
you know, it's kind of a shout out to before. It really doesn't get you. No, anywhere. it doesn't though. But we do get Jessica leaving her ring behind the full the the Green Lanterns into going there while Lissa yeah. Lock uh, goes and takes her over to that station so she can get the information that yeah. uh, Acampo left for her for where the meetup's supposed to be. Yeah, and, and with that, they she goes in, from there. Lissa takes and like even gives the hey tell I, I, it's just tell so Simon yeah Lock there because yeah, like oh I got better. I'm like. You can't just claim the chimera side of you and all those yeah. alien DNA that you were absorbing made you better. evil. You were doing this beforehand nah, to do this to make you evil. She's space Britney Spears. She went a little wonky. She shaved her head, Eric, just like Britney. She's back. She's a mother. She now. was going to create genocide on Angara. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what – it wasn't that what, uh, you know, Britney Spears' main plan was as well. Wasn't it, Eric? Now look at her. Now she's point. she's more of America's sweetheart than you <laughs> now, Eric. But yeah, with you. that, you do have the Green Lantern Corps, uh, kind of one step behind uh, yeah. as they're going, led by Hal and going to try to find it. Like you said, she goes off them from Angara without the ring. She leaves the ring behind. Again, another thing that's. Kind of odd. They're, the ring is left behind. Well, that's the thing is, while I was reading this, I'm like, they're just going to be able to track your goddamn ring. I don't know what you're hoping yeah, to accomplish. Yeah. When this happens, I'm like, yeah. all right, that's smart. Good. But it's so funny, though, because then you go and it's basically everybody's after. You You have at the spaceport where it's just her face what, all her over. Face. And it kind of throws in the idea of, yeah, you know, that, that one eye patch, Green Lantern eye patch. Not exactly the greatest uh, hider of a secret no, identity. But I, then I really also, wanted this to, I really wanted this to turn into Total Recall, though, at the yeah. one point where she has like an meh, old meh, lady meh, mask kind of yeah. thing. Like, and it just keeps repeating. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, wait for the boom. And then it goes. But she goes <laughs> then and like really when you're on the, the lamb. And, and it's really funny to me because it reminds me. What was that TV show you watched where it was that people were on the run? And you were actually into it. That reality show where you had teams oh, and they had to like stay hunting. away. I don't even remember. Yeah. What the hell it was called though, but that it, was a cool ass show. It reminds me of this because there she is. She's on the run. She's going around, but yet she checks her email. Oh, yeah. Bad mistake there, Jesse. Well, but that's also. The thing is- she has to do this, but she knows as soon as she data yeah. unlocks it with her DNA, or whatever, it is going to alert everybody to where she yeah, is. But she yeah, yeah. Do this anyway to get the information she needs. But I like that she's still kind of in disguise. But these police officers right away, they're like, "Hey, you with the hoodie? Let me see your face, whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, I guess everybody knows Jessica is the Green Lantern. There's not really much of a and, secret identity." And this part identity. reminded me of Rick and Morty. Run, Morty! Yeah, you know, run, run, Morty! They go, <laughs> and and now we get this wraparound because at the beginning. Uh, I believe that Jessica told us she was allergic to hops. She says that she never drank alcohol, and and it's kind of a weird deal. Now, this it reminded me of me because I yeah. told you before I went to college, I had never touched any alcohol, never had a sip of alcohol before I went to college. And she's talking about, I was like, I never even touched it. I never have a sip because you know it's supposed to be a social lubricant. It's actually a slow acting poison. poison. No, no, yeah. no, Jessica, I'm telling you, it scared me straight. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a social lubricant. I'm like you, Jessica. I went to college and then didn't want to be the outcast. I started drinking. Jesus Christ, it was the best thing I ever did. I was the social butterfly out of nowhere. So you're kind of wrong there. But it's a setup for her then to start drinking in a bar for no apparent reason. She's like, I guess that's what I got to do now. I'm like, really? You're now setting up. Like you said before, you have the most important thing that you're going on right now. You you have the idea that you're setting up a a meeting. You're setting up the way you're going to do this, find out what went wrong, what you know, how this happened. And you start off by having your first drink that you've ever had and it really felt off to me because it's not even done to be like, it's not like she's undercover and they're like, hey, you, you, you do 
doing this heroin? Well, let me see you. Take it and do that. No, she's I'm just right. drinking by herself. I mean, is she just loosening up? Look, uh, the thing is, she's in an alien bar. She did not know how to order a Shirley well, Temple. Well, that, that is true. And also, though, she ran away from the police at this point and then just kind of went away and didn't make any of Like, shave your head, Jesse. Do something. Don't she's, do it. Didn't even change her. Brittany. She didn't even change her, her hoodie. And, and with that, the guy comes in. And he's like, oh, let's go talk. And he made the the deal. The deal before was, yeah, we're going to see what we did. You know, the deal's still on. But if I even have an inkling that you have brought anybody else, you're done. And and with that, how and they, they, our Simon shows up. But but it's just a weird deal to me. And and I do want to bring up something. One other thing that was a a bit of a wonky deal where I think that they had to say that that uh, Tig was a um, was a new land or whatever, because right. it's funny. I just thought because at the end, Jessica does not have her uniform on and things like that. Obviously, she left the ring behind. Yeah. And I, I wonder why it's not mentioned like, hey, you know, where's you? You know, this is, oh, I'm undercover, whatever. But when she, when Tig takes that ring, she still has her uniform on. It should have dissipated after the ring was taken off her. And he doesn't realize that, I guess. And it was kind of an odd thing that he would have done. It's one of those things where every writer has I know, we do that, but if you're going to you know, do that, it, it really, know. it seemed a little off. But yeah. He ends. She ends up going to talk. Gets a little drunk, a little loose lips there, and just like, hey, you know, hey, you know that plan? Yeah. And you said she's playing the devil's hand here. But in please, the meantime, don't be so careful. Yeah, just yeah. get right to it, please. And she's like, like, I got everything you're looking for right here on this alien thumb drive. Yeah. Hey, you, you, you screwed me over. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. getting the hell out of here. And there's Simon Bass, Jessica. I'm here to take you down. Yeah. At the worst time, he shows yeah. up. And uh, if she yeah. just would have been open about what the hell is going yeah. on and ask some goddamn questions, we'd yeah. all be in a better yeah. place. Why right did now. they go? Why did they even go for a walk? They're there. They they seem to be undercover in this bar. He shows up and then they leave. Hey, let's go. Let's go for a walk where she already looked out the window and saw the guards as she left. But they're on. Somebody's after. She would think. Really, the whole deal is this is what makes me laugh because then she does go. She gets away from those guards, gets on a ship, and transports off. Those guards know where that ship. I mean, I don't know how this is, but the ship seems to be like going somewhere that they would know. And then they call ahead and say, hey, ship number fit. This isn't like she is flying around or whatever. It looks like she just jumped on, almost well, like now, you jump she, on. She's, she's in a different space sector now. It's not their jurisdiction. But, yeah, but I'm telling you, you, they would call ahead. This would be like me jumping on a bus. Oh, I guess he's gone. But, but boss, the bus goes to, say, you know, station six in the Bronx. Yeah, well, you know, what happens in the Bronx instant enough, and let's go. It's just very odd that she gets yeah. off, and then they're just walking around and stuff. But it's all to set up that cliffhanger with Simon showing up. And, of course, Simon has to look like he's ready to punch the shit out of her. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, next you know issue, it'll be like, that, that. you'll see he has a ring or something. Like, I just wanted to give you the ring! I don't oh, so know it's like, yo, on. God damn it, Jessica. It was just a week ago when they made, they said I was the miracle worker for the stuff I did yeah. with you. And now yeah. you're doing this? Now you're doing you're this. You're making me look bad. Yeah. You're like, it's crazy. But yeah, there it is. There it is. And uh, I don't know. It's okay. Like I said, it's my favorite issue of this section. And it's well. kind of the tallest midget in the circus. But yeah, I, I liked the art enough. 
Uh, and you know, really you have, like it's funny too, because it's like one of those things where Alyssa Fox, like you said, it's kind of like a wonky deal. Why? I don't know why. I didn't mind it. I really didn't. Now it doesn't make sense. Cause like you said, she was possessed and like all of a sudden there she is. I'm telling you, there was a weird loophole in the freaking trial for this. Like, I don't know yeah, if that theme, like, oh, I stopped trial. in the region to get her off of the, like the yeah. charges for genocide or whatnot. It's just a weird thing to have this callback where she's fine. I wish she was still in a coma or something right. like that. Well, Eric, and, you know, Athene was just helping her out. Well, Eric, the problem is, is that she's a she's a performer. I mean, you've seen these people get in trouble. And they, they, the law looks the other way. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. Guy in jail eighteen times. The guy is everybody's sweetheart now. She's just you know space Robert Downey Jr. She Vince had Steel good lawyers. Guy, two weeks in prison. She's the voice of an angel. She was singing the songs of a generation. And so you, you can't put that in. And look, she she she's not going to do well in prison. Yeah, but so the voice of her generation was going to try to kill the rest of her generation. It's so funny. It's like, you know what? You were going to kill all of us. But, you know, you kind of did get hurt in a coma. Let's call it even. Let's yeah. call it even. She had a life sentence, Eric, and she actually died for two seconds. Life sentence. There you go. It's she went done. to rehab. It's better now. People yeah. do crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah, she went to genocide rehab. It's been three <laughs> days since I destroyed a, a civilization. There you go. I have my chip. Uh, please. I, and the thing is, you know, like the crim. I think it was the the Crimson Dawn is what it yeah, was, I believe. Yeah. But like, you know, I she was seemed to be the ringleader of this whole organization <laughs> that was nah. like capturing aliens and freaking dissecting. It was them. all a ruse, Eric. She she didn't do that bad. I mean, really, that's all for the name of science. I, I, I love the two thing too. It's like you know, she leaves Jessica behind. Like, hey, tell Simon I'm sorry, and you know, to call me and stuff like that. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, let it go. You are a murderous woman. I'm not gonna tell Simon. Jeez, well, I'm his friend. Jeez, but yeah, they're hugging, kissing, and yeah. Oh my God, it's great to see you, you genocidal monster. Oh, that was yesterday. I, I changed. You know me. I'm like the Camaro. I, I changed. I'm on a now. I'm a genocidal freak of a different feather now. I don't know. But yeah, they're there. She's there, yeah. and it's the Britney Spears there. There you go. I'm telling so. you, there's a, there's a part in this where we talk about willpower, which is always a freaking bothersome yeah, part for yeah. me. But like the whole thing with Tig, the willpower, and just Lizeth Vock being there just kind of felt <laughs> weird. So these are the yeah. things that actually brought oh, it's my weird. score down. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It, it did but, with me as well. But like you know, the whole backwards sideways trying to figure out what it was. It's an interesting take. It wasn't executed perfectly here. I no. still enjoyed it just because it's something different in the Green Lantern book, and I like the idea that you know Jessica's a strong enough character to be going out and doing this stuff on her own now and just not being an anxiety monster who's just crippled by her own fear. Yeah. So because of that, I gave the issue a 6.8 Yeah, out of I'm going to give it a 6.5, but I'm actually the opposite. I actually would have rather of her been with Simon. I know you're saying you want to see her strong or whatever. I would have yeah. actually liked Simon to be there so it can be one of those. You know, like we're still, I mean, even though they're partners and we see them get together and whatever and do all this, they're, they're still in my mind like a, a progression, though. I want to see from what we just had that Simon really is full in. I would have liked the idea of Simon saying, you know what? I don't care if, you know, you're wanted, whatever, I'm supposed to bring you in, uh, but I'm not going to. I'm actually going to be with you because that. I, yeah, and I really, but we only have one more issue. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah if he does get there, it's going to just be for half a, an issue and go. I would have actually liked like him being there with her saying, I don't care how this ends because I'm with you. We're together. It's not just the fact that Hal made our lantern combine and we have to do this. I have now, you're my partner and I'll yeah. be with you. So I would have liked that, but I do think that's what, I mean, I'm telling you, it's going to be like that. Jessica, I'm going to punch hug you. How are you doing, baby? 
Uh, but that's yeah. how we do in Detroit. We punch hug. Yeah, that's what you do. Six five. Uh, we're gonna move on to the next issue, Eric, and it continues the green section theme here, and it's it's Green Arrow number forty one, written by Marguerite Scott, art by Matthew Clark, Sean Parsons, Jason Wright, and D. Ron Bennett. Marguerite, Marguerite Scott takes over for a two issue arc before the Bensons jump on. And while I could complain, this is a cookie cutter fill in arc. I'm more upset because of how bored I was. Yeah, it's all action, but with the over narration and just the lack of fun i want it out pretty quickly the art looked pretty good but that couldn't yeah. save it for me uh yeah this is just one of those issues where it's one of those i'm gonna say everything instead of doing it you get a lot of over narration you get a lot of things repeated as if marguerite scott thinks that you didn't get the idea that this parasite is the parasite that can steal power you know the parasite can absorb the abilities yeah. of anyone he touches you get that huh? three times you get it three times and and it happens very quickly the first two and with that, I'm like, okay, and you get this weird deal where everybody wanted Green Arrow in this series to join the Justice League. I, I said all along, that's nonsense. It's not yeah. going to happen. And what it, what would it really do to a solo Green Arrow book anyway? If you're a fan of Green Arrow, yeah, you want him to be in the big leagues or whatever, but it's not going to affect his book. So it seems kind of silly anyway. But now he's just like, he's their errand boy. They oh, like, call him up. Know, we talked about this before during the, uh, what was it, the road he trip. He said they were the going to have but some the, things. Uh, Hard-traveling hero. Yeah. Where he is the rogue agent of the Justice League. And it, but this isn't a rogue agent deal. Oh, no. This is an errand boy. This is a, you know, this is really to me, it's like, oh, um, we need somebody lame who doesn't have powers. Like, you know, hey, Batman, I'm busy. I got a I'm wedding Batman. to prepare Fuck for. Off. Hey, I got a wedding. All right, well, yeah, you know, we could call one of your kids or something. You know, this might be like a, a Jason Todd Outlaws thing. That'd be a, no. I don't like him. He's not on the painting. All right, call Green Arrow. And they do. And it's just, it's a wonky setup to go with this issue where it's just him. He's transferring Parasite. I don't even know, really, if I sat there and really tried to tell you exactly where they're going from to there, here, the other thing, what this, what this hearing is for Parasite. I thought maybe it is a kind of a uh, parole hearing to see if he gets out. But then it seems like, no, no, this is the hearing to determine a sentence if he needs to be rehabilitated or if he's just going to be thrown in strikers and it ends up that he's going to get thrown in there but with this you get very wonky dialogue uh like i said it's it's like over the top with the whole deal like i'm a i pretend my life isn't full of contradictions you know i help the poor but i'm rich as shit I, 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 I don't like people who break the rules, but I break them myself. I want I the world to be better. Rules. I hate prisons. Okay, you, you went a little too well, far Well, even this there. whole thing where we get Green Arrow to help transport Parasite to his court hearing, which we don't ever get to see. It's just we show up at the Hall of Justice. Green yeah. Arrow gets on the van. They drive to the I court. I like that he's standing have... on the van yeah. for some reason. I don't where understand. We have, where we have four panels where Parasite gets pulled out of the van, Green Arrow is waiting for the court hearing to get done, and two panels where Parasite's put back in the yes. van on their way to Stryker's Island. I'm like, first off, Parasite, he was in Bell Rev. I don't know why yeah. we're going to Stryker's Island. Yeah, and why if we're yeah. going to do the whole Stryker's Island thing, we're not going to do it with the continuity like we had with Atomic Skull. How Stryker's yeah, Island this is a is terrible the problem place. Is, yeah, it's a terrible we had place. We breakout before where Atomic Skull has been re rehabilitated to the Metropolis Special, yeah. like a major crimes unit. Why aren't we playing with this whole idea if we're doing it? But like yeah. this whole parasite too. I'm trying. I was trying to think about anything I could with this whole thing since we've had him in the new Fifty Two. This yeah. new parasite, the idea of absorbing powers. The other parasites they could do this. Every time I think we've seen this parasite, 
he just grabs a hold of somebody and gets gigantic. And gets we gigantic. Really see the only other time I think he might have done anything was in Brian Hitch's JLA run where, you know, uh, Parasite was going after that power plant yeah. out of nowhere. And I think they might have grabbed this, like, you know, overloaded him with the speed force and some freaking, like, you know, electricity. I don't yeah. remember exactly. But as far as I know, we have never really seen this Parasite absorb any power. Yeah, and it's, really it's, pushing it for this issue. And it's Joshua Michael Allen who was the Parasite back in the Villains Month. He had a yeah, Villains issue. Him, yeah. And it spelled this out. But we haven't played with it much. But there's a weird thing in this. And this is where I'm going to start my complaints, Eric. Uh what does he have around his neck? What would you assume that I would is? assume that's some kind of power damage. Yes, I would think it would be. He's going to jail... And they've already spelled out, like, almost like the idea because they, they have Green Arrow there with the caveat of we need you here in case he escapes. And I would think he escapes. He gets his power down. You have this. You can, you can restrain him. You don't have powers yourself. Restrain. He has a dampener on. I mean, that has to be a dampener. There's the, no way they're sending that, I'm him. You, that, that's what, the thing. what else would it be? Iron Heights is full of power dampening goddamn collars and all this. Strikers Island, I guess they don't have to pay because all I can think of, if this is not a power dampener, it is just a thing for them to hook up those rods to him to pull yeah, him around. But, but and if, it's just a weird that, thing. Like, why yeah, would you have this? That's the you thing. Have, if you are in a world yes. with metahumans where you have power dampening yes, collars that's for the That's all you need. This is the problem with the whole issue. You start out with the idea that you have Green Arrow here because he doesn't have powers, but that the Parasite should have a power dampener around his neck. There's no other thing that you would have. You'd have that case closed. It starts off, and I think that eventually... It will work its way around in such a weird, convoluted way of this whole idea of, like you said with Atomic Skull, if you were reading the Superwoman book, God forbid if you were, but or then continuing on. Jordan the Green Lantern Corps recently. Yes, continuing on where you had Atomic Skull and the big thing was that Strikers, he was getting abused. And with yeah. that, you're setting this up at the beginning. And I'm like, okay, this we is good. We even heard that story in that Superman special. Yeah, that's – yeah. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, this, this is good. Actually, I like the idea that – and really – if you have been reading since at least the beginning of the New 52 with this parasite, even though, like you said, you're playing around with this idea. We haven't seen this power set fully every time. But if you have and if you've been listening to our podcast especially because Eric's going to laugh right now, not only is he getting abused, it seems, in prison, but every time they get him out with the idea – and Superman oh did God, it a million parasite. times. Now, Superman Reborn might have changed his butt. Superman, during the truth, would continuously – in other stories, they'd be like, listen, Parasite, we need you. We need he your sucks help. energy. So we need you to do this. You're going to get this energy, and with and that, we're, we're, we're going to let, let you, you go. And afterwards, every time – the one time Superman basically laughs in his face and <laughs> says – he <laughs> doesn't. He goes, go, let you go dangerous. free. Are you crazy? And then they send him back to jail again. This is a, a character who is, is just so angry and right now and just uh, here depressed. I think he's, you know, he's ready to kill himself. And you really push it with the idea okay, that the, he the doesn't get a break. The last time we saw him too, he was on uh, the suicide, like the task force XL, yeah. where he was. It seemed like he was could have been killed by damage. Yes. yes. So with this, you know, you're getting this. Okay, he's going to this hearing, and they even have like rehabilitation. Your client may have had another incident, hasn't had an incident since being Strikers Island, but you know, he's still a danger. It still continues being this idea that poor parasite, he can't get a break. He no. he's been a model prisoner, it seems. Though I don't know why this starts out then in the justice. It, it makes no sense. The Hall of Justice, it's where it's it makes no sense because they're well, even for saying for some here, reason that's where Green Arrow is, and he needs to get picked up. 
Yeah, it says rehabilitation. Your client may have had another incident, may have, you know, not have had another incident since being in Strikers Island. And that's where the whole abuse is and this whole thing being pushed. Like, he doesn't say anything. Which doesn't make no, sense for the rest of the continuity. Yeah, nobody showed up to, to help him or speak up for him. You, you're supposed to be led to this idea. Oh, man, I feel bad for him. I mean, he looks hideous. No so sanctuary why are you for you. He's not talking. He's sighing. Uh, and then out of nowhere... Green Arrow's just playing with pencils. I, I don't understand. I actually, when I first he's read bored. it, I, I thought he was eating, you know, with chopsticks. Eh, he's just playing with pencils. And then because of that, you have pencils as the borders. And I'm like, yep. what, what is going on? I, I don't understand. Uh, is that supposed to be, oh man, bureaucratic paperwork? You know what I'm saying? You, you know? But yeah, he goes in and they do transfer him. Then they go back. And this is where things where we said the power dampener. Why isn't this in place? Because you have Mammoth sitting there and he's pissed. Like, you know, let him go, pigs. You know, be nice to him. And Mammoth spits then. And I think it's not a spit. He does go, but I'm going, he's just say it, don't spray it. I, I think that he's a big guy. He, he likes to yell. I know he parasite. did. He goes, hey. And it seems as if he's doing that. To, to get the end result of what's yeah. going on here. But again, number one, if you're not going to have a power dampener, this this guy's powers that, I, I don't know, Cronero's told us all these times. Like yes, you wouldn't take him through an open cell. You might have him in a plexiglass deal that you're going like a, you know, a, a Hannibal Lecter deal, but, you know, with a, a dolly, something yeah. like that. Not where somebody can just reach out. I mean, it looks like Mammoth might even be able to reach out and touch oh, him. Yeah. And when he gets the spit, he gets hit by the spit, and all of a sudden he gets big. And this is where it does get a little wonky because they're really spelling out the deal, and they're spelling out this parasite, all that. Uh, he absorbs powers. Uh, Mammoth's power isn't being big. Mammoth's power is being well, strong. And But yeah. you're going to do this. I get the, it. The, the power is, makes you, him you, grow. You, you want to see a gigantic parasite because that's yes. a cool parasite. But well, this loogie that hits him, he's like, did I mention parasite can absorb every kind yeah. of power? Yeah, that you did. Him? That seems relevant. And the thing is, yeah, his like you know, mammoth's power isn't loogies. Yeah, the, there's no. no power in this loogie at all. Yeah, that's where is, you're saying this. In, <laughs> in order for him to get this power, he has to hold on to you and grab a hold of you and absorb your power. It's just I, not a loogie. Yeah. Goddamn! I said, spit. I said in my review, Eric, it's the craziest loogie since Keith Hernandez spit on Newman and Kramer and Seinfeld. I mean, Jesus Christ! It's the magic loogie. loogie. It's the magic loogie. It is. It, it ends up making him turn. And now we have prison break. You know, yeah. you have just the whole idea where, and and it's even spelled again. Oh, no, now he's in the prison with all of these metahumans, and it's a mix and match. There's guys that aren't, there are guys that are, and it starts off where we, we also have a roundabout way where we end up at the end, right where we were at this beginning, and it starts with this over-narration that you can explain better than me what you think, because it's nonsense. The smell hits me first, burning sweat, something metallic, that sickly sweet smell of failure. What? Like when, I don't know about that. No. You keep on going. Yeah. The smell of failure, the kind that makes you a little bit giddy. I'm yeah. like, the fuck are you yeah, talking what are you about? Talking about? You, it seems like Marguerite Scott, or well, I, I, I forgot her yeah, name. Yeah, but, Marguerite Scott. Um, it seems like she's trying to write a weird noir detective story, yeah. 1930 style, but it doesn't play here. That, no. That sentence you just spelled out there, it doesn't make a Makes no like sense. sense. A sickly, sme burning sweat, something metallic, that sickly sweet smell of failure, the kind that makes you a little bit giddy. And then he, I hate the smell, especially because this time it smells a little like the warden's cheap cologne. 
What? Oh my goodness. I'm like, really? This is, this is ridiculous. And then it goes and it, I do like the art where you do have a lot of panels. Like you even have this deal where all of the prisoners are out. They're going to attack and the panel shows, Oh my God, he's a target and you have the yeah. target behind. I'll go with that. I'm telling you, a I lot like of these panels style. like that. I do like because they yeah, do like remind it. me of one Jeff Lemire's covers. Yeah, that's like, what I said. That too. And like, that's it's a very cool. classic I didn't, I didn't deal. That, but those covers were cool as hell. Yeah, and it's a very classic deal. Now, this is where you're going to keep going with this idea where Oliver's going to go. He's going to run into villains that are the, hey, look at me. Hello, look, I know the villains oh, here. There Vertigo. they are. Yeah, oh, Count Vertigo. Oh, my I'm God. Hurt. Yeah. And then the idea of also this thing that keeps being stressed by these people in strikers saying hey uh you and your trick arrows and that's the biggest problem that i'm gonna have here is as we go through this you have an opportunity to have some fun you can make it really wacky fun here and it's not and you're spelling it out as if these people are yelling like oh your trick arrows the trick arrows basically are one explodes, the other electrocutes people, and I do think that he's killed at least ten people. Oh my at god! Least sorry, in this people issue, seem like they're dead left yeah. and right yeah. from what he's at done. At least but in this, you, that, are you telling me that the communication <laughs> arrow with the suction cup that goes against the glass, so he's able to talk to the guards behind yeah, the bulletproof yeah, glass, the glass? That's not a cool oh, enough that, trick arrow. That's for you? hilarious! It's <laughs> so fun. Also, like the arrow that he can use to, you know, pull himself up to the the roof. I, who arrow. said I can't fly? It's just an arrow with a goddamn fucking, you know, rope on it that pulls him up. And then it's there with, huh, getting a little dizzy. And, and at least Oliver in this is like, yeah, you're, you're losing it. <laughs> off, you, you've been in jail too much. You got to work on your material here. You know, do something else than that. And then you get this wonky deal. Hey, it doesn't matter because there's always one way to tell up from down. Orient your shot with the fall if you're willing to cut your own line. What? I don't know what's happening. And then he he's falls. He's talking about falling and then shooting towards where oh, you're I know. falling. But but it does. Yeah. <laughs> what does it matter? Here, here's what I usually can tell. I don't know about you, but gravity was his enemy here, Eric. When you're up somewhere and you get dizzy and you cut the deal, wherever you're falling, you can kind of think that you're falling down. Yep. It doesn't matter where you, you. That's the down, and then just does it to hit the ground. Now, as you're falling down. Shoot the opposite way so that you don't hit the ground like he does, and then basically shoves off the, yep, right in the ground. A couple of ribs gone for sure. What? <laughs> gone for sure. Now he can do, he can do extra special things, Eric. I've heard Marilyn Manson has a couple ribs gone for sure, and he did it for a certain, uh, you know, a little bit of a chiropractic maneuver that, that he may be his, his own best friend. Urban legend. I also heard that Paul from the Wonder Years did the same exact thing, Eric. I, I don't know how that happened. Well, they're the same people, Jim. That's true. But then he's like, then you they know, and died. Now we go back to the Pop the, rocks and pop. <laughs> Mikey, you go back to the deal of the noir. My my shoulder screams like I owe it money. <laughs> what, what are you doing here? <laughs> Everything starts to blur. So a concussion's up for grabs too. And then because of that, you know, hey, I'll just electrocute these motherfuckers and go moving on. I'm not the only one in danger. Now he's got to get in and talk to, you know, these guards, kind of get in to save them. He uses the communication arrow. He's talking to them. Hey, what's going on? Hey, the vents above. Turn off the security measures. He goes up in the vents. We have two panels of aliens that end up being fucking jaws. What, what is going on? It's not fun. And he's there, and all of a sudden he gets attacked by Shark and just the says – The Shark. He looks a lot yeah, too much shark. like the original King Shark instead yeah. of The Shark. It's so, weird. 
And it's weird too because he's gonna he's gonna kick him in the nose, and that's what Wrong Turn told me he'd do: kick him in the nose. He's so shark weak, but unfortunately, uh, a shark opens his mouth <laughs> and it's about to eat him. Oh no! Let's I did get- think for a little bit though that when he like you know he's trying to get down through the vent, the, the guards yeah. open the vent, allow him to fall, and then turn on the electricity. Yeah, to, like you know, just like uh, stop the shark. At the one point, though, the shark has Green Arrow's foot in foot. his you, mouth. You thought and it was when he actually falls his out of the, foot? No, no. When he falls out, though, it takes his boot with him. So in, in, inside the shark's mouth is Green Arrow's boot. Yeah. I really thought we were going to go to the rest of the issue with freaking you know, him only having one shoe on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now we're and I said this is very Die Hard esque. So you yeah. kind of got that. Well, then they electrocute Shark. And speaking of one foot, I was in uh, Walmart tonight getting stuff for dinner, and I saw a lady with one leg, and it freaked me out. Uh, and should. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and he's there. And now you're just going to get like, look, I don't want to be rude. Should we call a new superhero, a real superhero? I was like, no, no, that's not going to happen. That is rude. Uh, hey, rude. help me pop my shoulder. How rude. Uh, how rude. Let me be Riggs here, pop my shoulder. The ones, hey, if you help me get back my what is kids. What's the gamut of action yeah. movies? Yeah, here and all, that's all it is. Until. And it's like, I'll carry that arm for you. What? What does that mean? Okay, that sounds good. But then you go, and now from here, they're just going to go and attack people. Because really, through this the, whole thing. The who's who's of Strikers it Island? It is the who's who's. It is. Red Volcano. And Why like, Red aren't we dealing more with robot. Parasite? Why Parasite is him? gone. Yeah, and I, it's a robot. Though, you have Red Volcano. I'm like, why didn't you just dismantle him? Why didn't you yeah. put him in a prison jumpsuit and fucking put him with the rest I'm of the you, Gen Pop? I, I don't know that if if Darth Vader comes when, you know, he goes and like, hey, have some dinner with me. Lando sold you out. That they're like, really, everybody, put cuffs on, on the robots. Like, if they were there, like, eh, like it's stupid. Why would I you arrest the a rest, robot? I need to see the rest of Strikers Island, too, because we saw a mammoth that just had an open cell. Why doesn't anybody have power dampeners? You know, like a, no. a radiating, a no, radiation generating Doctor Phosphorus, a freaking magma generating red volcano. I'm like, yeah. where do you usually keep these guys? And what went down? The parasite broke them out. Yeah, because and everybody just broke out. Section. Yeah, and with that, you have Doctor Phosphorus. Okay, you like Doctor Phosphorus? We really haven't seen him much. I mean, he was big in like Batman Eternal, and then we've seen, you know, all these. A lot of these guys we'll see here and there. They'll throw them in, but you have them here. To, to do nothing. I mean, he's there just to point out, there he is. It's like, look at us. We have more villains here. And he, he can give you six kinds of cancer, three of which might be, I don't even want to go into it. No. <laughs> Red Volcano. Oh, yes. You get these power sets. Situation. Yeah. And, and so you're just going, then he has a target on him again. Now I'm angry even at that. But even with that, it's like nothing. It, it leads to nothing because he just uses arrows to blow things up and, and electrocute. I think Dr. Foster, he dead. And you go with this, and it's just all leading to, because as this is going on, Parasite has been gone. Like, you yeah. didn't even get He, he, he any... broke the ground open and went underneath the prison. He's gone. Yeah. yeah. And so they're going, and he, he's going around. He's shooting people. And then the weirdest thing is it looks like he ends up exactly back where he started, where he yeah. smelt – you know, shame. <laughs> Metallic well, sweat. shame, and then he had to go and help the prison guards, so it seems that he's yeah. incapacitated and or killed every prisoner of Strikers yeah. Island, yep. and now he can go I'm after t- the parasite. It, it almost reminds me, though, of even like the uh, Batman, where he's like doubled back to do yeah. things and get to here. 
And then it's just like, all right, I guess. Uh, and he, he's doing the deal like Neutron, living radiation. Why is it always radiation? But you, you, this is just words now. And kryptonite, kryptonite man. man. We didn't it's, even it's, see kryptonite, it's man. It's just words. This is what I'm saying. It's just words. Now he's knocked out, which leads him to think, okay, this is where I'm going to go. Now also leading you to think kryptonite man's powers should be with Parasite. No, you, you should have also spelled out like, is it? does it multiply the powers? Can they all go one on top of the other or whatever? Because yeah. some people wouldn't know. I don't know. So you have that. And now he's going to go down in the sewers. And you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, man, the sewers, that, that's pretty cool. But, you know, why? And he's going, like, oh, I don't know. This is – I'm kind of wishing there were real superheroes here. Parasite's just going to have to settle for me. And then you end with what you would think is Parasite looking like Killer Croc. Yeah, and it, it's a very – but like I'm saying, when he yeah. becomes that gigantic Parasite, he does have that kind of – Yeah, but it, I mean you're, you are giving that, like, Killer Croc vibe in the sewers as well. Mm-hmm. And with that – uh is it that Killer Croc uh, – Killer Croc, if Parasite, like, I don't get what Parasite is now doing. I know he's trying to break out, yeah. but it's like all of this is going on, and he's just slipped down. Like, if he's going to get out, he's going to get out. He, he's on the run. We've already seen that. I think that this is just going to lead to Green Arrow going to him like, all right, you're over. I have this anti-Parasite uh, you know, arrow because I got my trick arrows here. I, I'm going to put away the boxing glove and get anti-Parasite arrow. Oh no! Please don't. They're going to abuse me. What? Let's sit down and talk about exactly. it. Exactly. It's going to be a sit talk down and about talk it. situation and then where it's he's the be, voice of reason for Parasite yeah, when nobody else yeah, was. And if it doesn't lead to them going back to another hearing where uh, you know Green Arrow stands up and says, "Now he has somebody to talk for him." Me. Yeah. Please, I know that he's bad, and it's just going to end with one of those. Listen, uh, you know what, Parasite? You're still a villain. We can't let you go. But we uh, we see this sanctuary, Eric. I guarantee you, it's going off to the sanctuary with him, and I'm gonna be furious. I'm gonna be so upset, but we'll see. And Killer yeah. Frost is gonna teach him how to control his hunger. Yeah, they'll have that and all that, and then you know, I don't know. You, you'll have these things where then I, I'm not even gonna guess from there. Who cares? Harley Quinn's. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, you know, I have five degrees in neurology. Ay ay ay. Uh you go first. What would you give it? Because I I'm I, so mad I'm going through my scores and I'm all over the place here. Go. I would give this a five point eight out of ten because while the voice of Green Arrow was off, I'm telling you, the, the writer of this just really felt like it wanted the she wanted to write a like, you know, a detective noir yeah. like hard grit kind of story. It didn't feel like Oliver Queen, though. No, it didn't. And the thing is, I am one of those people who does get excited when he sees all these villains. I know it's a fan service moment, and so there's no substance behind it. I do get a bit of giddy yeah, and joy I, I out don't. of it. But um, overall, it's just, it's a fast-paced thing that really means nothing. It might come around at the end, like we said, like, you know, Green Arrow proves he's a social justice warrior who's willing to talk and be the, yeah. the voice of the people. I think I, that's what it is. Right now, though, this issue was just not as good as I wanted it to be for what it should have been, and I just don't understand the whole idea of why we had it in the first place because it goes out of its way to be out of continuity from what we had previously yeah. just to get the story going. Well, and but I like the that, art enough. Yeah, well, I like the art. I like. I think it's like an old school look art. I do like that. The problem I have mainly is the fact that you know a lot of the times you're expecting these type of issues to be like one shots. Now they're starting to be two shots. All these, yeah. or, or even more. And this story of what's going on, I already, you know, whatever how it ends, but it already this issue could have been condensed to six pages. I mean, really, oh, th- yeah. th- there's not much going on. And so when it's not going on, the smoke and mirrors of the Dr. Phosphorus, the kryptonite man, 
which lends nothing, nothing to the story except as you go forward when he does go and, and when he is fighting with Parasite before what we think inevitably is the idea of, oh, you know, are you being abused, whatever. He's going to use that power set. He's going to use their power so that this there. Radiation, but really, oh no. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and he really spells that out so you'll have some radiation. It's just, to me, I hate these issues where you do throw in, and like you said, you have a Dr. Phosphorus or a shark, you know, and yeah. who knows what people have Damn planned, it. and it goes against kind of continuity and where, even with the whole dampener things that's just left behind because you need to have this story. Shark looks dead. You have a bunch of people look dead. And Everybody's then, dead. Yeah, and you go forward it's just I'm not going to be wowed or fooled by these, you know, cameos that don't mean anything. Uh, it's just nonsense. And so I give it a five out of ten. And I'll tell you, that's a fuck you five if you're working at home there, if you're keeping track. But it's also to me a five out of ten. It's like yeah. one of those. It's either the perfect storm or not, because this would have been a five out of ten even if we didn't have that caveat of the fu five. Uh, because I just, it's generic. It's generic, and you can tell. And I don't understand why. Just because you're here to fill in a gap be- before the Bensons come in. Please don't make it like that. You know, try to do something. And I, I see reviews and like, hey, she really gets Green Arrow. I'm like, really? Really? Not my because, Green Arrow. No, no. It's just you start with the and I'm I, a I social know justice know this, warrior. I speak for all Green Arrow You fans. do. That has, well, actually, <laughs> that you were told you didn't, but you do. I, I told, I actually, thank God, if, if for some reason, the person who said that to you on the site, cause at one right. point Eric did say like, this, this isn't a green arrow that any fan would like, and got a comment on the site that said, hey, you don't speak for every green arrow deal I like, and it was when they were trying to get it more in line with the TV oh, show. Was, I'm, no, I'm not, no, no, that was not it. It was Ben versus freaking no, it was the worst. Oh, the you're Patriots. right. It was the worst. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was Ben Percy's nonsense. It was Green, it was green Arrow with against werewolves and white supremacists yeah. where, you know, nobody was a good guy. No, nobody was a good – you're right. It was the end of the DCYOU Green Arrow. Yeah. So if you're like, oh, man, I like Ben. This was Ben Percy pre-rebirth that everybody seemed to kind of jump a little bit more on board. And, yeah, Eric was told that he was not the spokesperson <laughs> for Green Arrow. And because of that, I'm telling you, if that person summit, there's no way they're listening. If you're listening – and you actually, you know, a light bulb just went off. I'm like, hey, that's me. Thank you. Because when I'm writing a review, I make sure that there is no way I'm ever putting in a review like, hey, I love Nightwing, what you're talking about next. You're never oh, yeah. going to see in a review like, Nightwing fans, you know, never would like this. No, no, no. Because every time, if I'm typing it, I'm like, I better dial it back. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want the shade that Eric Shea got thrown at him. But yeah, uh, five out of 10. And I was, I was disappointed. Uh, I, I like the idea. Green Arrow to me, can be a really fun character. I mean, yeah, you have trick arrows and, and stuff like that. You can have some fun. Well, we haven't had any fun That's with this is, character the Arrow, forever. The reintroduction of Green Arrow, I really thought there was going to be a lot more fun because the character, he's kind of a he's kind of a jerk. He's like a goofy Green jerk. Not, yeah. not even that. It's just the whole social justice warrior thing has always been an aspect of the character, and it really just brings the whole thing down for me. Where he could have been a lot more fun than he is. You know, there are yeah. like times. That fun aspect does gleam through, but mostly he's just talking about the the wrongs of you yeah. know, society and the plight of man. I'm like, get off your goddamn soapbox! Well, and it's, it's the soapbox, and that's the funny thing is it's a soapbox that you can make invisible. 
This is the character, like you said, him doing the right thing, which is the, you know, the Robin Hood uh, yeah. deal of his. You don't have to keep, like, it's almost like everybody's like, I see what's going on on Twitter. So I have to, it's like somebody, and this is, it's just personal. I don't like people who are, at, you, you have a job. Everybody there, you're working at your own cardboard box factory, and you, you're bound right. to know somebody at one point working. Where you have this guy where he does the same job that everyone else does, but has to announce every time he does it. Like, he's like, look at me! I just did seven of these, and you've already done nine, but you're not an asshole. You don't have to fucking announce it because you just expect people to know that you're a good worker. Now, I've learned at our job, Eric, it doesn't work that way, but no. I'm not a guy who wants to, you know, you know, toot my own horn with stuff like that. And you have Green Arrow, who that's the type of character he's always been, but it's been written to force the idea of look at him. Like, look at how I'm writing him, guys. And by him basically saying, I mean, Ben Percy ended his run saying, you know what? I'm a social justice warrior, and I don't mind it. I'm like, really? You're there? Yeah. Who are you talking to anyway? I'm telling you, half of these times, you look in the God mirror. Damn, psycho. Look at me. It's just out there in the middle of a field yelling to nobody. And like, hey, I'm a social. And it's all just for the applause of the people who aren't even fans, so that they can see that panel. All right, this is my guy. All right, I'm never gonna buy a comic, but hey, he's a social justice warrior, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on my sleeve. And it's nonsense. And and this is what you always get anymore. Yeah, Just like, have Green Arrow do his thing. Every time you got a writer come on, they have to get on the soapbox and announce the whole injustices yeah. of man and stuff like yeah. that. You know, and no, the people yeah. versus the government, whatever. Just and, make and, him and, be a good guy. That's and what not it is. even not even every writer. It seems like every three issues, the writer who's ever yeah. on. Well, we got to remind everybody. This whole idea. Yeah, that's like when you have recap. The recap is Green Arrow telling you, you know what. When I was I'm on the island, the when I was on the island, I didn't realize how good I had it. And then I'm when I got you, when I, I, I got back to Seattle, stories of the island. Oh yeah, I'm telling you. But it's always. I mean, here I'm going to write every issue. Yeah, you know what? When I was on the island, I thought that when I got back, like I didn't have anything. Then when I got back and realized I had everything, then I realized that everybody else had nothing. I, I, I it just goes I all and on. Gets the man. It turns out I was the man all along. Yeah, he even said that at one point. Yeah. That look, I turned into the man, and if I. I'm the man, then you're the woman, and I. Yeah. There you go, Eric. There you go. Like if you're the man, Pretty I'm the perfect. woman, and I only like that. You know, I only like the underwear for comfort's sake, Eric. Uh, but we're gonna move on to Nightwing, and that was a Simpsons reference, Eric. I'm not that much of a piece of crap, right? But I do like comfort, though. I don't wear underwear, so how would that ever be a comfort issue for me? Nightwing number 45, written by Ben Percy. Oh, my goodness. I hope he wasn't listening, Eric. His ears are burning. Art by Chris Mooneyham, Klaus Janssen, and Nick Filardi, and Carlos M. Manguel. While my header should have been, Eric, and this is what I told you, this is what my header should have been. Do androids dream of electric dick? I went, boom! I would have been there. I would have been the best (laughs) header ever. Wouldn't that have been great? That would have been so good. I'm not really sure yet who stars in this book. It doesn't really feel like Nightwing, but just a character jammed into a Ben Percy story. Couple that with inconsistent art, and we have a pretty bland techno thriller that's a little too techno and not enough thriller. Dun, dun. There you go, dun. thriller. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm still waiting for him to write Nightwing. This Nightwing is thrown into a story, and I don't know about anybody else. Me and you both said, and I'm sure you can even see it, though you like this a little bit more than me. I do. Um, this was probably going to be a Green Arrow story at some point. It fits well into every bit of this. Could have been oh, come Green on, Arrow. Bloodhaven, the city tomorrow. This was just an extension of Star yeah. City when he was yeah. doing Green Arrow. And then you have Batgirl. You could have had Black Canary, even with the Birds of Prey connection that yeah. she says. Oh, I'm gonna. So 
this doesn't feel to me like a Nightwing deal. I, I mean, I'm telling you, even with this techno deal, if it would Green Arrow, he would have mentioned, you know, when I was on the island, I didn't yeah. have any tech. So when I came back, you know, with all this, it makes me uncomfortable and stuff. But it's Dick Grayson. That's what we I said, have Henry for. Now, we said last issue that, you know, it was really forced the tech deal and him saying, like, hey, I, hold on, let's, let's just <laughs> fucking take this back to the whole idea. If this was a Green Arrow story that Ben Percy just threw it in there. Yeah. I like, you know, you have Dick Grayson's tech person. Barbara Gordon. Yeah, Barbara Gordon. wakes up, you know, thinking he just had It would have been Henry. Before. It would have been Henry Fife. Like, oh, Henry! God, what happened? I don't remember anything. Oh, no, Henry. What happened? I mean, I, I, I like wine, but Jesus Christ. No, but it's the same thing. If you would have had that story, you, you could have had still at this point where Oliver and uh, oh, Dinah were on the outs and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking It would have been exact. Well, it would have been exact. So with this, yeah. he wakes up. And Barbara and him are laying in bed, and he has no recollection of what happened before. The phone rings. You see wine. It's dripping out. They supposedly drank too much wine. You even have dicks. Like, he's wondering, like, this isn't me. This really isn't me, but I can't remember anything. We all, everybody knows that. He's hops too, Jim. He is, but wine, Boy, hey, that wine. doesn't have hops, yeah. And yeah. with that, you have the idea that this is all the phantasm deal, the, you know, yeah. the VR that was set up. We know this. I mean, yeah. he's there, and you're supposed to get, and, and Ben Percy like it's like he doesn't want to fully commit to this ruse here because you have him like you know dick grayson wakes up oh my god i missed my appointment you know I, I, we're not working out at the scrapyard today we're going down to the docks uh but i gotta get going oh, shit, i'm late but, yeah barbara will talk about this tonight i don't know what happened and she's like oh aren't you gonna stay here baby i need all the aspirin i can get and i'm like what is going on because at this point I don't know the end game for the Phantasm, which ends up being Worm. The, the yeah. villain is Worm, and the villain seems to be in the personification of, you know, at the end kind of does morph out of being Barbara. So I'm telling you, I don't know what the end game of Worm is because what about Dick's like, you know what? This guy, I, I don't like the looks of him anyway. He's got this cyborg eye and this arm. You know me, I'm against tech. And I'm telling you, you know this, what? This, You're looking pretty Willem, good. And Willem, who I was really hoping would be Bobby Zerozinski, which we had in the freaking year of the cyborg series for a little while before. I really wanted to be him, but I yeah. think Worm has nothing to do with this Willem cyborg. No, character. no, no. What I'm cyborg. saying is, what's the end game when Dick Grayson, who had, they don't have the neural download yet. You see that? It's at 5%. You gotta, you gotta burn some time here. What happens when – because it's really pushing. Worm's pushing that Dick has had sex with Barbara here. And like I said, at the end, he morphs out of Barbara as if this is actually Worm. What happens when Dick Grayson goes, you know what? This Willem can wait. Let's get busy again. How far is Worm taking it? Is Worm going to be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I think it's, Worm's down. Playing the, the, playing the, the, that's the devil's hand, Eric. He's really playing this whole deal because he's even pushing it to, oh, you really have to go. Like, oh, I want to get sexy again. Like, I'm telling I'm you, telling you I don't this, know what's going on. Phantasm projector, whatever it is, being delivered all over Bloodhaven, I think that most of the people in Bloodhaven have had sex with, had an sex AI with at Worm some point in with the worm. Next, last 24 hours. I'm just telling you, it's like, you are really playing the, the you know the devil's hand here with this, and he's like, no, no, I gotta go. It goes off. Well, even, I'm telling you, when this whole thing though, when we have the narration, you know, and uh, you know, Dick Grayson at one point is talking about tech and stuff like that. This isn't me. I must have a virus. I'm like, yeah, I would get yourself checked there. You just yeah. Had sex. <laughs> He's like, I must have a. He doesn't trust Barbara. She's been in Burnside, Eric. Burnside's a nasty place. Uh, and with that, he's there and he's like, I gotta go, you know, all that. And it's going down. But then he does pull it back. Ben Percy does pull it back because last issue, we were told 
Dick Grayson hates tech. He always has. Not and it's guy. one of those like, I always prefer, I always have a landline because that's how we used to have it in the circus, which makes no sense. You're in a no, traveling circus in what would be about the year 2003, you know, starting, you'd have a cell phone. Or if you didn't, you'd have a phone somewhere, whatever. Yeah. Somebody would have a cell phone. It just makes no sense. I said, Ben Percy really wants to do this 90s vibe, but you got to go with the timing and, and exactly. what's going on and things like that. And what this Dick Grayson, this Dick Grayson was in Spiral. We had all that. He pulls and it back like, and says <laughs> now that it doesn't make him comfortable. That should have been from the beginning. It should have been Agreed. like almost like a thing where, you know what? I've had some problems in the past. A lot of times my nonsense leads me to tech. Now, the funny thing is, as this goes on, because of this stance, he has to call Barbara to get the yeah. tech. And so where are you? You know, you're, you're again, you're playing both sides there. Uh, but you go off and he's going to go meet, you know, Willem. But with that, you have the weirdest deal that I guess is just to show that this phantasm is citywide. And it's being set up by Marie. Garage and things like that because you have what would be a UPS driver delivering yeah. a phantasm deal to this. And again, you, you could have played this whole deal where why did Dick Grayson then have to steal the thing before from a crime scene or whatever if it's just going to be delivered. But whatever. You go. This guy's delivering it. This family. Hey, I didn't order this. Oh, don't worry. The guy's already opening it up. So he's yeah. like, yeah, you know, here we go. He thought it was a Transformer. You got an eBay. And As he's there. Would. Yes. And he's there and like, I don't know. This this driver has no idea. Like he doesn't know any info. But he's like, he gives you a little too much then I'm just saying, to kind of go. Way, like, like, this is what, what is I'm this? saying. Some sort of VR device called Fantasm. <laughs> People all over the city are getting for free. Yeah, like, yeah you have all the information. Yeah, you have all the info. Driver. So he goes to get to his UPS truck that I'm only assuming now is just delivering these VR things, the Fantasm. <laughs> and out of nowhere, you <laughs> you have the Russian sisterhood who are oh, there. No. They're there to steal the truck. But but you're stealing something that's being given out for free. Number one, you may not know this. Uh, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, we heard you have tech, whatever. They seem to know what they're doing, but it doesn't make sense. And then when they get in to go, the, the cell phones start beeping with that virus, you know, skull deal. We know what's going to happen next. And the truck blows up, and it's almost like an incendiary uh, uh, grenade. It doesn't really yeah. – it just like burns everyone from the phone again. And I'm wondering why. Because this is all set up like, why would Worm and Fan, they, they are stealing a tra Who cares where or how they get into the like, hands does, of does, everyone? Does Worm or Fantas, whatever you want to go with, does it think that they're just going to go and park this truck in a garage and forget about it? And yeah. things aren't going to get out? Uh, this whole yeah. Russian sisterhood, they're going to go and try to sell these goddamn things. I don't yeah. know who they're going to sell it to because no, everybody's or they're just going to like throw They're yeah, going to keep it, yeah. distributing out there. Yeah, why do you have the scene? Why do you have a scene where the Russian sisterhood grabs these things and then is it so that now we saw that they would have gotten somewhere but somehow not all of them were out? I do, I, it, when you're reading an issue and you're going through scenes, like you can kind of put things together and things like that. Now after reading it a bunch of times, still don't know why you have the scene. It goes no. – it, it makes I, it like – Somehow I think it's just to remind you about those phones I was just going to say. I think it's a reminder of that and even then – like, why involve the phantasm deal? Because it's more their phones. It just doesn't make sense. And so it is a reminder because right after that, you Man, have Dick. the internet kills you. just don't understand. And he, you know, you have Dick Grayson running by and he runs by. Oh, man, I forgot. You know, that subway blew up. Holy moly. Oh, this is fast track because all of a sudden you see the, you know, mirage coming soon. Bloodhaven's new smart subway line. And now I'm starting to think of the Trans-Pacific Railway. I'm starting <laughs> to think a lot of Ben Percy nonsense because it looks like 
like they're almost done. Like yeah. they've already dug up things. They have, this and he blew says up yesterday, and we have uh, yeah. all these men with all yeah. the equipment already there, and already it seems like they're halfway done. The goddamn pipes are job. done. I, yeah, where does this like? And he's you can tell me fast track all you want. That's way over the top. And it is. I do like the idea of a cyber company causing, you know, a destruction so that they can get this multi-million dollar contract. But in the roundabout deal, I don't know how this ties into a worm who just seems to want info, except that when they get the subway, you'll be grabbing info from everyone when they're in the subway. Well, on, but still, on the roundabout, this might as well just be the ninth goddamn circle. Yeah, this is all that. This is what I'm saying. This is Ben Percy still telling the same stories, throwing Nightwing in. If yeah. he would have been off to, uh, you know, Jason Todd, the Outlaws deal, it would have been the same thing. All of a sudden, yeah. Gotham would have had that. If it would have been, you name any character, and I can insert that character and come My up name's with this. Jason ex- Todd. I'm a street kid, so I didn't really get into this whole tech I didn't, craze. I didn't. You I know, was never had a place that I could have yeah. a computer at. You know, yeah. you could there do you the have same it. Bit. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, the next day, he wakes up and he's in bed with Bizarro. He has no idea how it happened, but yeah, things happen when you drink wine. Yeah. It, it, it's such oh, a drink. it's such a generic outlying characterization to force this story and again this is beyond the comics and whatever but it was when Nightwing when it was announced Ben Percy was on Nightwing he had an interview and said well I had this tech this tech book that I wrote he wrote an actual book and it was a tech based thing about identity theft Anti-tech. and things like that and from that, Dan DiDio said, I really like this story in a comic. Here's what you get. And it was, okay, just give it to me. Give me whatever character you want me to write, and I will force it in like this. And it's just nonsense. So then you go, and he's going to meet up with Willem. And now I still think that Willem is going to end up – he's just too over the top with a cyborg eye and arm to not actually be a good guy. But you start off where Dick Grayson's looking, no and it gets wonky. No one a cybernetic eye yeah. and arm. And I think the wonkiness is just the idea that you know they are stressing the idea. Not like Willem's not bad. It's just the whole thing that his – like you know – his whole world is like being downloaded you say from this that, one that's inside. But him. you say that, and with that though, is you did that after he left his apartment, and it happened to Barbara right as she started talking as Worm. So you had the tell earlier of this shows you that they're bad, and now you're. I know what you're saying, and I agree. But you're using the same tell as before, and I think that's it's a bit over the top to try to force you into thinking this guy's bad because, again, this is hand-holding that you don't really need. This guy has a cyborg eye and an arm. The minute that you know Dick said he was against tech and then started having this guy work out, everybody and their sister said, this guy's the bad guy. So you don't need to push that even more, and you are, and then I, I do think it's going to wrap around that he's the one that ends up saving him because he can't have downloads from him because of his eye. I don't or know. Or that but, he's got a, like a fucking firewall. That's his what I'm saying. Something like up. this. Yes, yeah. something like that I think is how it's going to end up. Well, he's going and they're going to play, you know, save the citizen uh, if you watch Sky High. But this is, you know, Mr. Captain Smiley Pants. It's a kettlebell that he's going to throw into the bay. And you're going to have to have Willem go and get it before he drowns. I, I'm just – I'm not hiring Dick Grayson because even the thing – Willem, like I used to swim out here when I was a yeah. kid. This was when the chemical <laughs> factory was still open. My skin would burn for days <laughs> I'm not swimming in this. I am not swimming in the fucking Hudson. I I have swam before. You're a swimmer, right? You're a strong swimmer. You you like to swim. When has ever – picture the best time you ever had swimming. 
the best time. I'll tell you, mine was, I mentioned to you the other day, yesterday, whenever, was it ended up that it was nonsense because it scared me. But I ended up going to the shore and there was a lake. We were told we were going to the shore and ended up at this fucking lake. I'm like, this isn't the <laughs> beach. But in this lake, they had a, a platform in the middle, a wooden platform. And yeah, it, did yeah, remi- yeah. it did remind me of the raft Creep story. Show too. The yeah. creep show, too. But – Swimming out to it and swimming back was the most fun I've ever had swimming. It was really fun, even though I don't like swimming in things that like fish are in and stuff. I really don't. But that was the most fun I ever had swimming. That that you know two weeks I was there. If that had chemicals, no fucking way that that's worth it. When is no. it worth it that you're getting chemical burns from swimming? What the hell right. kind of swimming now, are you doing, now, Jim? I'm gonna take this kettlebell I have here. I got I painted a little smiley face on it because it's cute now. Yeah. I'm gonna throw this into this chemical bay, and you're gonna yeah. dive in and try oh, to and pull I'm it back you, up. Oh, and I'm telling you, just the idea. Yeah, he has a cyborg. I, I think that he got the eye from the chemical burns in that goddamn fucking bay before, <laughs> and so he's there. But if it's me jumping in, and you have Dick Grayson, it's funny too because he. Just jumps in and for all i can tell he never opens his eyes because he has his eyes closed and then he's way back i wouldn't open my fucking eyes in there it's goddamn bay i don't like that shit i have to have goggles on if i'm in a pool i'll open my eyes not in the goddamn bay nonsense so they throw the kettlebell in they go after it Poor, poor kettlebell doesn't get saved because they run nope. into a guy who, who's drowned and, and has freaking uh, a bunch of chains around him. He's been thrown into the bay. Eyeballs and that's popped where, out. Yeah, eyeballs popped and out. I'm He's I, I got to this part where they go, get to this body that's freaking, you know, just chained to the bottom like he was transformed by the sea. Yeah, that's all I thought too. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that'd be funny if he gets out and like, what was that? Don't worry. That's just the judge. He, he was a little crazy. He thought that he was super powered by the sea. He did. But yeah, he jumps in and you get this whole idea where then you have – well, even then before that, you get that wonky deal where he's talking about Bloodhaven and you're giving a little background. We kind of know this stuff from the judge story if you read it about the whaling town and things. But he says Bloodhaven used to be a whaling town. People stake their living on what they couldn't see. Okay, well, I mean, I, I guess you see it when you get it, but then it became a haven for gambling where people trusted that their cards would turn up aces or that the slots would spin triple cherries. Okay, you're getting a little away from the beaten path here. Mm-hmm. Drugs are hidden in storage containers. Okay, now are you just telling, are you you letting me know this for my own life? Like, is this now personal issue? Uh, money's traded in back rooms. Oh, okay. <laughs> really? Abandoned warehouses are stocked with stolen goods. All right, I mean, are you, you give me, I don't understand this. And then, and now there's every out of sight this body and then you go with the weirdest description because then Swoboda's there and you have where Willem he he gave his uh, his statement and things like that now the weirdest thing is remember he wanted to be on the out and outs he, he did not want to be seen by anybody that was one of the, the things that made him so like mysterious and oh I think it's him he's the bad guy I would have thought that Dick Grayson would have said listen I got you get the fuck out of here no he gave a statement to the police yeah. but yet he's the guy he's who's supposed to be so undercover no they're like oh yeah but by the way, what'd you see? I don't know. I was, you know, jumping in this river. Wait a minute. Hey, do you think these two resemble those motherfuckers that were in that salvage yard yesterday? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. You're under arrest trespassing. But no, they're there. And you get this so over-the-top deal, and you continue this weird deal with Swoboda and Dick Grayson that continues this nonsense that doesn't go well with what led to this. But the problem is is that you're getting weird dialogue, and especially as it goes forward with this, you know, he got doxxed. His name, address, city, payroll, secret email account, secret, secret email account, photos with cops, photos with crooks, photos with whores, photos with – who takes pictures with whores? Photos with wife and kids? 
telling you, yeah, this is the problem is you are setting this up. Oh, man, that's one of our narcs. They live in an Instagram world. They can't help themselves. He's gramming. That's one of our our narcs. Yeah, he's deep undercover as a narc. What narc takes a picture with a cop? What, really? I mean, you have the whole deal where you don't even want to be seen near anybody. You know, you get these stories in the, you know, where you get arrested and like, you got to rough, I got to rough you up a little and make it look good. No, no, this guy's doing, you know, FaceTime with the cops on the gram, Instagrams, and, and taking pictures. He has a wife and kids, but yet he's taking pictures with the whores. Nonsense. It's so nonsense. And message boards. Wiki's got this guy's dirty laundry on display. Wiki? He's got his own Wikipedia page. There it is. Jason Horowitz. It says right there. You know, Wikipedia. Narc. Occupation. Narc. There you go. Loves the whores. See, he's just like any other supervillain, Jim. His name was Horowitz. He had to go with the whores. <laughs> yeah, he went with the whores. The whores. So there you got it. And this is the best thing, too, is that usually with this kind of deal, like he got doxxed. His name had – like doxed. The, the problem is, is usually these guys, you're, you're going to blackmail them. Like what is the end game of getting somebody's deep undercover issues – and then unless, like, it was sold to the bad guys who then come after him, but it, it's just nonsense. And it, even before that, when you're not even fully in the scene, you have Dick Grayson. You know what? People getting killed in Bloodhaven is nothing new, but people getting killed by the Internet is. I'm like, oh, do we have Transformers that are, you know, strangling people? <laughs> and you, It's just weird. Welcome and, to prime time, bitch. It's yeah, all right. Yeah, that, all, and, and then you have Swoboda. Like, she's telling him everything. She, he's looking over her shoulder. He's looking at the info. And she's like, you know, all this thing with the he, all the dirty laundry. What are you looking at, six-pack McPretty? And I want Dick Grayson, and he's all smiles there, too. I want him to say, You were just telling me what was going That's on, the thing. Yeah, I'm actually looking at what you appeared to be talking about, so I came closer to see. And she's like, go home, do some crunches, drink some kale shakes, whatever. This is police business. And then continues to tell him info. This chump's got a virtual death sentence. Guess you could say. Nobody's safe no more. Swear to God. Every email's dosed with anthrax. Every website's packed with C4. Oh, my God. These characters are so over the top and ridiculous. I mean, what is going on? What is going on? Like, uh, yeah. Hey, everybody. You know, we have an award-winning website, uh, Weird Science, uh, (laughs) WeirdScienceDCComics.com. Just be aware. It's packed with C4. You might get the anthrax. I just don't don't know why is nobody talking about that goddamn phantasm note on the guy's list. Yeah, this whole – yeah, all of this. And and just the – that they're the worst detectives here. And with that, I I actually want Nightwing to go – the hell are you getting this tech talk? But then he goes off and uses it. What Sabota yeah. didn't seem to access. Whoever docks that Vic had a complete and total record of his life. This is more than a phone or laptop hack. No, no, I think I think he's got pictures and stuff. They knew him inside out. Oh my goodness gracious! He's like, oh, I, huh? This means tech. I, I kind of said to you that I hate that tech, so I better call. Thing, I better Maybe call Barbara. Guy- Maybe the guy didn't go and do all this stupid shit like take pictures of everything. Maybe the whole it's thing set is set up by Phantasm. Uh, no, to make Phantasm it look like he did. is inside of his head, right? Everything's yeah. downloaded into the guy's brain, and like you know, you get all the information there to like download it. But then let's say it's looking through his eyes and just taking selfies without the dude knowing in the mirror. If that's, <laughs> I'm telling you, have a little wonkiness because if he's talking to the cop, how do you get the selfie with the cop through his eyes? But even then. I would have liked to Hey, hey, officer! You know I like to look. I like to hey, stand next hey, to people officer. while I'm looking in the mirror. I don't know what's here. going on. Come over here so I can look at you and me and I. Yeah, the mirror. Hey, <laughs> I, I want to check my hair while we're doing this. Uh, with that, That's I would have. I like to talk to people. You, were, you always got to look your best. T- 
our end of the day at work always ends with that, us standing at the mirror. Exactly, right there, all of our shit. Luckily, we don't have Phantasm. Uh, with that, though, if they were going to go that route, I would have liked to have had somebody like a Swoboda go, Phantasm I, want, five, I want Swoboda to sit there and go like, the hell's this guy thinking? Horse! Yeah, pictures with cops! What is he doing? Because also, the like, those cops are... we ever had. Oh, my God. Stitches, uh, snitches better start getting brains around in Bloodhaven because this is nonsense. But yeah, they go off. Like you said, don't even mention that the Phantasm bracelet is on him. He goes off. He, he can't do tech. So he calls Barbara, who's in the most ridiculous situation. Also, you've left her that morning, you think, with this idea that you and her had sex and you, you know, she's not quite your dream girl, but is just as close as you ever think you're going to get, that you're made for each other, whatever, and calls and does the deal like we always do with like if they have a secret because right away I'd be like hey by the way the hell happened last night and you kind of, what happened last night yeah what did happen last night and you get that whole deal exactly like what is going on she's there trying to get God, freaking killer crocs pomeranian dog because he keeps his email and social accounts on the dog's the, fucking the passwords on what the freaking that? dog's tag really what is that what are we dealing so just, with in this? Just imagine the scenario where Killer Croc is arrested, but he's got a lot of emails and social media stuff that the cops or whoever need to get a hold of to see his other criminal yeah. dealings. So what Batgirl needs to do is go and rescue his Pomeranian <laughs> from a toad monster in the sewer to yeah. get those codes for the police. But like, yeah. what are we doing yeah. here? What are we like, doing? Why I, did you sit down and put this all like, you know, this pen to paper, whatever you want to yeah. call it, and like – where did this seem like? Where? This is a classic John, idea. Oh my god! Classic, Heck. classic Batgirl. She's there doing that. Like I said, it, it's it's just, or if not more ridiculous than than the UPS driver earlier. Like, where are you getting these scenes? And yeah, you got to get the Pomeranian from the killer giant fucking Toad. Where he gets it, and in the meantime, he, you know, you have Dick Grayson. I need you to look into some things. She knows more about Bloodhaven than he'll ever know. Like, oh, you, the interim mayor, he's holding a press conference. What? I don't know anything about that. Oh, man, you're a doofus. And then he even says, like, what happened last night? You know, what we were doing well, last night. You're weird. <laughs> That's what she says. And then it's just pulled aside because she's trying, to, are yeah, she's trying to rescue the dog because he's got the, the Killer Croc's passwords on his, you know, Tags. His, his tags. I, I don't understand. I wish I... I knew how much time had passed though, because we do see Nightwing after talking to Barbara just sitting on a ledge of a yeah, building like looking over night. Bloodhaven and thinking to himself. And then he just changes and he goes back home where he you know he goes in and there's Barbara waiting for him. And it's not at this point that he realized something's wrong because no. he was just talking to Barbara he was who was in Bloodhaven doing you know, rescuing Bob And she even spells it out. And, and yeah, now she's I mean, saying, like, and now, not yeah, Burnside. Burnside. And now yeah. it's there, hey, I got egg and cheese sandwiches again. A tell. Nobody likes egg and cheese sandwiches, Eric. It's a bullshit meal. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Egg and cheese sandwiches. Jesus Christ. Look, I'm just, look, check this out. If somebody brought me an egg and cheese sandwich, I'm certainly not turning it down. Egg and cheese. Like, here's the deal. Is an egg and cheese sandwich a sandwich made of a cheese omelet? Because I'm fine with that. The way it's spelled out to me, it's egg salad with fucking cheese on it. No, no, That's egg fucking and nonsense. It's an egg with cheese on a bagel. No, I'm telling you, it's a sandwich though. She says not a bagel. It's wrapped up in a square deal like white sandwich. bread. I would, I would call that a. Uh, I don't know what I'd call that. I'm telling you, you, I wouldn't call it an it's, egg and it's cheese. Toasted, it's toasted bread. 
Yeah, but she's got it in a weird bag. That toasted bread ain't no toasted anymore. That's nonsense. Well, and also, egg and cheese sandwich. Oh, you don't have anything here, so I got to buy some egg and cheese at the bodega. Make it. That's not a very fancy meal that you couldn't. It's not. I'm telling you. It, it, why egg and cheese sandwich? I just don't get it. But, yeah, you have that. I make egg and cheese sandwiches all the time. But why is it that she's like, hey, uh, you know, you didn't have anything in your kitchen. What What is the game again? What is the end game? I really do think that the end game is worm. Really likes Dick Grayson and really through the whole deal, a super villain that just wants to be a domesticated wife and wants to end up doing things yeah. for this. There's no you know reason what I like, to do you this. You know what I like to think about the egg and cheese sandwich bit? It's like uh, I don't know how things work because we have this worm character. Yeah, before you say this, somewhere. there is no sandwiches. There is no well, spoon. The is, there, there might be sandwiches. No, he says, thinking, he says afterwards, I could even still smell them. So you, you, might, hold on, the whole idea, though, I'm thinking to myself, the only other place that we ever saw a VR was the, was bodega. the bodega. So can Worm jump back and forth I, and no, get real I'm things? telling you, these aren't real sandwiches. So if you're making fake meals, make something fancier. Make your fake meal a turkey dinner. Make something where he's like, boy, Barbara, I never thought you could cook so well. Instead of you got me egg and cheese sandwich, nonsense, nonsense sandwich. You, you don't even have any sausage on there. A little pork roll, Eric, from our area. Yeah, that, would you ever go like you go somewhere and you have the option of a steak egg and cheese bagel? You have a ham egg and cheese bagel, a sausage egg and cheese bagel, and a egg and cheese. There's no way you're going egg and cheese. It's so no. generic. It's generic. But why? I'm telling you, if he didn't figure it out, because the whole deal is trying to get this neural download that we've had throughout that, again, very forced and pushed. We see what's going on. There's no mystery at all to this. We know that Barbara is not – yeah, the reveal is worm that we didn't quite know, but we know yeah. she's bad. So there's no surprise here. And I with that – I just called Phantasm. I just like, don't know what the – And character. that's the problem is I don't know what the end game here is with worm. Yes, he's trying to get the info, but also with Mirage and things like this, this seems like there's never a time that he has to go this far out of his way – to get Dick Grayson's deal because he already has the thing in him and he doesn't know. Why are yeah. you using Barbara to I'm be this you, like, thing when you don't we, have we to? We talked about this before we even started recording. The whole idea of the Barbara Gordon aspect of this is the biggest problem because Dick Grayson could have woke up, oh my God, I'm late. Why don't I yeah. remember anything? And he would have gone about his day. And, and then comes home. Was he was, wrong. Yeah, he so was on the rooftop. Now, you've tipped your goddamn yeah, head, Mirage. It's so weird. He's Riddler. He's making riddles. He, he, you have Dick Grayson there. He's on the rooftop. Boy, tough day, huh? Better get back there. Oh my God, I don't have anything to eat. I better go to the Mickey D's. You got, you get the neural download. There, there's yeah. no reason to have this Dumb idea. And, and that's my problem is you're playing around with this idea because it's a Nightwing book. You have Dick Grayson. Everybody wants to have Dick and Barbara be together. So you started it out with that, but right away showed your hand. You yeah. showed your hand immediately. So why? Why even deal with it? It's, it's, it's hack. It really is. It's a, it's a, a really ridiculous way to do this. And then when it is revealed, there's no reason. And also, like, why reveal yourself now? Like, you know, he, he is like, oh, I, I don't think that I know what's going on. Like, Dick's like, I, I kind of knew that this was bullshit anyway. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm worm. I'm like, why? Well, just well, even the whole this. Well, the reason that Dick Grayson finds out because Barbara Gordon's there is like, oh, how's the Pomeranian? Sorry, yeah. what? Oh, and like, you know, dreams are like this where there are times where you can yeah. figure out that this is just fantasy and not real. I'm like, well, Worm was in your head downloading everything. So I'm pretty sure the whole thing could have like, you know, 
heard you talking yeah. to Barbara on the phone and what yes, you were talking about. So there's no reason for the like, you know, and, sorry, what Pomeranian? Yeah, and with that, you, you have the idea that Dick Grayson still, you know, she, you know, Barbara calls him a doofus and weird. He kind of is because at yeah. this point, they're downloading. You still don't have the 100%. So there is no real reason for Worm to even reveal himself. They'd be like, hey, something's wrong. You're not Barbara. Oh, you don't think I'm Barbara? That's bullshit. I'm out of here and walks out. And then Dick's like, oh, geez, or goes after or whatever it is it, that still gets you to the end game. You don't have to have a fight when also Dick Grayson tries to hit you. You go throw him, but you can grab him and throw him in the wall. It just you go with this. There's no reason. There's things in this book that are there for no reason because then at the end you just get 100% download. You have him there, you know, Worm saying, listen, you are the ward of Bruce Wayne. You're Dick Grayson. You, you probably have a lot of secrets, and secrets are power, and knowledge is power. And now I'm going to get you. And then that freaking, you know, the spider the phantasm deal. Out of his the mouth. node crawls, crawls out of his mouth, and he has it. So really. Really, you start with one thing, and you could have had this issue be a page. I mean, really, yeah. you could have had this whole thing happen where Dick Grayson's there watching TV all day. No, he's against the tech, Eric. He doesn't like the talkies He either, could have been sitting there listening to the record he players could be, all day. You know, just go with the hack like we had before and have him read Robin Hood books. Have him just read those. He's like, right, nothing like a good book, and you'll, you'll end up with the same deal. It's yep. just downloading shit while it's going on. And it's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense. And my biggest problem, though, is, though, the art, I think, is inconsistent. I like, like, all of a sudden, like, Barbara and Burnside looks really good. And then Dick Grayson, at points, looks really good. But then you have these panels that look like, okay, didn't really. Uh, Willem looks terrible. I don't even know what the hell's going on. I don't know what's up with that. Nah, and with that, you just keep going back. Each page has, like, one really good panel, two a little off, and the rest, you know, kind of standard. Sometimes even to the point where I still think that sometimes when uh, Mooneyham does this, it looks a little John Romita Jr.-esque. It's really heavy with the, the shading and stuff like that. Well, half the time, I think that Nightwing looks like Rocky Balboa. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's got some weird deals. Uh, so the the art didn't, you know, make me hate it more or like yeah. it more. Uh, it's just there. It's kind of average. But the story's just nonsense. It really is. And and so I gave it a 4.5, and it's to the point where I said, you like this a little more than last issue. You told me. I don't know if talking about it changed your mind, but – It did. Yeah, and but because you're really not getting anything here, and the biggest problem is I don't feel that this is a very good Nightwing. Uh, most Nightwing fans, Eric – whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm pulling oh, it back. Pull it back. <laughs> I just said I don't get this as a Nightwing story, and it really feels kind of off from that. But well, it's, it's generic because like we yeah. said before, you can interchange Nightwing with any character pretty much in the DCU yep. who doesn't have powers, I would think. But, like, the whole thing is, the reason I thought I liked this more until, like, you know, when we started talking about it before we got on, I realized all the inconsistencies yeah. of the plotting of the story. But the reason I liked it more to begin with is that it did dial back the whole thing where Nightwing said, like, yeah, in the you first had that issue, at the oh, I'm against tech. He dialed it back to the point, I've been off of tech for a month because you can't have your, like, you know, your face in a screen all the time. I'm yeah. like, okay, you dialed yeah, it back. Yeah, I, I like that. Of course, correcting early yes. on. I can appreciate it's that. It's a real early on, yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, no, no. It's just like, oh, God, you know, so what did you give it? I think I would give it a four point nine out okay. of ten. Yeah, yeah, you were you were a lot higher then. So yeah. yeah, I told you when I was reading it, it just and it's one of those that it's not infuriating, but it just annoyed me because it's just not a Nightwing deal. But uh, with that, we're going to go off to some mail.
Boom, Eric. Everything's right in the world. No wrong turn. Get out of town, wrong turn. You can't right. drive, though, so you can't get out of town, can you? Boom, Eric. We're going to start off. <laughs> you can get out of town, though. Lady Jessica will give you a ride in her chariot, her chariot of dreams, there, as you go off and eat your, your fancy lunches. You have a fancy lunch today? You have steak I've for had lunch a fancy again? fancy lunch in a while. I had some McDonald's for lunch slash dinner. Yeah, slash garbage. We we got uh we went to McDonald's last night. This is why I wanted to you know start eating healthier. And then and then I go midnight McDonald's. But me and Rafe were going, and he said, "I'm like, what do you want to get?" I actually wanted to go to Taco Bell. I was just gonna get something little. And he's like, "No, let's go to McDonald's." And I'm like, "Why do you, why do you want to go to McDonald's?" Like to me, I used to love McDonald's as a kid, but yeah. now there's nothing that's gonna draw me there. Like there's nothing that I can say like I have to get that. So when I hear McDonald's, eh, whatever, like, what are you going to get? Why are we going there? And he's like, well, I want to get nugs, as he calls nuggets. So I want to get nugs. Well, he's like, well, and he's like, we'll get 50 for $10. And I'm like, well, that was a deal at one point, but I don't know if that's a deal still. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's secret. I'm like, well, where are you getting this? Where, <laughs> right. where are you getting this information? So as we go, I say to him, because, and it's so funny, we're in the car, and for some reason in my mind, I just don't want to be the one that's told he's an idiot. So even though I'm driving in the car and they're still going to look at me when I go to the window, whatever, I tell him he's got to ask. He's got to shout over me to ask if they have that 50 nuggets for $10. He won't do it. So we get there, and I'm not going to ask. He's looking it up on his phone. He's trying to prove it to me. He pulls it up. Look, Dad, there it is. It's it's an article from 2015. I mean, I don't know if that or Brian's mail with his top five list, which comes first or second here, with his 2016. But, and I guess 2015 would (laughs) That's longer ago here. I know how things work. I know numbers. But so we're there and I look and I'm like, well, there's 10 nuggets and 10 nuggets is like five bucks. So why the hell are they going to offer 50 nuggets for $10? So we're, we're there and we don't ask. I get the shittiest meal and it just sucked. And then we get home and then Brave does find legitimately it looks like 50 nuggets is $10 and they want to go tonight and I don't want to go. I, I just I, – I hate – that stuff. I'm at the point where I just think of any of these fast food places, and and it really doesn't, uh, you know, get me going. And that's when I always thought I want to die, Eric. What what is happening here? That this is making me sick. What what's going on? Please tell me why no. does uh, why can't I still be a glutton and enjoy it? I, I just don't understand. Because I, you are so afraid of what your appearance is. Oh my goodness! If that was the case, I would have changed things years ago. What are you talking about? I really should have. You son of a bitch. Listen to you listen to you. anybody <laughs> card you for cigarettes lately you old uh, fuck how about uh, that they're gray beard i'm, I'm telling you I, I think there i think there's more of a chance of me getting carded than you and that, that's pathetic i told you though i i really what happened is we're, we're going through life there's this crazy <laughs> spaceship called earth that takes us through this roller coaster ride we call life and as i'm going eric I'm trying to keep in shape. I'm working out. I'm playing sports and things like that, even as I got older. And then all of a sudden, I started noticing people I graduated with. So I'd be in Wawa. I'm with you sometimes. I'm like, look at that motherfucker. Look at that guy. That guy graduated like three years after me. That guy's three years younger than me. That guy looks a wreck. I mean, you sit there and see me, and I keep saying, I'm like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck am I worried about? I see these motherfuckers. I'm like, I don't care what you say. I see the comparisons, and boy, I am living the life. I mean, I can't see how a guy who gets two hours of sleep a night and eats like shit can look better than most of the people he graduated with, but baby, it's happening. And so I'm just there.
I'm I am playing the curve here. So there, there you go. And and really, who who am I impressing anymore I anyway? Nobody except you, Eric. I said the other day. I actually sat there. I just want to tell people this. You didn't go full out, but I said I was talking to you. And I'm like, yeah, you know, all these people talking or whatever. And we were talking if we had a live show or something like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably get in shape or whatever. Because you know, I don't want, I don't want people to say like, oh, look at that fucking asshole, or whatever. Hey, look at that ugly guy. And you, who called you ugly? <laughs> I'm like, whoo-hoo, Eric's showing his true colors. He's digging my looks. <laughs> I was like, all right. And then I was happy for about ten minutes. <laughs> like, all right, I don't look that bad. The thing that got me down is I looked in the mirror and realized oh. that somebody was lying. Eric, <laughs> and it wasn't the mirror unfortunately <laughs> the mirror was not lying ah oh, yes again i used to look so young Luis was the first male of this section i blame it on this podcast i blame it on everyone listening hello look, i didn't have any gray in my beard before we started doing this podcast no i told you i didn't have any either i ended up with this thing and, and the weird thing is is neither of us have gray hair it's just oh, this beard well, it's like I, I i do i just dye it Oh, there you go. See? One up on Jimmy. Team Jimmy's coming up big! Boom! I've been gray hair since I was nine years old. I can't help it. Oh, there you go. Start making up excuses. Listen, you know who didn't have gray hair at nine? Me! I still don't. I have it in my beard, though, and that's the thing. Do I have gray hairs in my beard? Or do I have a gray beard? Because I don't see anything <laughs> but gray anymore, and it's really, really upsetting to me. And, and then no, I look. Why do you look at yourself in the mirror without a hat on? When do I? Well, never. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do sometimes. I sit there and I'm like, all right, I'm giving myself smooches in the mirror. <laughs> no, I don't. It's when I get out of the shower and I look at myself and I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> I don't recognize this guy in this mirror. I don't think I want to. Uh, I don't like hanging out with you. Luis is the first mailer. Hello, get fresh crew. Poop, 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 poop. See, I sound like a robot. I haven't written in a while, so let me give you a quick rundown. My boss ran away with the company money and uh -huh. didn't pay us uh, any. So there you go. Best boss ever. I had a ever. job like that when I was 18. Yeah, Eric had a job where the boss would just show up to grab money. I mean, legitimately, every week the guy I'm would sorry, do I, this. I, wor I worked in a theater in our hometown here, and the guy lived in New Jersey. He owned the place. Yeah. And Saturday night around 3 o'clock in the morning, he would show up, let himself in because he owned the place, take all the money out of the safe and just leave. Yeah, now listen, Louise, so this sucks. It, re it really does. Just imagine this dumb motherfucker I'm talking with here. <laughs> this happened to him every week. The, yep. He didn't leave the job. And he, this guy didn't come take the money, say, hey, guys, here's your pay. He wasn't paying them. Eric legitimately worked for maybe a year with this no, situation I only, I going. I only worked there for like four months before it was four shut down. Months? Because the thing is... I worked, it was a minimum wage job. I worked there part time. And by the time the place closed, the guy owed me over $800. Yeah. Again, I, I just want to tell everybody, you know, like we talk, we don't really have a Patreon account. Yes, we do. <laughs> I just don't want to give Eric any. Yeah, Eric, Eric, four months he worked with this situation, Luis, that you had happen once and thought, yeah, this is bullshit. Let's get out. We decided. I love my job, then we ended up being bought out by a new owner, and it was okay for a few weeks, meaning he got paid. Then yeah. they didn't realize he didn't pay. And this is the other thing that it, it's such a weird idea that the new owner came in and bought things, but then found out that there was a hundred thousand dollars in property tax owed to the IRS. 
Uh, I think that this new owner should have looked into this. We have yeah. the deal where we talk about the guy Jimmy, who's like, you know, wrong term part the two. Incredible, the, the melding, incredible man. melding man at our work. And this guy, he has problems with a sewer and somehow ended up selling the house to somebody who didn't need an inspection. And that, that's nonsense. You, you don't want to go that route. And the cops closed down the business. After all the headaches and crap, I decided to open up my own massage business, and it looks to be called Why Not You Massage. Why not? And you can look it up. I'd like that. And not, of course, K-N-O-T. So there you go. I like that. I'm not a guy who often has a lot of massages, but I'm giving Luis the wink wink that it should end a certain way in my mind. So most of my time is spent on that. I mean me paying for it. I mean me paying for it, Eric, is what I mean. And I, you know what I'm paying for. So I don't really have time to read that many books, but who need to when I have you guys keeping me in the loop. And by the sound of it, I'm not missing much right there. I, I pretty much insulted a <laughs> massage therapist with the one, like the worst thing you can do. Not only do I have the, I, this is what I do to, I, I don't even realize that's me small talk, Eric. I know. Not, small talk, uh, Sammy here. Not only do I have the main podcast, which I'm a little disappointed I used to get 12 hours. And and now I get seven, eight, nine hours in the main podcast. And really, you're pushing that lately with the amount of books we have. Uh, you should learn to make take micro naps like Batman so you guys can give us longer podcasts. And and even though you're saying that, I mean, I'm talking right now. We're just doing mail. It's 11 o'clock. We're, yeah. we're going to be doing this the micro naps. We're still up. We do shoot ourselves in the foot a lot. You know, talking about happy endings and such. But I guess all the other podcasts you do make up for the difference. But I just love listening to you guys so much. I want you to whisper sweet nothings into my ear hole. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I, I may not have to pay extra, Eric. Anyway, have a great <laughs> week and see you guys later. And thanks, Louise. We haven't Louise. heard from Louise in a while, so that's yeah. awesome, too. And I, the I'm, thing I'm, is, I do take micro naps like that. Every time we get home from work, I take like a 15-minute nap yeah. to rejuvenate myself before we get started again. That's nonsense. I, I can't do that. I, I can't take 15-minute naps. It, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, usually, we do say that. Every, every day we're going home from work and we're and then really, this is every day. Hey, yeah. when are we going to record tonight? That's that's basically the thing that we talk about on yep. the way home. And then we, well, I'm going to take a nap and then we got to do that and that. And I always, I had best intentions of taking naps and then it never happens and then if it does that's when i have to call old eric lee over there back and say you remember when we said 6 30 well <laughs> it's 20 after and i just woke up because i don't wake up then but uh thank you Luis. and brandon is next and he says sup fellas i wonder if What's he's up, wearing brandon? he's there wearing a sash and he's got his vest on and he says no, i'd like to talk on. about what roughly 50 percent of the get fresh crew poop poop, poop eric poop. found out this week which is that al ewing who wrote a decent Hulk book, and I disagree. I really, really liked it. Has gone full SJW. At some point in the not-so-distant past, this clown mass Twitter blocked what seems to be half the world population and 99% of the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop, boop, boop. This isn't a gentleman I've ever known to be contacted by anyone I've ever come across this associated gentleman with, I've ever known. with any of these. Uh, this is where – and we're going to get into this. And again, if you listen to our Marvel podcast, it's bound to come up possibly with a song, Eric. But oh. with that – it's like one of those things where you're, you're at school and you have, and I hate to say it because it would be me. This would be uh -huh. me. Like you have the nerd, right? You have the guy that you never had talked to. He's sitting over there. You don't even know his name. Again, that's me. Everybody. Uh -huh. 
he comes over and says to you, yeah, by the way, you're not invited to my party this weekend. You're like, what the fuck? Who was that? <laughs> what the fuck happened? I didn't even know there was a party, let alone I didn't know this guy was alive. And that's what this seems to be, where Al Ewing has blocked tons of people in a group blocking, but most of the people weren't even following him, nope. ever talked to him. The problem is, is that he, the people seem to have the unfortunate circumstance of following somebody that Al Ewing doesn't like. But this yep. is nonsense. This is the bunch of bullshit. And again, maybe I'll get off my chest here, though it, it doesn't seem the part. But really what you're doing, Al, Al, I sound like I'm Lisa in, in Weird Science. Listen, Al. I thought you, Peggy from Married with Children. Well, here, Al. Is that better? Hmm, yeah. No, no, Peg. There you go. I need the toilet flush. Why are you doing the parody? I, <laughs> doing the parody. I need the toilet flush. Here we go. I'm going to do it now. Oh, Al. Mm, no, Peg. There you go. Oh, it works great, doesn't it? But he's he's blocking people in a way because he doesn't like what we think is Ethan Van Skyver's politics. So right. you're getting rid. You don't like that Ethan Van Skyver to you is a piece of crap, allegedly. But so what you're doing is using a guilt by association, which also a roundabout way is grouping people into groups without knowing them, thinking that because they think of one thing or belong, they all go by thought. This is the worst thing that you can do. This is stuff that actually to me shows just the worst part of any human being. I mean, really, I don't like social, you know, profiling and all this nonsense. That's all he did. That's what he did. Now it's comics. People are going to think I'm just not, oh, you're so goofy. It's just comics. But this is showing that a guy, that, that's, that's how he runs his life. That's fucking nonsense. And I love that Hulk book. I really did. I liked it more than I thought I was going to. We're going to be talking about it on our Marvel podcast. I hate this guy's guts so much now for what he did to most people. I wasn't blocked. And I meaning the weird science. And now we are because I yeah. I caused a stink, and it wasn't even a stink. I just wanted to know from him why did you do this? There's people here that I know firsthand are not people that harassed anybody ever. And, and here's just wait. All you have to do, and also you know what else it is? It's lazy. It's the most laziest thing to do to just block people in a group and get rid of them. Wait till they're pieces of shit because most people aren't. I, I know that that's surprising to people in this day and age of Twitter and all that. Most people aren't pieces of shit. Most people want to go through their lives. Most people want to do – and poor Eric Shea over here. Poor he, he went to see Al Ewing's page, saw he was blocked. He didn't want to talk to Al Ewing. So if you sit there, oh, he has a right to do this. All Eric wanted to do was see what this guy has going on. So yeah, on his, interested in the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, on his timeline and things like that. And when he goes on Twitter, he may see that something's coming up by this guy and say, oh, that looks cool. Yeah. And really, it's no, you know, skin off his beard. I've been going beard. around recently and following a lot of Marvel guys since we do the Marvel yeah. podcast now. Uh, yeah. Not Al Ewing. And, and that's the thing, Al. Al, it, you're not proving a point to anybody because Eric could give a shit and rat's ass about you left or right. He just wanted to see what you were up to. So go fuck yourself. Now he won't. You did that. Fuck yourself. Done I, I can't, done. I'm telling you, it, it really upsets me. And it's just ridiculous. It's the most I, – I, I see people online. There are people that are awful people. I understand. You, you block them because they harassed you or you don't like it. 
This is nonsense. This is complete nonsense. And it seems like he has blocked. And, and again, you're blocking people who don't even care about you, who have now just gone to your page to see if they're blocked. Then you're, you're, you're the goddamn asshole as a party. I'm not even going go nerd now. This is the asshole nobody likes. And then the guy goes around because nobody's going to show up at your party. So basically, I look at your Twitter. Nobody cares about you. Nobody's really interacting that much with Al Ewing. So huh, I'll block all these people. Well, Whoop-de-doo. You jerk. See what you did, Brandon. Go get that vest on. It's just it's nonsense. And and in this day and age, why Thanks why lot, do this? Why did. do this? It it's so stupid. So apparently the reason through sources this is occurring is because we all follow Ethan Van Skyver and like to look at his pretty pictures and drawings. Yeah. And there's where the other thing is I got people, hey, you gotta separate don't don't drop the book. Separate the person from the product. Well, that's weird nowadays to say. Anyway, but Al's not doing that because I follow Ethan Manskyver. I do. I've never seen one of his YouTube videos. People talk about. I know it. People have sent me links. Oh, yeah. Andrew in Belfast sends me links. I. I just. I haven't had the time. I don't care. I even said at points that I didn't even understand what the hell he was doing with all these things. At one point, he was jumping in and out of whatever. Uh, I like his art. There you go. That would be the only reason I'd follow Ethan Van Skyver and to block anybody because they're following another creator because they like their art is nonsense. And to not figure that out or find out or whatever, lazy, lazy. Excuse my language here, but I don't think it's too far out of line to consider Al Ewing a completely judgmental asshole. No. I'd say worse. He doesn't strike me as the type of dude who would have his mentions blowing up from harassment of any type. So this is all seems completely unwarranted. He just wants to jump on the goddamn bandwagon of, oh, look at this. Look at me. I'm so important. I'm blocking people. Oh, my goodness. Don't block my heart, Eric. Don't do it. Don't you get quiet over there. I don't need that. I'm not on a soapbox yet. My I'm ass- sitting on my chair. I'm not on a soapbox. Honestly, I really could give two craps. I'm just lucky I found all this out before I bought issue number one. Ewing Marvel can kick rocks. That's the worst. He's on a podcast, Eric. We have to talk about it. (laughs) I know. (laughs) He's not going to be saying much. Uh, Can kick rocks if they think it. And this is the thing. I'm not making a protest on the podcast or whatever. And because it's just, I don't like to get involved in this stuff. And here I am involved. Ewing Morrow can kick rocks if they think I'm getting off uh, my wallet out to support books of writers, artists, letters, editors, or anybody else who has has me blocked. Unless, of course, I verbally attack them in action. I'm telling you, I've, you know, me and Jim Zub, little does he know how much I hate him. But, you know, there's a guy who treated me like shit online. So I blocked him. There you go. I blocked old Jimmy Zub. And I'm not going to read or ever review any of his comics. That's a personal thing. Thing to me I, i've mentioned it on our podcast of the the patreon deal but never told anybody else they couldn't do anything like no. that he was an asshole to me and you? me i blocked him if al doesn't watch himself here he'll find his way up next to comcast spectrum on my list which is a place you don't want to be which he's mentioned before and again you also have this deal where there's a lot of problems going on i mean you saw mark wade he had to bail out or was even maybe told to get off of twitter and stuff like that you don't have to be like, why be an asshole in the guise of being a good guy against the bad people that aren't there? I, I just don't understand it. I really don't. It would be a real shame if every Wednesday the GFC started circulating, don't buy if you're blocked, tweets about any Al Ewing books in the future. And that, that wouldn't be how I'd go. And I, I here's the deal. You can tell I'm not that fired up uh, or I'm lazy because I'm not, I'm not getting involved in any protest or whatever. But 
I did think today, if you did want to protest, what I would do is you go to, uh, you know, you go to Al Ewing's page and you take a screenshot of being blocked and then you send it to Marvel and say, this is why I'm not buying the books. There you go. Simple. And they might get the idea then, uh, as well. Boner of the week. And I'm not saying to do that, Eric. Was 150%, but that's how I would do it if that was the case. And I I didn't do it before because this morning I wasn't blocked. This evening I was. So we'll see. Was 150% positive. The movie passes. I had one to the movie. Uh, TAG were for Thursday. Why can't I tell what that is? Oh, tag. (laughs) The way you wrote it, it looked like it was... It was something like tomorrow. The movie tag. Tomorrow, awesome girls. Yeah, the movie tag. But the way he spelled it out, I thought it was something that he was. Yeah, I know. I'm saying the way he wrote it out, though, I thought it was. It's a movie that came out. Tag. I I think it's with uh, possibly with the guy who played Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner. Is that his name? I think that he might be in it. Uh, I I'm trying to think. T A G. uh, The awesome. I arrived at the local uh, Regal Thursday with my buddy, and the passes bought popcorn and pop, and tried to enter past the ticket taker. Well, turns out the passes were for Wednesday, and not Thursday after all. Have you ever? Gone into a theater and bought popcorn and pop before you even knew that you could get in the no. theater. That sounds like that should be the step after going to the ticket guy. I don't know how they work in Buffalo. I really backwards. don't know what's going on in that place. Backwards. Half backwards, sideways. In the eyes of Regal, you would have that by the looks I received. I had attempted espionage at the highest degree by simply mistaking what day the tickets were for. The entire situation was taken entirely too seriously, and instead we went and got drunk for two hours to avoid heading home with our tails between our legs. Hopefully at one point you hit each other and said, tag, Eric. Uh, I'll tell you, anybody who wants to go see a free movie, go to Quakertown. That Regal here, they never check tickets. They don't even have a guy there to check tickets. It's I used to be that guy. It's I used to be ridiculous. really hardcore into checking stuff. Oh, I'm telling you, the, what no, Brandon no, has no. said, that's you. Oh, little do you realize you make a big fucking to-do with it, too. Oh, you got popcorn and pop, have you? Have you? <laughs> well, looks like you're going to be drinking and eating in your car. I, yeah, I'm surprised they just didn't let him go in, really. <laughs> Nowadays, like, I, if I was Brandon, I'd be like, well, I'll go see this on the stick, you assholes. Books. Batman, well, that was a pile of shit. Amen. Batman, Hush versus Nightwing. Well, there goes my, all my excitement for the rest of these. Not quite <laughs> as big a pile of shit as the main Batman book, though. Has some parts. Uh, well, like we said, I, I don't know, and I still don't know, and I wonder if we'll ever know why we needed to get Hush 2.0 and his origin as well. Justice yeah. League. Did DC try to slide one by us and just re-release No Justice number one with extra content <laughs> featuring new villains? I'll go digital with this book and see out the first arc, but I want more, as in my more story, not more needless issues going nowhere, filling up my house. There he goes, Eric. LeBron James, three and six in NBA Finals, swept this year and twice overall. MJ and Kobe never swept. Less total finals loss combined. I know about that, Eric, huh? I also know that uh, I didn't even do any research, but I know that uh, Jordan actually had a bunch of first-round sweeps. So uh, I don't know if that's worse. And there you go, Eric. And LeBron's by himself there. People want to give LeBron credit for showing up. Let's start giving the Bills participation trophies for their Super Bowl appearances. Why don't we? And now, now you're acting crazy. That's just crazy. 
Brandon, he's won three. There you go. Three and six. As a wise man once said, if you ain't first, you're last. Shake and bake, he says. And and yeah, I'm just telling you, it's a little different deal. But the, the big thing now that I see going around is that LeBron has three rings. So does Steph Curry. So now is Steph Curry up there with the talk of greatest of all time? And he's not. But he's great, and we'll hear about them a little more. We have another mail later that's going to go a, a little more into the Warriors as well, Eric, because we are a sports podcast. Ike, fellas, and that is Brandon. And now we're going to go hey, off Brandon. with Eric. I'm, I'm actually interested in this tag movie now. I've been looking that up yeah. while you've been talking about your nonsense. Was it Jeremy Renner? And was yeah, yeah. that right? Yeah, see, I know some things, yeah. <laughs> the, the way he put it out, the tag actually had spaces. Where I'm like, <laughs> At nine uh, years old, a group of tight-knit friends, Hoagie, Jerry, Bob, Chili, Hoagie. and Kevin, cre- Chili, and Kevin created Chili. a game of tag that they played. Is it, what what are May. they? Is that a group in the movie, or are we talking TLC? Yeah. The hell is TLC in this movie? Years, it was the thing that brought them together, even though their lives took them in different directions. However, this might be the last, as it seems like Jerry, who's never been tagged, might quit. Oh, oh my goodness. I There's a new movie I'm working about. <laughs> Jim, and, Jim and Eric had a podcast together. They threw stones at everything, but then they they drifted apart. Could their love of hopscotch bring them back together? Only time will tell. Oh, we're we're going to do one of those, you know, anim, like anamorphers or whatever the fucking... Uh, Trans- oh, that's what it movies is. Where it's going to be freeze tag. Toss. Freeze <laughs> tag. Like, uh, flashlight tag. Tony, they, Tony they were young. flashlight tag. Eric Chili Shea was often uh, left out of all the games, but Jim, he was friends with Rudolph. I don't know. I was going to turn it into a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer story, but yeah, we're going to go off now. We're not going to go to a Marvel Minute, Eric. That's done. That is done. Brandon used to do a Marvel Minute. Then he lost track of time, and then you'll see when uh, – because we I'll have a Marvel podcast. Like He's going to end up doing a Marvel Minute then. Oh, you <laughs> we have a Marvel podcast, and the real reason – it's kind of weird because we're going to be talking about the Fresh Start books, which in general are the most interesting ones, and then Brandon and, and Trevor end up talking books that Brandon doesn't even want to read anymore. But yeah. also we have a Marvel podcast, and this is yeah. a DC one. So for now, uh, the Marvel Minute's over, and we're going to go off now to a lot of books with Reggie or possibly two, Eric, with us. Yeah. Alright, here we are. We are back. We're here for some reviews and some reviews from Reggie, not from Jim. Yeah. Some of my books. Holy moly. These are my None books. of my books going on here. Uh, and you have two books with us tonight as we yeah, do this. Yeah, this whole month is very weird, isn't it? You know, it's yeah, like, it is. Uh, I thought it was going to be all, you know, a bunch of weeks with very few books, and I think it has 
since a lot of yeah. them are on hiatus, it's definitely paused. Well, that's what I said to Eric. There's we also hiatus. have like a whole bunch of yeah. next week or then the week after. There's another. Yeah, whole we have that, episode. but yeah, you have the hiatus on some. A lot of my books, I have not had a lot of books to review lately. Now this week I had a bunch, but I had uh, because a lot of my books like hit uh, being monthly at the same time. So all of a sudden I got yeah. an issue, and then I, you know, I had a month between and things like that. So that kind of gave me a reprieve. But like you said, we've had some, you know, action comics is is not out yet. Superman, yep. like those are the hiatus, but we do. Titans have on hiatus, Steel. Birds yeah. of Prey canceled. Yeah, with that, and you have that we had Super oh, Sons kind of gone and stuff birds. like birds. Bop. Bop. The bop? Oh, my goodness. The bop is gone. That girl in the bop. <laughs> the bop. Uh, but also then out of nowhere, then we got Eric with a weekly book, very weekly. And then, Reggie, you weekly. have a, a weekly deal as well, uh, which is actually the first book that we're going to talk about. And with that, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you get right into it because I have my theories. My theory is basically the same. I, I basically should send everybody back to the end of last episode where mm-hmm. I just yell about the games that this Brian Michael Bendis, this guy likes to play the games. He's like Eric Shea. He likes playing play the games. Yes, quit playing games with my. That's, I'm just going to sing to him now. But yeah, go with it, Reggie. You give us the deal. It's The Man of Steel, number two, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Doc Shaner, Steve Rude, Jason Fabic, and Alex Sinclair. Do you remember the hype and the acclaim for Bendis? He quit comic books number one contender to join the smaller pond of DC. It was electric. Among the fans, there were plenty of skeptics. We know Brian likes more, and he lets his word balloons crowd the scene. Hey, 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 body uh Hey, do you remember, Badia? So worried about Bendis, Badia. His Superman is tepid, you'll see. Boom. I was going to join in a little. Badia! Like, something like that. I was going to. No. I'm not in the mood to sing right now. I'm in a bad mood. I'm, oh, sing. No. I'm not in the singing smooths. Uh, yes, yeah, the, the basic thing that I said last episode, if you weren't listening, where we talked about that number one issue, uh, is the idea of playing games. And he's still playing that game. It seems like this is going to be a six-issue game-playing uh, deal with him. And I don't know what he's doing. I really don't because of the idea. I said it before. I'll just do it a real quick deal because I really extended it last time. But the idea that he's coming over to a new company, he's taking over one of their – big two books he's grabbing that and making some very fan favorite authors go off of those books and now he's there and he's playing games and the whole thing that i center on is the idea that on twitter he said or in an interview said oh and then you know going with the whole twitter and people hating him and things like oh well after six issues they're gonna have to get on twitter and apologize and i said no you know what first off you you've been on twitter lately there brian michael bennis like no one no one will apologize nobody apologizes and and what you're doing then and there's people who are just going to hate for hate's sake eric yeah, shea over definitely. there one uh but no there are sure. people who love superman and love the idea of the superman that we've gotten since especially rebirth but even going back to the dcyou with the uh, lois and clark book uh that they have really fallen in love with the superman family where john lois and, yes. and clark and that's been the thing that's kind of driven them since then and when you show up and you're the new guy who's basically said i'm going to show up and, and whether it's behind the scenes whatever it may be what we see the perception is i'm on the book 
look, get those two motherfuckers out because this is what I'm coming over for and I'm the big shot. And then getting sick and a delay, all these things leads to you better start off. And, and I'm really shocked that you just didn't start off. If you're going to go forward with the idea that John's okay, Lois, and whatever – Go with that, but in this issue, you even throw in the caveat that, hey, they're strange. Lois and Clark are strange. Again, I do think that it's going to be one of those by well, the I mean, end. That, this it's is, spun this around. This is the reason to keep reading this series. It's, it, there's no other real tease except for well, there isn't, what, but happened, what happened to Lois and John. So he's That's fine for you. Little little you have a John Wayne. John Wayne's he's done. Fine. He's quit. I, I yeah, he's done. I, he's, I you know, listen, just, listen, there, there are... The, the the fandom of Superman is a multitude. You understand? There are many many ways to be a fan of Superman. Yeah, there is. And some people, uh, you know, they're they're this is not going to be to their liking. I think you know he is definitely playing games in the sense that he's drawing out this mystery in yeah. order. To yeah, I think it's fine. Continue getting the uh, comic, but yeah, again, if it's he, anything, also though he he does a lot of allaying people's fears by showing a lot of the familiar trappings of Superman, letting you know. This is the status quo. I'm going to have him more in the office. He's going to be yeah. doing more heroism. I'm not afraid to write him with Green Lantern. You know what I mean? Like no. it really, this, this to me is like Bendis auditioning for for the well, readers. Well, to know? me, that, that, it's that's, that's the problem though because you have the the biggest thing that this story has for it is the mystery of John and Lois. And like you know, while you get snips of that, the rest of the story is kind of boring. Uh, also, is, you know, when we don't deal with that part. Well, and also I have to tell you. In his interviews, he's also spelled out that he doesn't want to go when his run starts. I'm not going to go with these standard villains. I'm going to make my own, which you have the big villain in the background of this. So that thing with, you know, Toy Maker, things like that, that's just, that's fan service. He's throwing in Toy Man. He's throwing these in, and it's nonsense to me because it's, again, it's the, wow, look at me. I know Toy Man. Well, you know what? So do I. Barely. I call him Toy Maker just now. that's (laughs) That's a question. I think a lot of, you know, a lot of the questions he was getting from people before he started was, you know, are you even a fucking fan of Superman? Yeah, he and was he like, said oh, he yes, was. I'm a, but I'm here's, a terrific yeah. fan. But, yeah, yeah. and here's like, the thing. When we get one-shots from people who are in the writer's shop, you know, the workshop, and we'll have a – I can just tell you right now, we have a Batman issue by somebody, and they throw in a shark repellent. They throw in the right. – yeah, wink, wink, I know. That doesn't impress me. It doesn't – because you know a villain, you, you look it up. I see Steve Orlando. That guy's throwing villains out at you left and right and then ruins them or has something wrong with them. It, it, to me, that's not what I want. Want from this what i do want like you said i do want to know that he has the you know he has the voice of superman down i kind of think he does have that he he's yeah. a good enough writer i mean here's the deal he's a good enough writer and has written enough characters that he's going to be able to get on most any book and give you a you know an average story you know at the worst uh the problem is though is what he's giving you in this and like eric said you have the big story that he's avoiding and yet then the other stuff ends up just this fan service boredom stuff, and it's already starting to lead me to think that, okay, we're going to get more of this later. Like now he's going to go from this one issue that he has now. Now he's got to spread it to two whole books, and when he does that, I'm gonna, you know, really like I don't think he has well, enough yeah, story well, right uh, now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but but with speak. that too, I do think that as this is going on too, this is for John Wayne here and, and John Wayne only, but uh, or anybody. Harder. I think that we're already seeing the idea that this thing with Lois is a setup to draw 
villains out of the works. And I think the the girl is the villain and this whole thing. Robinson and it, Good? Yeah, Robinson Good, I think, because she's really interested in that out of nowhere. Like, oh, my God, this is what I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I think that a lot of this is a ruse to draw out the bad people who may know or wanted to find out that we find out in the long run that Lois was in danger. They did this to draw this out and things like that. And with that, I think that by the end, he's all Brian Michael Bennis also, whatever this plan is or whatever's going on, the way he's talking about it, I really do think that it's going to end up being a Lois plan that we're seeing here. So it makes Lois look even smarter. He's really, really going out of his way to say that people are going to apologize to him by the end. And I think to do that, you have to have it that Lois was the one who was the, you know, the smartest woman in the room, as she always is. And we'll go forward with that. Even just the idea of, you know, Perry might be in as well. I don't know. It would be odd. But even the idea like brought out, hey, you want to have her office? You know, just to bring that out and say that about the office. And you go, until you write like her, you can't get the office. It's odd that Clark doesn't have the office right now. I think this is all well, part of a scheme. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, I still well, think they, that they that was part of it. I still think that's part of it. Yeah, I, I just think that this is all part of a plan to try to draw people out, whoever it was that may have done something or wanted to do something lowest. I, I actually think that, you know, seeing this, it's just odd. But really, people are reading it, and you have some people who are going gaga and saying this is really, you know, oh, man, he really knows Superman. Problem is, knowing Superman to me is not that big of an accomplishment. This is one of the biggest characters that we have in all of fiction, even, uh, let alone just comics. And yeah, I, I yeah, hope you would that, know it. That, I hope you'd know it. There have been some takes on Superman. There, there, there is, but he's Mark had enough Hubert. time. If, if I get hired now and they give me six months, I'm going to spend all my days reading Superman. I could learn yeah. Superman just as much as the next sure. guy. There Absolutely. is a limited I, I, amount. I, I it might that's be what tons. He did too, which yeah. You know, even even if even if you have read Superman, you would definitely would need some brush ups on. Well, shit, oh yeah, so, well yeah, that's I mean, what I'm saying. He probably he studied, he did his work, he gets the deal, and again, he's a good enough writer that he knows how to write things and do that, sure. so he can go with it. And yes, I think that he also has his ear to the pulse of the street, and he hears people are right. You know, you read, uh, oh, like this thing says that Superman. The the problem they have is he never deals with say. A Green Lantern, a Hal Jordan, so he throws that in. So he's he's doing his work yeah. there, and well, I somehow he's tapping our work. Where I keep te- yelling, "You, when are we gonna get Toy Man back?" Yeah, yeah, I Toy Man. So yeah. I even read this, this issue is what I'm saying. But yeah, this are things that he is smart enough to kind Maybe. of see and do. Uh, Brian so Michael with. Bendis is Eric, and Eric Shea are one of the same. Yeah, maybe. Have you ever seen the same place at the same time? I don't know. And then it's funny too because I've never seen either of you. I think he's sitting there also, and he says, "Okay, I'm going to give Eric Shea toy man. I can't let this guy get so giddy." That he's gonna just let, so let's send this off to the Vegas system, and then Eric's back to normal. Like, uh, that even, cause Eric hates the Vegas system. Something fierce. Well, it's just he hates it. He, actually, it's Omega Men. It's basically, yeah, know, usually. The, the deal is though, you start off, and even with the deal, you also had the big villain that we, and, and you just kinda get, you know, talking about him and if he was involved in the Krypton and stuff. And I'm, I really, I'm not interested. I really am not. And I'm at the point now that it, it might backfire with them with a guy like me that if I, you know, we have to read and do this because of the idea of, you know, doing the podcast. But I think that by now in this, I might have checked out. So this, I read the second issue. I'm like, you know what? I'll just come back for action. And Where is your childlike sense of wonder? And there's none here, but I'm bored. 
I, this this is you're boring. Is what I'd say to this because <laughs> it really is. And and like you said, he's shown that he can get the voice of Clark Kent Superman. So I'll see you. I'll see you next month. I'll just get the regular deal. I'll find out because everything he's doing, you can't tell me that everything that this is leading to is not going to be resolved in the second half of the sixth issue. So I'll hear from that. Somebody will tell me what happened. Oh, by the way, Lois, John, they're okay. They're here. They're there. Okay, here, Superman Action Comics. I'll just go. This already, like you said, it, Reggie, the, one of the reasons why you grabbed this miniseries and wanted to do it was because of the John Byrne, you know, Man of Steel, that this is aping even the way it's coming out, the way it's transitioning. Right. I, I hope I never read that. I that hope it's not was, a, yeah, no, I that, hope it's not as boring as this. Yeah, of this doesn't feel big anymore. Superman. This uh, mainly feels like yeah. I'm I'm tuning in just to kind of see what's up with John. That's really the, all I The way that and original Lois. one was like, you know, this is the new yeah. you know, super and this is the new Luther. Every issue was like a new piece yeah, of that information sounds, like that new, sounds cool like you want to see basically this, it's this one is, is actually more of the uh, reverse it's more like look i i'm writing i can yeah. write a standard heroic i know how Superman. to do this yeah and uh, listen I, I i told you this on on dm and i cannot deny it feels good to see that it really does like we don't we do not get enough of just superman just fucking flying a tanker you know what i mean <laughs> saving saving a house full of burning that's fine. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but you're also giving us a weekly book that's six issues to yeah. big the big event leading into the deal, which this was, you know, I mean, they are, you want to talk games again, like, if we're just going to get, how about make this the adventures of Superman then? No, no, they're playing with the Man of Steel deal of John Byrne. They're really playing yeah. this game to make you think that you need to read every panel of every issue. I'm already bored. And, and half of this it's just not even repeat, but just and boring right. he, daily he, deal. Voice, you know, he like you said, so he he did show that Superman could be heroic. He was yeah. going to do the daily. I, it, one one issue, I got that. Yeah, so. and in this now, you're going to get the whole idea. Like, are we going to get Clark Catropolis that goddamn blog? Because now the whole deal is with Perry and the huh, those blogs and that internet and the the Instagrams. They're killing us. Well, if, and like, ah, goddamn cat, bringing us all down. Yeah, yeah, that cat, that's what I thought. It's Cat Grant. She's she's killing all of us. But yeah, with that, I I just I'm telling you, I know that you you definitely liked it more than me, and I know where yeah. you're going. I know what you're saying. I know that this is you're saying and and going I'm with the whole idea. I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways, and and you know your misgivings. I mean, overall, even though you know I came in with a with a pretty high score, I think yeah. I can't pretend like this was a gripping read. It no, was more it, like it was more satisfying, and in the way that it was like, all right, and it's, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be a mean because you know. Bendis can also write some mean fucking murderous assholes, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and, and like, he, he, he likes to get really rid of people, dislike. he likes to kill people he and all that stuff, yeah. He likes to kill people all the time, yeah. so uh, not seeing that, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, I'm a victim of the hype or whatever, the yeah. speculation, so so seeing that definitely, and like I say, the, you know, seeing the, the fight with Toy Man, I enjoyed it, I, yeah. I just enjoyed seeing him punch a giant robot, this is, you know, to me, basic Superman shit, however, it is. you know, the stuff of the Daily Planet is is more or less... The same scene as the last issue. Yeah, it's the issue. same you know scene I mean? that we got uh, and the, the DC We got nation. a little tiny sliver more of information about how Lois and John were zapped away just by nature of seeing whatever weird scarab monster, you know, did it. Yeah. Whatever the hell that thing is. I didn't, I didn't really understand what it was. And the fact that Bullfunga the Relentless is coming. Yeah, yeah. And, Rogozar. And, yeah. It's not yeah. Bullfunga? That's not Bullfunga. No, no it's Rogozar. <laughs> no, Bullfunga. Sure. And, and really with this also, though, we're saying all this, and I will sit here and say, 
Okay, everybody who wasn't, and I see a lot of people. I wasn't reading uh, Superman. I wasn't reading, so they jump in. Yes, you get, but what you're saying about being Superman, and you know, it's nice to be heroic and all. We did get that in the Superman book. We got that with, with, all the time Superman was trying to teach John to do that. Yes, we ended up having the road trip, which we thought was nonsense, but that was him being heroic. That, you know, you had all these things there. Action Comics had some other things going on or whatever, but even the fact that we just had a Booster Gold deal where Clark had to watch his family, you know, his Kryptonian family die and let it go because of the idea that it would change time and what whatnot, that's pretty heroic too. Yeah. I just, no, but- again, heroic in the point where you get the idea that Brian Michael Bendis gets it. I, I get that. Yeah. I, I do get it. And yes, it's nice to see what he's going to do but what you said also in the back of my mind is true that this is him trying to if this is his full out 100% effort to prove that he knows Superman and will have a heroic Superman, then I, I really worry about the, the going on because you, you just said we know that it's going to get darker. We know that he's going to go from here and you probably get, you know, well, you may get Jimmy yeah, Olsen lose a goddamn arm hey, listen, and, and stuff. He's got but, a new lease on life. You know, he, nah. the man almost died. Yeah, he did. But yeah, well, if this is 100%, I'm going to prove to you how much I love the character and everything about him, and then I'm worried because it, I don't get that. I get that this is a guy, number one, trying to convince us he knows. So it, it's very transparent to me when you have, you know, Toyman there. That is the wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Look what yeah, I know. You have sure. Hal show up, wink, I, wink, nudge, nudge. Hero? I thought Hero was really the Toyman we were yeah, running Toy with. Master. Yeah, he's the Toymaster. Oh, There's right, so many crazy deals. Uh, but like I said, it's just – if. This is the full-out 100% effort to do this. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know this, because I just I, re- I read you loud and clear. The thing a lot of and a lot of people listen to the show don't know this is that Jim is a huge Bizarro fan. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I right? have read one Tremendous really big. Yes, I have read a bunch of, of my favorite, favorite Bizarros. Comps. Yes, yeah, yeah. Bizarro. And you're worried that he's going to do something to mess yes. with Bizarro. I, yeah. I mean, I hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't do anything. Actually, I'll tell you what I'm worried about. I'm worried about one thing, that he's going to go forward and do two books, and they're both going to be boring as hell. That's what I'm worried about, that we're going to get books that are full of word bubbles and not much going on. And then when you say that and you're in a review like, man, you know, he doesn't know, you know, so whatever, all people are going to do, well, what do you mean? You had Toy Man back there. I'm like, that's back there. I need something going forward because, again, he said he doesn't want to rely on the past villains and stuff like that. And it just, I don't know. But yeah, but really. That, I'm telling you, I'm excited to see Toy Man right away when I saw this issue. But the thing is, Toy Man is taken care of immediately. And this is the first time we've seen Toy Man in years, besides for how it was hinted during Superman Rebirth, that Winslow's shot was going to be coming back into continuity. Yeah. I've been waiting for that ever since. And he's like, ah, dismantle this robot. Winslow, yeah. you could be doing so much better with like things with your, like, your, your intelligence. I wish you would. Fuck you, Superman. Okay, off to jail with you, Winslow. And yeah. we're done. Toy Man is finished. I don't know when the next time we'll see him again is. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I'm, I'm a little worried. And yeah, really, let's, we're, we're yelling and screaming at each other. And really, the <laughs> issue, well, we didn't really talk much about it, but not much goes on. I mean, you continue, like you said, you continue the stuff at the Daily Planet where Perry's yelling yeah. and screaming, hey, we well, need so, some so stories. What, we need some stories. One story. thing that really got me is that, you know, when, when we saw this pantheon of space celestial, whatever the hell they were, the circle. I yeah, thought maybe, yeah. you know, they were all, like, really obscure DC characters. No, they're not. They're all fucking made up, you know, yeah, except yeah. for the Guardian, and, you know, that's it pretty much. Oh, no, that's not, no, no, no. Like, the King Meander, it's Starfire and Blackfire's father, you know, and Sardath is, like, you know, the the, the scientist of Onron. 
Dude, you got all these people. Yeah. These guys up and who the hell they were. Nah, I, I, but again, you have that. <laughs> what you know, we don't know. They're they're the big you know be all end all of deciding the universe and things like that. And Krypton gets destroyed anyway. And and that's the thing that we were led to believe that whole all this was going to give you a different version. And it's still he still could. But you're like yeah. no no, and it's a, such a weird it concept to, to me. Rolgal Zara had something to do with it, or uh, the, that's yeah, that, you know, or that's in the it, even if it didn't, I hate the idea where you have the guardian. He's like, listen, you know, you're mad about Rolgal Zara, and you're yelling and screaming about him, but you think he can destroy a planet? Well, now he's going to come for you. So because he's bad, you shouldn't say anything. And it's like really like a let's sweep it under the carpet because he can't be taken care of in the past and let's hey, just really he's in the hope that he yeah. died with crypto yeah. so we don't have to deal with this and it's such anymore. an odd concept to go forward with because we obviously we know he didn't but you yeah. have to have a way that they just like all right let's wipe our hands of this i wish it was more along the lines of the which i thought it was going with the idea of listen we done fucked up. We, we should never have gotten this guy to be with us. And if people find out we are fucked, they are going to come after us. We look bad. So let's just – maybe even you even have a thing like we they kind of knew because Krypton – People kind of knew. I mean, if you, you listen to Jarrell, you'd know that it was, you know, might go. Maybe you find out that they kind of pushed him towards Krypton and then it destroyed. That was their way to try to get him out. And then you kind of go and then it didn't and now he's pissed. But this idea of the, you know, right now when he comes back and he's already back, you know, in some of these where uh, these, these guys are, are really in trouble. Like they should yeah. be. They should be held accountable for. I don't think they will be. Uh, but yeah, you just have that. And then you go and again. They made an oopsie. That's all. They did happened. make an oopsie. I would have liked that they mistake. realized the oopsie and tried to kind of do things, and that kind of led yeah. to the whole idea of they were the just like, deal. You know, just walked away slowly. Yeah. Yeah, just let's pretend. I mean, they're like, you know, I won't talk about it. If you don't, let's get going. And then you go, and the Daily Planet, and that's the weird thing. is like you go to the Daily Planet, and this is where – this is the Clark Kent stuff. So when you hit the Daily Planet, you think to yourself, okay, this is where I want to know about Lois, especially Lois and John. But Lois is obviously connected to the Daily Planet, so we're going to learn some things. And we don't, and it's so long-winded to get there. But it is the whole deal with the, you know, the gossip columns. We're going to do this. We're going to do Trish that. Q. Yeah, yeah, and we're we're going to do that. And that's like the end to get the idea that this is where, you know, oh, a strange. I I think this is all a lie. Even though when you still see what happens to John and Lois, I can't see why what's going on because again, I keep going with the fact that if Lois and John are out and about kidnapped gone what what, superman is not going to show up to write a story about arson at the daily planet he is going to be going and and fuck that daily planet i gotta find lois and john so i still have have to think that he knows well that's what i'm saying this is they it's a ruse it has to be if it's not i'm done i'll I'll fucking slice somebody well if they are still seems that john and lois have been taken off the board to keep them safe at this point and the sad part is superman has to go with it and come up with these stories like you know oh lois is doing this book thing oh we're estranged of marriages and let's get that's what i'm saying 
and he's it, it has to be the brunt of this emotion. Yeah. It's killing him a bit, you know, because he has to man up and be Clark Kent and Superman and act like nothing's really bothering him. Yeah, again, what, what, where do these people come in, and where does this whole deal with the idea of, you know, the I want to find out more about this. This is the story we need. We need it. We need it. We need it. And you know, I, I will have to see. But even with that, you just go. And yeah, you have Toyman, you have Hal, and it's just fan service to me, and he's just giving you little bits, but at the end, this isn't a must read to me, the second issue. And I oh, really no. thought, like, like you said, Reggie, with that John Byrne, even not having read that, I really thought that this was gonna be one of those books where each issue you're like, holy crap, you better read that. And yeah. this one, you, you pretty much can skip. I mean, you, you didn't learn anything really that new. Essentially, what you get is the idea that in the present day now that, you know, Krypton's destroyed, nobody knows what happened to Rogozar with the whole cosmic circle. And in present day, Rogozar shows up at a bar and he yeah. sees a little pendant hanging from something, you know, where somebody has made a Superman symbol from his time on Earth or whatever. And he realized it's Kryptonian and he finds yeah. out the story of Superman, which is going to lead him to Earth. There was a lone survivor, a child sent yeah. there from Krypton. And now Rogozar is going to go to Earth. Weird deal is we've already seen in the Action Comics 1000 him on Earth attacking Supergirl and Superman. Yeah. So there's nothing that's shocking. There's nothing that, oh, no, he found out. We know this. If you read Action Comics 1000, we've already seen him get there and start beating the crap out of Superman and and Supergirl. So there's, you know, to me, it's just – that bothered me the most is this whole idea where, you know – Perry White goes on then after that when Clark's telling him about, oh, I got this great Superman story fighting Toy Man in Coast City. And Perry's like, you know, bearing a soul about how times are changing, newspapers are dying. We got, you know, Cat goes out there with the, like, everybody's a reporter nowadays. Yeah. And when Trish Q comes in and says, look, we got a story already. You know, what, like, you know, why is Lois Lane and Clark Kent, like, a strange, like, Nobody gives a fuck about reporters' no. marriages. What no. are you talking about? This is a bigger story than Superman fighting And the weirdest thing, she even says, like, she even says, she goes, Lois is kind of famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, and she love is. But yeah. Clark's and even suit. that, like, some Isn't of the things, that, yeah, I, just the other things that annoy me, you're going through and then you see, you know, where he's hinting at the deal, like he's giving you a little deal, like, oh my God, is that doomsday? Where <laughs> you see the reflect, but we know it's not. We, we no. know it's not and all this. So yeah, I, I just end up like, yeah, what, whatever. But tell me what happened at the end and I'll go with that. But, uh, the art's good and it's good enough. Yeah, uh, you got a lot of artists on here. Yeah, it jumps them. around. Yeah. I really love to see the couple of pages by Doc Shaner. Those, that's also the one with great, with the Green Lantern. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but also Steve Rude does a, they all do, they, everyone does a good job. Yeah, I think and it's even Steve Rude that does uh, the next one, right? You can see the art change. I never yeah. felt taken out no. of the story by it. You know, I'm it, telling it you is, that the yeah. art when that, that ship shows up. I also up. love to see the, uh, of course, juggling ambush bug on, yeah. uh, yeah, I know. in Taffy's West at the I just far end like, of the Vegas sh- system. Again, there's another wink wink that, oh of my course, god, I put ambush bug in. But he winked at me. Yeah, he winked at you. Don't you like getting winked at? Did anyone ever wink? No, he winked at me with Toy Man. Yeah, again, uh, nobody's winking at me here. I think that's Uh, what I'm upset about. No one's flirting with Jim. Nobody's flirting with me. I'm an ugly old man. Nobody's going to flirt with me. There you go. There's Brian Michael Bendis. The guy is a a doughy fucking bald old man, and he still won't flirt with me. (laughs) I I can't can't catch a break. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he's winking at me when I saw the uh, Trish Q poster in the background. Uh, no, no. Next Lombard. to Lombard. Lombard's yeah, there. Lombard. There you go. You a Lombard. wink at me. Yeah, yeah, I love him. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm always talking to that Lombard. Where's, where's Bibbo? That's all I need. He'll, he'll be oh, next no, issue. God forbid, he'll be there. 
talking this nonsense. And like, hey, and then they'll have Hope somebody like, what are you, right out of 1948? Hey, there, the bibbos. Well, you know, I hope, they, hope they bring back the 90s Newsboys Legion. Yeah, I love that shit. I'll tell you. You and you. Yeah, then the, that's not winking at you. That's giving you a hug and a kiss. Well, yeah, what, what, did you, what did you give I'm just going to get a hop in my lap after that one. Yeah. Uh, well, so I enjoyed this more than you guys, you know, the the or at least more than you, Jim, the uh, you know, complaints, the, the concerns that you have, I think, are correct. However, I can't deny that I just had a good time overall reading this. It definitely is not necessary, uh, I think, at this point to advance the story. You really get two pieces of information, which is that Bolfunga, the Relentless, is on his way. Bolgozar! And, uh, and, yeah. uh, uh, you know, that the, the claim is that Lois is estranged. That's the, that's the public yeah. skinny on the matter. Yep. Beyond yep. that, you really just get, like, I, I thought, you know, not amazing. This is these aren't like memorable Superman moments, but pleasant and satisfying Superman moments that made me happy. Plus Doc Shaner. Love that guy on Superman. I wish he could draw it all the time. Bless his heart. So I gave this just like last week an eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going six out of ten. Um again, it's just there for me. And yeah, I get the idea that he's gonna be able to write Superman, he's gonna get his voice, but I never thought he would. Like I said, I, you know, you have you guys that hate Brian Michael Bendis, you have the people that like him, and where you get the idea where, you know, I talk to Brandon. Brandon's on the hate train. Brandon will tell you I hate, and he'll have reasons, but I don't think he'll ever say, like, oh, he doesn't know the voice of a character. It's that you, you just constantly hear that voice over yeah. and over and over. So I, I don't know that this, the idea of getting this where I thought, yeah, we're going to see, you know, the idea. He's only just playing this game and he's also you know oh look i know the cat i want something that i can grab onto and really have fun going with and I, i'm just not seeing it here and it's it's kind of boring after two issues and these should be the ones that are trying to get everybody on so i actually think that now after what he considers these two exciting issues now we're gonna have to go and get three issues of you know set up for that big uh, last if, issue if, and if it gets more quiet than this it's gonna be pretty well cool. and with that that I do think that some, one of the reasons why also this is happening is it's not all his fault. It's kind of what we get with every book. I mean, this is not like he's come over to DC and you're reading this two issues and thinking like, boy, like he's he's really bringing the Marvel way over here. He's doing this. That no, this is very similar to say how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. It's very similar to Aquaman. These books are very much set up like this, comic wide it seems. And for an idea of the big wow, boom, let me show you what I got. I'm going to fucking kick ass. It just doesn't seem that that day is here anymore. You have to get, first off, you have to extend it in six issues. And I don't think he wants to show his hand for what he's going to play out in the regular run. So we're just going to kind of mess around and really not move forward at all. So because, And I do like the art. Yeah, I'll agree with you, Reggie, that with all the artists and some, you know, there's some better than others. But mm -hmm. I, I didn't leave the issue going, man, you know, this isn't like we had Riley Rossimo at the beginning of, you know, No Justice, where you're like, what am I looking at? Like, you know, and you go with that and it, it's jarring. This wasn't jarring, but it's just, you know, everything just led to me being like, okay, whatever. I And, and to me, just talking to the people that we talked to. The, the fervor for this and the excitement, it's already dying down. It really it's is. It's dying it's down. And yeah, wait. you'll have people who like yeah. it, but even when they like it, they're just like, I, I mean, liked really, it enough. Really, whatever, a lot of people, I've seen a few people saying, uh, you know, one more issue. This yeah, is, which makes that. sense because 
If you don't like it after the third issue, well, then yeah, don't fuck with but, it. But because if you the buy the problem, fourth, though. you might as well just wrap the damn But up. here's the weird thing is that, and I, I already said, like, I tune out. Like, for me to say, like, really, like, listen, I'm done. I'm not, You're pretty much now you're giving up on one of the best characters at DC. Like, this isn't just me saying, like, oh, <laughs> I don't like this guy's run. Because now we're going off to two books, two of the bigger books. And yeah. for me to go, like, ah, fuck it. It, it it worries me because this You're taking is taking two books that were working is the is, yeah. the, is the real and they fear. weren't I mean, selling let me tell incredibly, you, if, but if they it were was working. Jumping off on Superman at the end of Gene Luen Yang's, you would have been popping the champagne corks because yeah yeah oh you know, if, if this was the truth this is the problem change, you know what I mean you would have been yeah if this see. was the beginning of rebirth and you just went through Superman the truth then I'd yeah. be loving this. I'd be all up. I'd be like, holy crap, this is the best. But it's not. And like you said, the books weren't broken, but now you've added him in to be this big thing. Like, this is the big get, and now we get this, and I'm kind of just bored. And maybe my hype was a little too high for what I thought it was going to be or hoping it would be. But what would you give it, Eric? I'd give this issue a 6 out of 10. I like the art overall. It's just I'm all in for the, like, you know, the, uh, the whole idea of, like, getting behind Krypton and this whole freaking um, – Rogel Czar thing, the, the destructor of Krypton, possibly he's going after all the Krypton. I like the idea. We're not there yet. We've only got little snippets so far. I find it interesting enough. I want to see where that goes, and I need to know what happened to Lois and John. It's just everything else in this book is boring, and I, I've, I've been reading Superman for a long-ass time. I know Superman saves people. I don't need to have the majority of the issue yeah. to show me that Superman is Superman. Get on with your story and tell me what you want to tell me. Don't prove yourself. Just do it. But, like, you know, the majority of this was boring. My, you know, excitement for this is going down. But 6 out of 10 is what I'm going to give this issue. I hope issue number 3, the midpoint here, like, you know, picks it up 3 and yeah, 4. Yeah, maybe really it will. Story going. I don't know. Yeah, maybe the next issue will be balls to the wall. It'll be great, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm just worried. I'm just I'm just a little bored, and I didn't want to be bored with this. I yeah. really wanted to be excited. And, and again, this is where, you know, it ties in when me and Eric talk, like when I decided way back in the New 52, hey, Eric, I'm going to start reviewing that Stormwatch. And, and I want to I want to jump on and be the one guy who gets it or the one guy who's going to have fun or say, you know what, this is a guilty pleasure, things like that. When Brandon's bad-mouthing Brian Michael Bennett so much, I do have to tell you, I want to like it so that I can argue with Brandon. I of really course. can't. Take that, Brandon. I, yeah, huh? you just, you Buffalo people, you don't get it. But no, he kind of <laughs> gets it. He kind of does. Though I think his hate is way more. But again, he's been burned so many times. Uh, yeah. You know, that's what happens. But yeah, I just... I just want I want to have some fun with it. I'm not having that much fun, but we're going to move on to your other book, Reggie, and it's a book that really is built to be fun, and I might be talking the same tune by the end of that, yeah, but what this, is it? This one was weird this uh, time, too. It's Harley Quinn, number 43, written by Christopher Sabella, art by Mirka Andalfo and Gabe Altayeb. I don't want to be a psychiatrist like I used to. I don't want to be a philanthropist like I used to. Don't feel trapped. Oh, come on. I done snapped. Oh, come on. I want a reboot. Oh, come on. That's right. That's right. I said Harley, but we're all crazy now. I said Harley, but we're all crazy now. You get the idea. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're having <laughs> so this we, problem. So what happened in this book that I did not really 
get. I assume <laughs> that what we're doing, we're picking up from before Paul Dini's two issue prequel, yeah. whatever the fuck that was. And we seem to be wiping away the continuity where Harley is not insane. I, I, I'm telling you, the problem is, is, is I, I don't know. And with that, I mean, we know that uh, Sam Humphreys is jumping on the book. He's taking her to Apocalypse. So oh, when God. she gets to Apocalypse, she's going to have powers. She's going to have a magic hammer, all this nonsense. So I, I just think what we're getting here are, are a couple issues that mean nothing. <laughs> and yeah. this is what's happening. This is what we're getting pretty much for the most part right now in the DCU. Uh, we're getting this in spades where we a talked about earlier. We have a lot of, we have the same place, deal, yeah. Green Arrow. We have a two issue deal before the Bensons jump Green on. Green Lanterns. We have Green Lanterns. Well, we have a two issue deal before, uh, uh, Dan Jurgens jumps on. We had the same thing before with Nightwing, before Ben Percy. And what is going on here to me and what, uh, the roundabout way that gets me upset is that, that is just poor planning. You, you are, kicking people off the books and it, it does seem as if that i don't know that any of these people like have quit like tim seeley didn't tim seeley had no idea he was off of green lanterns until the issue came out that was his last and then went yeah. up holy shit or actually when the solicits came out it seemed like it was one of those things where a sports guy's trade it and finds out from the news not from anybody right. else dc is ending up getting rid of guys and doing this without the uh, also you know, you want to keep going? Brian Hill's deal was extended. He needed more time, so then you had to have a two-issue deal. We keep having these new creative teams jump on, but we need these two-issue deals to give them time to do it. Again, is this better than what we were getting with, say, a Frank Thierry before? Was no. was, was no, what we all. just got tonight, Eric, better in Green Lanterns than what we were getting with Tim no. Seeley? No. They're not. And so what you're doing is you're uh, subtraction by subtraction by – you end up doing these things where you're making books where you want to get people excited for these new guys jumping on. Sam Humphrey's, you know, he's not my favorite, but you're really pushing. I see them pushing like, oh, my God, this is a Harley story you're never going to see. You're never going to see this again. She's going to be on Apocalypse. She's going to be a a fury. She's going to do this. People get excited, and then they get this garbage before that and like, boy, if this is what this book is, I, you know, I'm done. Or you have people who have been reading it all along and they keep getting this nonsense and like, I'm done. I'm done with this. And I just don't understand why we're doing this. We have plan things out. Do these things where if you're going to get rid of somebody or do something, plan it. that fourth world, though. That's the thing. They love that. that And even with that, though, if that's where you're going, then why aren't we getting it now? Why didn't you plan it out? If you wanted Sam Humphreys to be on this book and then you hired him and he's like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to – I'm going to need till August. Figure out the issues you have. And there you have Frank Thierry who's got a thing going on, whatever. And maybe he didn't want in. Maybe he did this and he's out. But still, there's too many books where there's creative team changes and then we have these fill-in arcs. Definitely. I'd say say, why don't you plan things out could be the uh, catch line for – What's going on in DC for the last few yeah, months? Like, yeah, is it is. Like, all of a sudden, you have any, no like, justice. Be- yeah. plan at all? No, because you have, and at all, Doomsday Clock that's delayed, so now you need no. Ch- it goes down the line, and, and yeah, it's it getting infuriating. Cascader. And what basically you get from these, and I don't know if anybody disagrees or agrees, what you end up getting are basically two issues that they're like annuals. 
You get these nonsense right. stories that mean nothing. So when you have this here and you're asking, it wipes this out. I, I'm not going to go with anything. This is just a bullshit story to fill a gap before you get to the one you're pushing. I don't see DC out there giving these big ads and things about Chris Sabella's two-issue arc on Harley. I you see them. You see Chris Sabella and, me, yeah. and Harley meet Professor Pig for the yeah, first time, I, even though I don't she should see know who that. Professor Pig is. They are DC themselves are already looking over Chris Sabella's shoulder to see if, if Sam Humphreys has arrived at the party, and, and he hasn't. <laughs> so you get this. And I can't take that seriously. Again, we, we end up getting the review copies. We review basically every book. We try to talk about that. These are things where I know for a fact that if I was buying these and I said, oh, uh, what's going on? The Bensons, when are they on the Green Arrow? Oh, they start in August. Okay, so what see you're telling me is see in August. the next two issues are going to be bullshit. Even if they're written well, they're going to be bullshit. So I'll see you in August. Like Eric said, I'll see you then. Uh, because this, and this is what this is. And you get these, you don't know when they were written, why, how, whatever. But, yeah. you know, they, they're not on Apocalypse yet. I know that. But tell me about the issue, Reggie. Tell me all uh, about this issue. Essentially, uh, Harley seems to be uh, still recovering from having kicked everyone to the curb. Those two, like, uh, what was that, back in April? Although she did get back together with everybody. But yeah, she got back together with everybody, she's but now she's not. She's gone yeah. completely crazy now, which I, I really have trouble with because... Pomiati and Connor really built her into someone that isn't crazy. She even has a day job as a fucking psychiatrist. Yeah. And she, you know what I mean? Like, she's definitely loopy. She's out of control, but she's not psychotic. This is, this is someone that is having like psychotic breaks, yeah. seeing beasts, you know, that's having sort of a carnival of souls, Jacob's ladder type thing going on where she sees these, uh, ghostly nuclear yeah. faces showing yeah. up. And eventually she, she's following a, what she thinks is a conspiracy against her. Uh, by following these clues and kind of stumbles on uh, an actual thing happening where Professor Pig is in town in New York turning people into Dollatrons. And the way she finds out is to find a defective Dollatron, which is like... Well, even even the way that we get there where she, go, she goes to the deli that was robbed and she thinks, that, oh my God, they must be coming after me because they went after my favorite deli. Roots through the garbage, finds a piece of paper that says Harley Quinn on it. On the other side, it says Zare Store... Which we then find out through like you know different means of beating up different gang members. Oh, that means destroy in German. And then she just keeps going around beating up the center places until she finally comes across a guy in an alleyway from I don't know was it longitude latitude they yeah, found him yeah. and a guy who was a dolatron who wanted to kill himself and she saves him. Oh, like let me show you who did this to me. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you said, unrelated. Like I, I, I think the scrap of garbage was just. Coincidental, it was unrelated to any. You well, know, and like you said, well, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. But this yeah. whole like wrap around this whole thing where I'm just watching Harley dig through this, terrify these people at the store to go beat up people to get information that may or may not deal with anything because I don't know what the frame of the story is besides for her just being crazy and beating people up to the point where we find Delatrons and all I'm wondering what's with these goddamn ghosts following you that you're afraid of? Yeah. Yeah, that's and, and, psychosis, man. Well, and with that, you say about this, you know, being crazy or whatever. Again, th there is the generic bit where you're just you, you, you're going to write what you you can write and kind of what you know. And this is like this is almost like we say about you're going to have Superman act heroic. There you go. You get the boy. You're going to have Harley act crazy, but even though you're you're kind of pushing aside. 
uh, all the work that was done for it, but also, to me, all the work that's going to be going forward because it really does look as if this Tom King thing with the sanctuary, Harley's going to be the you know in-house psychiatrist there, uh, the way it's kind of set up. So you're kind of playing around here for no reason. I, there's no sort of deal, and we'll see. I just it, It's not even that interesting anymore, and I can't even say the big thing with us, the big joke was – if you like Harley, you're going to like this. I don't even know. Can you really say that anymore? Oh, no, no, no. no. If, no if I, like not. I said, if I was a Harley fan, I would be fucking livid right yeah, now. Because everything yeah. I've loved about Harley for however many years now, five years, been out, you know, yeah. so long, has just been wiped away right here. And, and yeah. here she's like, so she's creeping into, you know, she hears about Professor Pigs in town. She's creeping around. She crashes in. And there's the Reaper with his thing. And Reaper is a Golden Age character who also did come back in the 90s for that, uh, year two thing or whatever but okay. uh it's like that's nice uh, obscure weird dc characters for the fucking people that just want to see harley hang out with eggy like what's i don't know i don't understand yeah, why I they're know. changing the winning formula here you know you had something that worked and now you're just going directly I, against it i don't really. even understand the plot because we're going after professor pig then all of a sudden when we go into the sewer the floor collapsed beneath them and we have the reaper and his gang of reapers i'm like what are we doing <laughs> See, yeah. see, well, what I think is happening here is that she's stumbling onto more and more crazy actual things happening in Gotham. No, no, it isn't in fun. New that, York. That's the thing. But but yeah. that, but that's in that's right in, in New York. Not even so. Like, why are these people in New York? But I don't think it's it's not like it's fun. But I think the idea is supposed to be, uh, you know, despite herself, she's she's a uncovered. series of unfortunate events. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a it's a what do they call her? A Harley Snicket. Yes. Yes. I just want to have fun. And this book yeah. should just be fun. And it's not. And Eric said it, it was tough to get through. You're reading talking, it. I don't know how Harley Quinn is one of the toughest books for me to get through where I'm reading it. And I, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to be halfway done now. And I'm like, I'm, I'm on page four. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, eh? And then that's when I said, yep, I am halfway through. Boom. Girl, <laughs> Girl I'm done. It's just not fun. And that, this I, is I the like problem. the art. It's just not a good time to fucking read it because I'm telling you, you want to talk about Brian Michael Bendis filling everything with goddamn word balloons. Yeah, this is Anybody so who wordy. writes Harley fills up half the fucking page with word balloons. There's a lot yeah. of fucking word balloons in that yeah. book, boy. Ooh, yeah, you I what. mean, you know, you, you say a couple you okie dokies and you're, you're done. <laughs> it's just nonsense. But what'd you give it, Reggie? Uh, on the side, I was feeling very positive. I must have been off of that Man of Steel high or whatever yes. it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was feeling pretty good. You know, the art, like I said, I really do like the art a lot. I think Mark Aldonfo. There's a couple of things yeah. there with textures I like the that, art. He did that were pretty cool, like making some light refracting things. Uh, but I, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. This thing is a six all day. I don't know what the hell yeah, I was thinking. Yeah, I'm even going a little lower. Uh, the problem is I'm going through. And I, I'm squinting, and yes, I, when I can kind of see between word bubbles, I think the art's really good. <laughs> but um, boom! But yeah, no, I think the art's great. Actually, I really do like the art. But uh, yeah. it, you, you shouldn't have a Harley book be like Eric said, the the You're hardest bored. one to get through. You have a lot of things you can play with. You have a lot of crazy characters and things to do, and you end up doing this. And then also, like, you know, you have Professor Pig. I mean, you have some, Professor Pig showing up in a Harley book. You can have some fun with that. You don't yeah. have to be nonsense like this. Well, so even, even the idea of the Reaper, I'm like, I don't think the Reaper's been around since the 90s as far as I, I remember. And – I don't care. I'm not with yeah. the guy Even that Reapers. wasn't like a super well-beloved uh No, story but it's just cool to see either. at times, though. Yeah, yeah, and, and have some fun with it. 
do something with it. I well, don't that know. is basically the character in Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. Is, is, yeah. The Phantasm is an allegory for the Reaper. Yeah, but that's well, this is but now alle- the Phantasm this is its own thing. Now this it's is, an app yeah. that goes inside your skin and nothing. Yeah. This book's an allegory for nonsense, but I'll give it a 5-5 five, five because of the art. I won't give it an FU5 because I did like the art. Uh, Eric, what do you give it? I'll give this issue a 4.5 out of 10. Oh, my goodness. I really enjoyed the art in this issue. Yeah. It was boring as shit. And I'm telling yeah, you, I really expected, okay, we're done with the Paul Dini stuff. I get back to the normal Harley book because I want to have fun with this book. I'm not having any fun. That should no. not be something that happens in this title. And, and that's the problem is, is I, you know, we're not super Harley fans and I don't know, you know, they're out there obviously, but are they out sure. there enough that, you know, to me, you have Harley as this book. If it, if you have a couple issues that aren't fun, I think you bail. And the sales are down. I mean, they're going down. Yeah, they're still. I mean, well, I mean, we've we've been going down this road for kind yeah. of a little while here. You know what I mean? Where it's been on the decline. It has uh, been. I, I think about that all the time. That you know, I'm not a Harley fan, but if I was someone, I I could see. You know, obviously there is a fan base, and I could see you know where where that fan base is. And just as a fan of comics, you know, if I if I'm a fan of a comic, whatever, New Superman, let's say, I don't want to fucking open the comic and not see New Superman, not see. Yeah. Well, by by she the, the characters that I want to see that I like you know like this is why we yeah. follow these characters so uh, to change so drastically and plus actually come to think of it there was also last it was future Harley was the last issue we left off with Frank Thierry yeah, yeah. So well yeah and that was nonsense the old old lady Harley and the uh, you know the planes yeah, yeah was, just it, with that or, nonsense but yeah this book. Out. This book needs to kind of, I, I don't know. It, it, it's we're going to not bother anybody We're going to get Sam Humphreys, though, so we'll see how that is. At least that's, you know, a premise that seems crazy enough. But like you said, fourth world, that's what you're going with. Like it's You're going to reinvigorate things with the that? The kids are like, oh, I hope we see great goodness here. Well, you heard yeah. she was designed after Phyllis Diller. Yeah, yeah. And with that, too, <laughs> you have the idea where they're like really – Bet, you know, hinging all their bets on a Sam Humphreys who, I, if you're looking at sales, the Green Lantern's book never really sold well. That was his big, then he went on to Nightwing. That didn't sell well. He isn't, this yeah. isn't a guy who's, you know, solid gold. Uh, so I, I when really you go. Think he just, he wanted to save his job and just want, like we always talk about, he went to dad to do. I want to put Harley on the fourth world. All right. You're in. Hired, done. Yeah, That's you're it. in. There you go. You're in, because Dan Didioli eats that shit up. But uh, what are we going off to talk about now, Reggie, you and Chris? We are going to talk about Shade the Changing Woman number four, which Shade. actually begins the second half yeah. of the second season. Yeah, so it's, it's winding down, uh, you know, right. what it is. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to hear about that. We're going to go uh, there now. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the WeirdScienceDCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one Young Animal book to read for you today. Which one is that? 
Well, it's the first one of the second half of the second <laughs> season of Young Animal. Uh, we've got Shade the Changing Woman number four. It's called Living Doll. Written by Cecil Castellucci with art by Molly Zarcone, Andy Parks, and Kelly Fitzpatrick. Lettering by Seda Tamafante. So uh starts out, Rack and Shade are in the madness and notice that a hole has been ripped in it. Which is new, a new thing, and yeah. Rack's very annoyed by this. Uh, after a bunch of brief flashbacks, Shade realizes that the Cray are on their way. Uh, she's scared, however, without her heart, she doesn't care, which is a strange emotion to have. Hmm. She then tells Rack to go F himself and leaves the madness zone, and it's pretty much it for Rack, it seems like, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's written off. Written uh, we, get, we get an adorable definition of insanity riff here as she returns to the real world. There's kind of a whole captioning going on. Uh, and she recounts her regrets and hopes there's enough time to at least say goodbye. We shift scenes to join Teacup, who's visiting with Seema's mother. Seema was that mean girl who was murdered by the punk last issue, the punk who is actually... Infused with a Megan, Megan yeah. that's the thing. Uh, Teacup learns that Seema was a painter and had a very familiar style. She's got those weird madness paisleys in her painting. So mm-hmm. River texts her, but she ignores the guy. Yeah, and then we jump over to join River, who is uh, in his DCHE outfit, that uh, whatever the alien hunting gear yes, he was wearing there. That's right. And he's and he's hanging with his boy, and the boy <laughs> tells him not to sweat it. The whole teacup not replying thing, because people tend to grow apart. Well, what are you going to do? We get a brief bit with Lepuck, who looks to have just been handed a Green Lantern costume by Kilowog. And he is named the Green Lantern of Sector wherever the hell Meta is. Where Meta is. Although he seems even here, he's like, I don't know if I'm ready yet. (laughs) Yes. Also, isn't it weird that he gets handed a costume? I thought that was just a a construct of of the ring, but okay. (laughs) And, uh... We will we'll spoil it here. This is the most interesting panel of the entire <laughs> Yeah. Uh, now, elsewhere, we have Wes, if you remember Wes. He's having a chat with Toby Flenderson from The Office about his hopes and dreams as it pertains to his role with the ASEA, that fake NASA knockoff there. Yep. And uh, he says that he would like to go to Mars. No, I didn't catch that Toby Flenderson. Uh, yep, with the I, Costa Rica mug and everything. I don't watch. I, you you are a much more repeated watcher of The Office, but I, <laughs> I did true. watch it when it first was out. All right. Uh, then Shade becomes a bus stop uh, mm. or like morphs into it or somehow uh, something goes on there. Uh, she tries to alert some folks that the Cray are on their way. But, you know, I think you've come up with the proper motto. Yes, the cray the are on, on their way. way. You know, that's like prepare yourselves anyway. Uh, but she scares them with a giant crayfish. But it has mixed results. One woman, the one woman looks horrified. Another guy looks like he's laughing. He's at laughing. It, you know? <laughs> I guess that's that madness for you. It just makes you go cuckoo. Uh, seeing as though only a relative handful of folks will hang out at that bus stop, Shade then takes over a wall of televisions in a store window, and then crayfish busts through that. Uh, but this, but people are reacting to it. That's what. It, this isn't yeah. just happening in a madness zone, right? That, that was my impression. Yeah. It's not um, just something that the reader is seeing. It's exactly. actually being seen by observers. This book definitely plays with that, you know what I mean? Where you, we're not positive what it, what people see yeah. and what they don't. But yeah, they're definitely seeing giant crayfish, which I think would be uh, newsworthy. Mm. So uh, nearby, a, ma- a mailbox also gets a Paisley makeover. Then a Paisley uh, done up package arrives at Teacup's door. She opens it. And there's a shade that changing woman doll in there. And she takes this as a sign. She tried to make peace with River, and she does. After talking to the doll and not getting any responses, that's another 
her being crazy. Uh, River then reveals that he's the only one in the DCHE to act as a mole. He's actually, on their side, he's keeping Shade safe by erasing any information about it. Yes. Elsewhere, Hellboy's sister is checking in with... Maybe meta? Seems like uh, aliens. Some, some council yeah. of aliens? Yeah, I don't know. What to now, <laughs> now, it looks like uh, she's only on Earth in order to get people there hooked on that drug folly, um, which will maybe somehow cause the Kray to invade Earth instead of meta, maybe, we think? Something. Uh, you know, it's gonna, I, think it's, I think the idea is it raises the madness level. So the Kray will be more and attractive the Kray to like that. that, I guess, or something, Maybe. something to that, or if not madness level, I don't know, ethereal. Yeah, mind, psychedelic mind level. Something, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, now, River might have overheard this conversation. He was returning with a tray full of coffee. Uh, Hellboy's sister then talks to a general, uh, and then we get a panel where we see where all the United States missiles are, or all the missiles are fired off, but that. It's it's odd. It's just a it's just a map with missiles. It doesn't seem like they're fired off, but yeah, not yet. It is strange, but yeah, or maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking <laughs> at it right now. Really, I'm uh, of two minds about what happened there. Anyway, we rejoin Wes and he and the punk bang again, and we learn that the Ludi games are about to start in Tokyo, which might have been named after the public games that were held during Roman religious festivals back in the long ago. I don't know, hmm. uh, but. There are some kind of games. Looks like it's a uh, swimming component of it. The swim team will be performing there, and so the punk is also headed to Tokyo. Tika buys a Honey Rich doll at a garage sale, or so her Shade doll now has a friend. And she tells the proprietor of the garage sale about Life with Honey's intergalactic ratings, and then gets socked in the eye for being an alien lover. Mm, it reminds me of that Kelly family song, that Fell in Love with an Alien. <laughs> there you go. It's like, if you tell a proprietor of a garage sale about aliens, wouldn't they just be like, get off my property, please? Instead of I would, punching you, know, you for loving aliens? I this, don't know. This might be a stranger world. You know, maybe, it, I mean, the Green Lanterns exist in this Shade the Changing Woman <laughs> story, right? So they might this know about them, but I don't know. Very weird. Now, we, we do jump ahead to the start of the Ludi games, which looks to just be a swim meet. Mm-hmm. Um, River, Teacup, and Wes all watch as it unfolds. River and Teacup watch on two separate televisions, and Wes has his laptop on his chest. Um, now, in Tokyo, the punk fills the pool with madness paisleys and tentacles. Mm-hmm. The girls are uh, pulled underwater by these tentacles until the stuff itself leaves the pool as a giant cube of paisley-infected water. Uh, underneath in the dry, uh, the swimmers look to be in a bad way, but they don't look, they don't appear to be dead just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, now, watching this on the television, Teacup cries at her shade doll, which suddenly turns into the real deal shade, who uh, cradles Teacup for a bit before leaving the house to maybe take care of business. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then all those missiles fire. And uh, then we wrap up with Shade digging in the desert looking for her heart. So, I mean, they must be trying to break this satellite uh, band that was created. Remember, that was kind of what what Hellboy's sister was talking about. They got to launch all these satellites. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're putting up more satellites or if they're trying to take out. To take them down. Satellites, I guess we'll find out. Uh, There is a backup again. Yes. This one's Lepuck, and let me tell you, when I first glanced at this, I was like, this is what we want. It's not what we want. Uh, This one (laughs) seems to have been truncated. It begins with Lepuck telling friends how he declined membership in the the corpse, in the core, 
which we which we kind of saw earlier when he was kind of vacillating. But then on the next page, they hear Earth is going to be eaten by the Kray, and he says he must respond. He's a Green Lantern. So I re- there was a big switch there. Either he had a total change of heart because he saw that Earth was being threatened, or there was you know something something got left out here. This was supposed to be a couple of parts away from that. I think that's yeah. that's we're going to talk about that uh, in the <laughs> end. But I think that's stuff that's what happened here. So. Uh, on his way to Earth, Lepuck gets shot down by satellites, and his ring saves his body from burning up on impact. So he's got a ring. Uh, eventually, Lepuck gets scooped up by fishermen and sold to an aquarium. What? Like it's very. It ends with him. Yeah, it ends with kind of a comedy ending. He's in a tank with like a bunch of other octopi, Octopuses, yeah. and uh, you know, there's a fish floating in front of his junk. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. and I, I don't see him with the ring on anymore. That's true. At it. So yeah, this this could be. The end of Lepuck's story in the changing room, which is up. pretty depressing. That was pretty much the only thing Chris and, and myself were like really uh, interested in. Uh, yeah. And then after that are two pages of early uh, stage character development for Shade the Changing Woman, and this is pretty cool. Yeah, different iterations. They went through ideas how they were going to play it. Yeah, and, uh, the Gerard Way sketches there, and the Marley take on the Gerard Way uh, sketches there. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff. It's it's if you like a little bit of process. Uh, sure, that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about this book, Chris. <laughs> uh, you know, it to me, and sometimes I feel like uh, you know when we we review these comics, we're reading these comics. We get a little too our heads involved too much in how the sausage is made, right? Probably we we look too much into intent or how much this fit. But to me, this really, really feels like twelve issues just got collapsed into, or really nine issues got collapsed into three. Uh, sure, it's it's you know not just the backup, but the fact that rack sh- like that whole rack shade thing was like a huge part of what was going on. And she basically just said, well, I got to go later, you know. <laughs> yeah, he was like in three panels. And, that was, and it wasn't even like a clean break. It was just like, I'm gone now. See yeah, you. where did this hole in the madness show up? Like that was <laughs> essentially a convenient escape hole for... Uh, for, for Shade, for Rack, for, for Loma. Yeah, so, uh, you know, also this, I, I vaguely remember the Cray being the reason. And like, we, we really only found out that Meta was a refugee planet last issue. And yeah. now they're in a conspiracy to shove the Cray off from Meta onto Earth. Onto Earth, yeah. Uh, it's, it's happening awfully rapidly, wouldn't you say, Chris? Little bit, little yeah. bit, yeah. This is, it, l- l- truncated is the uh, watchword of the uh, of this issue, I believe, because it, it, there is a lot jammed in here, and it's done in such a way where I kind of compare it to, like, my backlog, what I'm supposed to read, what I, what are the books I want to read, you know, where, yeah. like, when your pile is only, like, maybe 15 books tall, it's like, okay, I can get to all those. And then when it gets to, like, 40 books tall, it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll get to most of those. And then I'm when you get to, like, 100, get to those, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like, there are so many things I want to read, but I just don't care enough to do it. I'm and just going to have to move on from, you know, because just cut the link and go from a certain point. Yeah. That's what it feels like here, because, like, we have all these new things popping up, but it's being done in such a way with such uh, urgency where it's hard to care about any single one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, I just can't wrap my head around. It's like, okay, well, teacup is having her moment here and river is coming clean about his thing, but it's like, it's all happening in such rapid succession. It's like, we it doesn't even breathe. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, we haven't allowed those characters to develop their, their, the feelings they have toward each other to even know how mad 
river is a teacup was a river you know like i was like sure oh, right I, I knew she was pissed at him but you know they they, they really had I, this does feel very rushed and uh i think this is just my guess but i have a feeling word came down around issue two that things were, things were going to be wrapping up a little quicker and uh they've had to cope with it uh deal with it you yeah. know that doesn't excuse the actual comic because if this was always planned to be six issues, like the they're trying to sell us, yeah, that all that means is that the people writing these books do not know how to format a story. Oh, absolutely. If 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 that's the case, then the first issue is literally the worst comic ever written because it, it it was nothing. <laughs> it was nothing happened in it. You know, and, and which is which is for a comic like this is not a horrible thing to like reset the tone. That's sure. what it did. It really reestablished you know what you know the status quo and we knew what was going on. But uh, that's fine when you have twelve or, or you know more issues or infinite is. issues, yeah. But when you have when you're looking at six issues, you don't have the luxury of like having spaced out uh, pseudo poetry for you know ten Three pages issues, or whatever yeah. the hell it is. But uh, I mean, this is where we are now, and and you know, I I truly believe this was uh, handed down, obviously from We Are Young Animal, from DC, and mm-hmm. uh, the creative team the is, counters, is yeah. coping with it, but. That being said, we still have to judge the issue on its own merits. We can't give it a, a buy for, you know, because of for some presumed editorial yeah. circumstance. Uh, what did you give it on the site, Chris? I gave it a six. Um, I think it was a little bit of a uh, kinder score than I wanted to give it just because of the circumstance. Because, uh, yeah. you know, there is there is only so many ways you can write yourself out of this. And, uh, I mean, we spent... God, we spent three issues and and twelve dollars of uh of junior high poetry and yeah. uh, even even this issue. I mean, we talked about like the last time this book was canceled and like they spent like four pages on paper dolls. And oh, it's yes. like, come on, we let's get through with the story here. And I mean, even here, we've got a page where we get the definition of madness. It's like, stop. Yeah, stop I mean, it. I <laughs> just just get to the story. I feel like that you know the, that uh, you know the uh, writer had to make some. And couldn't let adorable certain things purple go. Pros, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, you know, but I'll be honest. I'd give it a six. Also, I'll tell you the positive thing about this is we did suddenly get a lot of forward motion in the story. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it, it went from neutral to uh, second gear over here, th- yeah. or third gear. So um, things things are happening in it, and uh, you know, I, an alien invasion of Earth is a classic thing. I would like to kind of see where that goes. I hope that Shay just gets her heart back and. Uh, she can posse up with River and Teacup. Kind of hope, you know, we talked earlier about this being possibly the end of, uh, uh, what's his name, LePuck's story. LePuck. That yeah. they just kind of end it with a ban 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 And I think that could be possible. I don't want to believe it, though, Chris. Because <laughs> it's, it's built up for the past four months. <laughs> you know, it's been, it's, it's been the main thing. We're like, wow, we want to see what's up with this guy being down with the Green Lantern Corps. And, like, yep. whether that could even bleed into D.C. Because there's definitely plenty of people in the... Uh, Kilowog was Cal- there, sure. The so fact that Kilowog was there, to me, yeah. that, that told me now we are getting into some kind of crossover. So if they ended like this, that would be pretty lame. But I, Sorry. there's also the high possibility that they need those those backup pages for the next couple of issues to... Maybe do away with the backup and just tell this story. That might be exactly what happens. Yeah. We'll find out. Anyway, though, I would, I would give this also a six, but I'm going to keep it, you know, I'm six, feeling better about it than you. You know, you're yeah. six, you're feeling pulled away, I'm feeling pulled towards. So, but we're still in the same, <laughs> at the same number. Uh, I mean, the art's fantastic still. The, the art, art still. the art still looks great. And I think, I think this was a great choice for the series was to, uh, 
have, gosh, I don't remember anybody's name when it marked our yeah. uh, to do this. Uh, great choice for this kind of work. And uh, I know Vertigo just got relaunched. You saw that, right? Some, so some of it. Yeah. So something's going on for next year. So maybe she'll get involved in something there would be cool. Or some other sort of weirdo book. I think weirdo <laughs> books is really with where this where that's at, right? You know? I think so. I don't yeah. see her on the flash, quite frankly, but maybe <laughs> uh, stranger things have happened. Next week we do have a book and we have it in our hot little hands. It is Eternity mm-hmm. Girl number four. Uh now that was always supposed to be a six issue. Yes. So so that'll be formatted better, hopefully. In theory it should be at, le- <laughs> at least it should follow the whatever the intent was. So uh looking forward to that and we will bring that to you in uh, whatever the due time for next Sunday but I think that's all we got from now Chris you got anything else for him no I think that'll do us well until next time folks I want you to keep it young and animalistic it was a beautiful day sun beat down I had the radio What's up, Get Fresh crew? Welcome back to another week of Vermilion's Visions. You got Josh Vermilion here. You guys, by now, you know what I like to do on this segment. want to bring you guys a review of a trade. Try to stay away from the big two of DC and Marvel. Sometimes dip into those a little bit, but not generally. Um, And this week, I'm going to be going back to Image Comics, somewhere where I go quite a bit. They got a lot of books over there that interest me. Um, So this week it's going to be Girls Volume 1 Conception, like I said, from Image Comics. First six issues of that series. You got a creative team of Joshua and Jonathan Luna. Uh, Jonathan doing the art, Joshua doing a lot of the the, the dialogue, and both of them working together uh, to make, make the plot of the story. So as of this recording, I've actually read the first two trades, so I have a little bit more information on the story and the characters, but I'll try to not let that bleed into this review at all. Um, so our first, or so our story um, in Girls takes place in Penny's Town, a tiny little town with a population of only 65 people. And the very first page, it, it's talking about the process of life. It shows a bunch of little sperm cells all gathered together, and then one breaks free from the rest and goes toward what is presumably an egg cell, while the narration talks about this process, and the page ends by saying, you know, it is beautiful. Turn the page, and the first words you read are, and it is ugly. You got a guy there with a very contorted face standing over a girl laying down on a bed in just a bra, Uh, So, you know, he pants a little bit, asks her, you know, is that good for you? Uh, And now turn the page, and it's actually pretty funny. Um, It wasn't a real girl at all. It was a Playboy magazine or something of the sort. And this guy, Ethan's his name, uh, he flushes a used tissue down the toilet. Uh, Now it's time for Ethan to head off to work. And you get the sense that he's a pretty happy-go-lucky guy. He seems to be kind of known around town for being a good guy. Everyone's talking to him. He's being polite to everyone. Um, so he gets goes to work, and he works at a grocery store. Um, he's a clerk uh, there, and he is just kind of flipping through a magazine when a girl walks up, um, and it's somebody that he doesn't recognize. Um, so she's, she's new in town. She's actually um, 
the daughter of a family in town uh, called the McAllisters. Um, so they're kind of talking back and forth. Um, and then there's actually quite a few funny little innuendos um, that, that she makes that he kind of doesn't catch on to at first. Like, for instance, they're kind of talking. He asks her, you know, he well, he tells her, you know, if you're going to be staying in town for a little bit visiting, you should really go out to the bar tonight. There's, there's not really anything else left to do in town. And she goes, what are you trying to get me wet? And Ethan just kind of stops, and then she's like, it's supposed to rain, so, you know, there's a couple, and then there's one, she's like, will you squeeze my melons, and she just wants him to uh, check her cantaloupes to see if they're ripe or anything, so, Ethan is chatting back and forth, and he kind of mistakes what they've got going on here for flirting, Um, and then he's like, uh, you know, talking to her, and she's like, you know, maybe I will come to the, come out to the bar tonight, and he kind of mistakes that and goes, oh, great, it's a date, and then she kind of stops and is like, uh, no, I meant me and my parents will come, so Ethan, you know, he kind of laughs it off, she's, you know, she apologizes, but he's like, oh, no, no, don't, don't worry, I'm fine, I'm fine, yeah, he's not fine, um, so flip the page, and it's later that night, and he is at the bar with his buddy Merv, and Ethan is pretty sloshed, um, he's been drinking, and his friend Merv is trying to comfort him, saying, you know, she wasn't even that good looking. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, you know, it's whatever. Don't worry about it. Um, and then, but Ethan's like, you know, whatever. I just, I, I embarrassed myself. And then he kind of looks over at the bartender and Merv's like, oh, no, great. Uh, so Merv knows that Ethan wanted to bring the McAllister girl here to show Taylor um, the bartender and the owner of the bar that that Ethan is over her. Uh, they broke up about six months ago by now, and uh, Merv thinks Ethan just needs to move on. But Ethan, you know, claims I, I am moved on, um, but he still wants to he wants to show her that he's moved on, as he puts it. But anyway, so this girl named Alexis comes up and start, and she sits on Ethan's lap, and you know she's just saying, "Hey, man, you look down." Um, what's, what's, what's going on? You can talk to me. How, how you doing? Um, and she is apparently, she's pretty well known around the town for, uh, for kind of getting around with the guys in the town. So, uh, Ethan, once again, is a little bit presumptuous here. And even though she's just talking to him, yes, she's sitting on his lap, but she's just talking to him. Uh, he goes in for the kiss. She jumps off of them, and she's like, you know, what are you doing? You're supposed to be a gentleman. You're supposed to be this good guy. And Ethan's like, what? I, th- I-, I thought you were easy. Oh, and this pisses her off. She rears back. She clocks him right upside the jaw. He goes down, and then, you know, people are laughing and whatever. But so Ethan is pretty drunk right now, so I'm guessing what comes next is kind of out of character for him in general, but he goes on an epic tirade about basically every girl in this bar. You know, he calls Alexis a whore, pointing out, you know, hey, I work at the only grocery store in town. I see all those condoms you're buying all the time, you whore. Um, one lady says under her breath that she thought he was gay, um, so she he screams at her, calls her a bitch. He tells one lady that all she does is shit on her husband and has... And that she's completely shredded every ounce of self-esteem he ever had. And honestly, having read a little bit more later on, that one actually seems to be true. That lady isn't very nice to her husband and does seem to kind of order him around and shit on him a ton. So, But then the McAllisters walk in and he 
He yells at the mom for being a gold digger and just waiting for her husband to die so she can get her money. Calls the the daughter of the McAllisters from the grocery store a cock tease. You know, he's just completely going off. He starts to say that every single one of them is the same. And then he kind of looks at Taylor and stops in his tracks. Um, but now the girls get their chance and they are pissed. Um, the, you know, the girls are saying, you know, you don't even know us. What are you talking about? And he just says, you know, I don't, I don't have to know you that well because you're all the same. You're women. And I, I imagine that he said it with some venom in his voice. You know, you're all women. Um, but now these women are really pissed. They yell, you know, they're saying, you know, you're a misogynist. You're, you're a sexist prick, which which he is. Um, and then one of, the, one of the women, Sally, which Merv, also being kind of a misogynist, called Sasquatch Sally. Um, she's like, you know, I'm going to kick his ass. Um, and then Ethan, once again, he, being a little bit sexist, he's like, what, am I supposed to be scared of a woman? Uh, and then the town cop, Wes, steps in and says, uh, maybe not, but you should be scared of me. And he throws e Ethan out of the bar onto his ass. Uh, so laying there in the rain, Ethan is just kind of on his hands and knees laying there, rain pouring down, and he just screams fuck at the top of his lungs. And as soon as he does that, there is this huge boom from off in the distance. It it shatters car windows, and every, everybody's like, they're, they're even shaking. They're kind of like thrown off balance a little bit. They have no idea what it was. And now, this next part kind of pisses me off because it, I, it doesn't make any sense. Wes, a cop, literally just got done throwing Ethan out of the bar because he was going on, on a drunken rant to all the women in town. Ethan looks like he is, you, you know, Tomas Gleason level drunk right now. He is absolutely smashed. But why the fuck... Would Wes just let him get in his car and drive away? That progression just, just doesn't make any sense to me. If anything, Wes, being a cop, thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't let this dude drive home drunk, would take him home himself. I guess, I mean, I don't know, I guess you could assume that Wes went off to investigate the giant boom sound, but he never mentions that, and Ethan just gets in his car and drives away. It, it's, it's a little thing, it's not huge but it it just it, it threw me off because you know it doesn't make any sense whatever anyway ethan takes off he's swerving you know he's screaming damn it damn it damn it you know he's not paying any attention and he almost hits this random person walking across the road he gets out starts yelling you know what the fuck are you doing you know get out of the road and then he sees it is a completely naked girl just standing there bleeding cut on her arm he asked her if she's okay are you hurt? Do you need to go to a hospital? And all, all she says is, is no. Trying to think, you know, he's, he's like, oh, no, well, then what do I do? You're, you're naked. You're in the middle of the road. She she collapses, and he, he kind of catches her, puts her in his car, and takes her with him. He wants to help her out. Um, so Ethan is, is driving away. Then these two really stereotypical hillbilly guys come running out of the woods. You got a, a dad and a son. Um, son actually with his dick poking out of his pants, his pants weren't up all the way, um, so yeah, pretty stereotypical, um, hillbillies, you know, the, the, the son's got like four teeth that you can see, and you know, you, you just get that, that vibe, um, but anyway, 
Pa is carrying a shotgun, and he doesn't care if, if Wes the cop doesn't want them in town ever again. And the issue ends with them actually standing in the middle of the road and uh, Pa saying, that bitch ain't getting away. Um, so, yeah. What comes next throughout the rest of this trade is is absolutely... It, it's fucking bonkers. But overall, I really, really like the story. Honestly, this, this first issue doesn't even really give you much of an idea of what the overall story actually is but trust me when i say it, it is out there and the, the overarching narrative is actually it's really tied into that first page and the cycle that it's talking about involving you know sperm and egg and all of that and the cycle of life um in this book uh, at least at the start could be viewed as you know like a like a commentary on, you know, traditional female stereotypes portrayed in the media. You got the quote-unquote whore. You've got um, the, the the gold digger, as he says. You got the new city girl in a coming to visit a small town. You got the girl next door in Taylor. You got a lot of the traditional stereotypes here. Um, it could also be, you know, in, within that, um, you know, commentary on the misogyny and. and and sexism that is still a big part of all of our culture, but apart from all that, that's not shoved down your throat, and it's just a good story. It's super interesting, and it, it kept me to where I had, you know, absolutely no idea what was going to come next. You know, I couldn't predict the next page, let alone the next issue. Um, the art by Jonathan Luna, it's fine. You know, it's nothing spectacular um but what i like about it is that he's he doesn't try to overdo it and you know try to make these big huge gorgeous pages um which don't get me wrong i do love me some big gorgeous splash pages but in this book for this story i kind of like that it's more kind of grounded style um and it just looks good and he is he's really great with the facial expressions the his faces really tell some of how the characters are feeling without, you know, throwing dialogue in there of them saying, I am happy, or I am upset, or I am confused. You can kind of see it on their faces. Um, and the dialogue, it, the dialogue is good. Um, you know, the, the interactions are fine. Um, I, some of the, you know, kind of quote-unquote young person slang seems a little... A little bit dated and off, but other than that, the dialogue is pretty good. Um, the only thing that's off, other than you know that that one progression that I pointed out about Ethan, you know, driving drunk, that threw me off a little bit, um, is that the pacing is a little bit off. The trades can feel a, just a little bit bookended, where um, you know you get a lot of information or a lot of, I guess, a lot of stuff happening at the beginning and at the end. Um, not so much with this first trade. It's more you get a lot for the first three issues and then hardly anything for four and five and then six you get a lot. Um, but in the second trade, like which I mentioned that I read, it's more right at the beginning and right at the end that you get a lot. But it's not, it's not terrible. Um, you are getting little bits and pieces throughout the whole thing. And I am actually planning on reading the rest of this series um if you're interested and you use the hoopla app ever uh you can get the complete collection on there in one go uh so it only takes one of your 10 monthly borrows 
I just haven't gotten around to reading the the, the second two of the trades, but um, I I would recommend this, uh, especially if you like kind of sci-fi horror thriller type of books or type of stories um, where they kind of inter interweave all three elements of sci-fi horror and thriller. Um, and and if you really like the character work, there's a there's a surprising amount of character work in this book in these six issues even for especially for the sheer amount of characters that are in it um that each one kind of gets quite a bit of of development and you see what's going on um and there's even more later on in the series so um this trade itself the first trade the first six issues doesn't tell a complete story that i like to see um, but it does set up some super interesting stuff for later on. Um, so overall, I guess the, the, the first trade, the first six issues, the one that I'm talking about here, overall, I'd probably give it like a seven out of 10. But like I said, I have read the first two trades and putting them together would, would probably bring me up to like an eight, just the way the first two trades kind of work together to tell the story, um, and to set up even, even more stuff later on, um, for the next two trades. So, I'm hoping that when I finish the series, I will like it even more than that. But yeah, like I said, if you like the the sci-fi thriller, a little bit of horror type books like that, I think this is something you would really like because it's not it's not super. I guess it's not over the top and things aren't happening constantly. You do get a lot of that character work um, and and the mystery of what's going on just keeps building on itself. So. If, you, if you're into that and that sounds interesting, I would definitely say check this out and go for the complete series on the Hoopla if you use that app because I think it, it will probably read better all together even than just, just one trade at a time. So um, that pretty much wraps things up for my review of Girls. If anybody has any other suggestions for me, definitely be sending those in. Um, I was listening to... Jim's other comic review show on the Patreon, which I guess will segue me into. Uh, if you can, go check out the Patreon. Um, support the guys if you can. You will be able to hear Jim review some other books, not DC or Marvel. And I was listening to his, um, and he would like me to, once the once the trade comes out, I'll be checking out Blackwood Volume 1, as requested by Jim. So um, that will be coming down the line, obviously, a while from now as the first issue just came out but that is on the docket and if anybody else has recommendations uh send them on over i know luke hollywood the hollywood kid recommended that i do some more manga so maybe i might get around to doing that i heard that on the rant and rave last week so uh, we'll see it's definitely i i will mix in some more manga down the road here um, but if anybody else has any other suggestions, definitely send those on over to me, either on the Slack chat for the Get Fresh Crew, doop, doop, or you can, you know, if you have recommendations, you can hit me up on Twitter at Vermillionaire3. Um, but yeah, definitely check out, like I said, check out the Patreon, support them if you can. Uh, but that's going to wrap things up for me here. So I want to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks, guys.
Alright, Eric, we're back with mail section number three. Here we Boosh. go. Here we are, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Uh, ma- there goes mail section number three. We just flushed it. I didn't mean to hit that. I meant to hit. There we go, Eric. That's what I wanted. Ding sound. Ding sound. And the first mail is from All New Dave. Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Fatty. Oh. I've been snowed under with work recently, so I've fallen a little behind with the podcast and the Patreon. I've just caught up to Hellblazer Review a couple podcasts ago, and I'd just like to share a few thoughts. It's going to be yelling at me, Eric. Here we go. <laughs> First, thanks for the shout-out. Before the review, Jim, it really softened the blow before you guys tore that issue to shreds. Talk about kicking a comic when it's down, you gang of blurts. Oh. I kid, of course. You did warn me, Jim, about Hellblazer probably getting canceled a while ago on the Solicits podcast. I did. Uh, so I can't act too surprised, Eric. Ding sound. I wish I could go on a rant about what a foolish decision DC has made, but I've got to face facts. Nobody was reading this comic, and no one behind the scenes really gave a damn about it. And that's true. Nope. You guys were spot on when you said this comic needed a writer that cared about it or had a story they wanted to tell. It's just a shame there was no one out there. Now, you say this, we do have that Vertigo relaunch, and they did have a lot of comics announce and whatever it would be weird no nothing i do either and it's weird because people are really kind of getting a little upset where you have a vertigo relaunch and you're not doing anything that seems vertigo it seems like (laughs) exactly there's nothing here that screams vertigo to me. really a lot of them scream young animals to me and since that's gone you throw it over there where's my milestone at well yeah really where's the where's the clip eric uh but with that it's, it's a shame that they didn't wait a little, and you, you don't want to announce, say, a Hellblazer book on Vertigo while it's still going on and you're waiting for it to be canceled. It's kind of a weird deal to do that. So if they didn't want to do that or whatever, but I do think eventually we'll get a Hellblazer book there. It would be – it seems to me almost criminal to have a relaunch of Vertigo and not have a Hellblazer book unless – what we see is they're doing like fresh start, Eric. Give it to me, yep. fresh start. Fresh they're doing start. the vertigo fresh start, so they don't want these old things. That's foolish. That's really bad. What you needed to do was announce a vertigo and say, hey, guess what, guys? We're starting out with a Hellblazer book, a Swamp Thing book, an Animal, Animal Man book. Man, Go yeah. with those. And then Shades that the is the Man. deal. Yes, do these things where you're like – Holy crap, now we're finally going to get the books that we wanted and at the place we wanted them. This would have went nuts. People would have been so happy. I still think you may get that, though I'm a little scared because I don't recognize any of these books as quote-unquote vertigo. Start with your pillars of there. Build up your foundation, Eric. A foundation, not of sand, of concrete. Where's and Sam do that. Now? I know he's getting his own thing, but why? it seems like that's his own separate yeah, thing Yeah, he's now. doing his own thing now with, with Neil Gaiman. So that that kind of would – but even then, that would have been – get these things where everybody – you think vertigo and, and go around and talk to people in, in your office or go outside and find some people at a comic shop and say, just go with your notepad. You know, I, people still use notepads, right? You get your sure. pen and your notepad and then you go with your, your typewriters, your selectrics. You go and say, hey, what do you think of when you say vertigo? You know, like vertigo comics. Oh, I think of John Constantine. I think of Helpers. Okay, write that down. I think of Swamp Thing. All right, that sounds good. And go start with that. Then 
when you got the people in and get people who want and know what they want to do with it, they have a story, whatever, you know, actually go through a process, maybe even have interviews. Possibly, if you want, call me. I'll set up a casting couch, Eric. I know that would be fun, right? A casting couch. But don't just hire somebody because you think that that's a name. Don't hire somebody because you want them to eventually be on some other book and this is your way to grab them quick and get it. Don't do that. Get, go and say, give me your six-page presentation of what you want to do there, and you read those and go, you know what? He has the best story. Actually pick somebody that actually is, you know, wants to do the job and actually can do the job and do that. Just not like, oh, well, you know, this guy's killing it over here, and we'll throw him here. This is how Tim Seeley ended up on, you know, the Hellblazer and ended up pretty much on one issue and then disappearing forever and things like that, and where you have all these guys on these books, and they're just looking over their shoulder at some other thing down the line it's just nonsense there's a lot of hungry writers out there there's a lot sure. of hungry podcasters Eric. and I, I saw they said this whole uh, vertigo thing oh my goodness this is a new thing we're going to try out a different thing we're going to hire podcasters and then i'm like who we where is my email i went and checked the email well, and they i didn't see one they realized you've never been hungry no well that's the problem maybe i would be <laughs> I told you I'd rather be an editor. I told you that from the get-go. I I have no aspirations of anything but this podcast. But if we were going to do something, I actually would be, uh, I think, better suited as an editor. Though I don't like to have a lot of confrontation, so I don't see me going like, this is bullshit. What I would do is have an assistant to have them go and say it. And then then they'd come in, your assistant said I was bullshit. I'm like, he said that again. I told him that he shouldn't make up things, <laughs> and I'd lie, <laughs> and then everybody would hate me. But yeah, I just I, I don't understand these ideas of let's start up Vertigo and have it nonsense like this. Almost to you want to? I, I get the idea, and the Star Wars stuff. It makes me think that this is the case. Most people nowadays think the best way to do things is get half the people to love you and half the people to hate you, and then you've won. It's not the case to me. I just, I hate it. It seems as if Tim Seeley knew this latest arc was the last before he started writing it. And he said on Twitter he's known for months that it was ending, so that is true. I do like the way Seeley writes John's dialogue. He's good with English slang and insults. He really lays heavy on him, though. But it's obvious he's been taking his time with the story, stretching it out for the trade. I also think that he knew that it was ending, so you're not going to start anything new. If there's a weird science DC end-of-year awards for biggest disappointment, I think mine will be the way Hunter interest was used in this arc, especially after it all started out so well. Yeah, it just seemed weird. Uh, with that being said, I've enjoyed the past few arcs more than you guys. I will miss the comic, but I'll also accept I'm maybe a little too charitable when it comes to John Constantine, and there was no point in the series carrying on much further. It's not all doom and gloom, though, with the character being from Liverpool. My local comic book shop is well stocked in back trades, so I can carry on very slowly making my way through them. And yeah, there's always, this is why we, I want that app and things like that, where you can go through... Uh, unfortunately, there is no Quakertown superhero except possibly Tex, Eric, or Harmonica guy, but they're not making a lot of comics about those. So yeah. our comic shops are not overstocked with any sort of local character. Also, I hear there – is there Meth Man or possibly OD guy? Do they have those nowadays? Not also, anymore. I hear – no, I'll say that, really. Also, I hear there's a team-up between Constantine and Batman coming up on the new DC Black Label line. That sounds exciting. I'll definitely be adding that to my pull list. And then there's that. I mean, some of these DC Black Label line deal that. seems like they could be better suited up. But I don't know. I really don't know what they're Where's thinking Where's the milestone anymore. at? <sighs> Eric, really? You're really going to make me go to this, this quote of yours? Here you go. 
The price is right losing horn. That wasn't it, Eric. Here, wait. I, I actually have these labeled, this nonsense with it. I can't even find it. I don't even know where. Oh, wait. And the milestorm comes out. There you go, Eric. The milestorm. That was episode number 100. It's been that long out. since it we had, been heard so about the long. milestorm coming yeah, out. Yeah, and that was when you were out. At that point, you were asking where it was. Yeah. Because we had heard about it a year before that. Yeah, that is nonsense. You were right. Way to go, Eric. The next email is from John Wayne. He says, howdy to Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the pugnacious pilgrims of the Get Fresh crew, Eric. And I know I know that he right now is on a band, but... Howdy, Kilgrim. Howdy, Kilgrim. It actually makes me angry hearing his voice. It really <laughs> does. I, I sit there, and when he walks by us... I just stare him down and hope that he looks over and I give him the meanest looks. And then he looks over and then has to pretend he was doing something, which makes no sense because he's never doing anything, Eric. He says, how is life, my friends? The kids treating you any better, Jim? No. And Eric is wrong term being any nicer to you guys these days. I'm not talking to him. No, we haven't talked to him in over two weeks. I was weeks. actually pissed at him this week because I was walking to the bathroom. He was coming the opposite direction and went in there before me. So he's a step right ahead of me going to the bathroom. And then the way our urinals are set up, he walks right into – there's three main ones. And yeah. on each end, there's two smaller urinals. He went right in the middle, so you had to be – he goes right in the middle, so I have to stand right next to him. Did he even so try angry. to say like, anything? You don't, even, you don't even know pissing protocol. Yeah, did he Did he try to say anything? Nope. Yeah, the worst he, is he too, actually put his this... head down and rested it on the wall. Oh, that's almost disgusting. shielding his face. Yeah. The, the best is is that really you did nothing. <laughs> this whole this whole ban. I banned him. Eric wasn't there that day, but he has banned us because I called him a cocksucker. I was so mad, or a dickhead is what I called him, uh, because he tried to put his arm around me after throwing me under the bus when you didn't need to. And, and I yeah, and then then proceeded to tell everybody in the place how much of a piece of shit Eric was. So I called him a dickhead, and he got mad. And and then I wasn't was, even there that day. He was acting like he wanted to fight me, Eric. I was all for it, and then he he just backed away, went went home. Hi, he says. Also, gotta give a shout out to Andrew Belfast, seeing as how you two knuckleheads turned his mail last week and all ran about my love of surfing, which by <laughs> the way is not all that expensive to do. Yeah, but it would be for us, wouldn't it, Eric? It would be for us. I, I really go, have no idea. Well, are like we going to go surfing like in golf. New Jersey? It just seems expensive. I just imagine I'm surfing as I have a uterus that washes up on me, some needles. You invest in a board in a wetsuit. It's already getting pricey for me. Uh, whoa, whoa, You're already whoa. talking that Rockefeller. Look at you. What, what are you there? Uh, at a board meeting in the middle of this? And Ooh. you're good to go for Surf years. Yeah, really. That is good. Chairman of the board, Eric. And I meant what I said in the slack. If either of you ever find yourselves in Northern California, Again, I am teaching you how to surf. If I find myself in northern Quakertown in any in the next few months, I, I'll be lost. You, you can grab me and take me because I'm senile. Anyways, haven't written in a few weeks, and I thought I'd share my feelings on the state of books. Gotta say, I really like Doomsday Clock number five. Jim, I know you're not crazy about it, but I am all in. When I uh, You're not all in, though, Eric. You no. liked it enough, but when I put my mind to it, I'll do a rant and rave exclusively about why I'm loving it so much. 
One nitpick is that while I love the back matter, especially this issue stuff giving us details on the different international super teams. However, I really want to see that stuff tie into the main story later on. I don't think it will. I want to see the great 20 in China or the doomed in India, etc. If it's just a year talking some other language to me now. I know Eric told me about the great 20. Yep. If it's just there to amuse people like myself that were curious, I'll be a little upset. It's just extra bonus stuff, I think, for the people who are curious. But only other real problem with this issue is three friggin' months till the next one. What the fuck? This is the problem we all talk about with this book. By the time the new issues come, all the momentum has been lost. We need to reread the last issue to remind us what's going on, says you. And DC is still <laughs> scrambling to keep the rest of the line afloat as this drags on. And one of my things, and I said, my thing with the delays is not the delays being that I have to go back and read issues. It's the delays after what we've gotten drips and drabs. The, the story is really not going forward very fast. And then you have these delays, and it just makes it seem like it's inconsequential. Case in point, no justice. What a waste of time and money. Again, it was done in a month, though. When I read uh, New Justice League number 1 out this week, it made me feel like no justice was not even necessary plot-wise to get us from the end of metal to now. Uh, Reggie and I talked about it a week ago or so in Slack, but news of No Justice originally came out days after the first round of delays on Doomsday were announced. It reeked of a desperate ploy back in January. It's been proven to be one now that it's over, and I'm just left feeling salty at DC yet again. And yeah, we said that on the podcast immediately that that's well, what I'm it was. You, not only that, Double Aaron's in the Slack chat right now destroying up pictures of No Justice number four. Like, what does this even mean? What's going yeah, on? Yeah. So there you have it. You know why else I'm feeling salty? Salty at DC. You know my kids don't like the way I say salty. I don't know. I, I say to them, "Oh, you're getting sold." Oh, I, it, because I, I tend to have it. I think that maybe it's our accent here. I, I tend to say it as if it's spelled S A L D Y, salty. And they make fun of me. Now I see why, Eric. I'm an idiot. Because Brandon was right. Now, they do. They said it today. I told, And I only throw it out there just to kind of make fun of them when I say it, and then they get mad at me. You know why else I'm feeling salty? Saldy, Rafe, at DC. He's yelling at me now because Brandon was right and Bendis sucks. It's still early, still going to live or give him the rest of this mini to win me over. But I'm bored out of my fucking mind so far with these two issues. I'm telling you, th this email is starting to not make sense to me that you love that doomsday clock, but then two issues in, you're bored of this. I'm bored of both. The first one was literally just showing him uh, – or showing us that he gets Superman, which I was fine with. Yeah. I would even go as far to say that I enjoyed it despite my up – uh, unease at losing Tomasi Gleason Jurgens. I was a little surprised by how nothing really happened in it, but I accepted it as being the first issue. However, I totally expected shit to go down in issue two, but again, we get cool splash pages this time from a battle with Toy Man and a whole lot of nada on the plot development side. Uh, this sounds like he is, was peeking in, Eric, when we were talking about it. Literally nothing happened except the gossip writer wants to do a story on Lois and Clark. Are you kidding me? This is our Superman for a new era. Fuck you, Bendis. I take this fuck you five from me while you're at it and yeah i said and this is why i was talking to uh john and when we earlier talked about the book john wayne is definitely the guy who i think of of you're you're playing this devil's hand game oh, yeah. and it's gonna bite you in the ass because people are waiting they're already have you know they're already a little salty at you uh for what you did and what you've seen even if it wasn't your fault of these guys getting off the books sure. and then and then you're just not really doing much to you know make them feel better and making I can, them kind I of imagine that word spelled out s-a-w-d-y maybe so saldy i say saldy. i don't even think i'm worried about losing lois and 
John anymore. I don't think it's happening for all the reasons I originally didn't believe it, but I'm pissed because Bendis has clearly used the possibility of it happening to drive the narrative around this book. Again, I said it earlier. Lois, they, they mentioned John in, in the deal. It seems a little wonky with the time deal of the Doomsday Clock, but Lois is in it. I mean, yeah. Lois is in it. And the sales and even the story now with the drip, the drip, drip pace we're moving along at. And here, here's the other thing that I've talked to John about and I was talking to Trevitt and things like that in the Slack is that I'm, I wouldn't be worried about John and Lois being dead or, you know, brain wide. I'd just be worried that Bendis doesn't want to use them in the book. He, like I said, if you find out that Lois is alive, yeah, you can be happy. That doesn't mean that Brian Michael Bendis needs to put him in the book or no. her in the book. He can make a run where you see her once every seven issues and it, and it doesn't focus on the family part you like. And that, that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think he's going to kill him off because he's not that dumb, but I don't think he wants to use them much. So you're getting this, and I think that what we're getting is you're getting a look at what the book will be without them. Then when he shows you they're alive, oh, that's great. And then you go back to them not being around again, and you're already then you might be used to it. But that leaves a bitter taste in my mouth. You're fucking with my favorite character and one of the best developments to come out of Rebirth just because and then not giving us any development on the issue that is the issue because you made it so because you want me to keep buying your six-issue mini that probably could have been just four issues and maybe two, maybe a one-shot. Kind of sounds like when uh, Brandon warned me about weeks ago. I'll judge the series as a whole at the end, but I'm incredibly unimpressed so far. And yeah, yeah, you get the idea. Like you loved everything about this super family. Me and you loved it, but John Wayne loved it so much. But now you have Brian Michael Bendis coming on. He's a big name. I don't think he wants to do something where they're like, you know what? He's doing the same thing Tomasi Gleason did, but I like theirs better. You're not going to want you don't that. Need that. You're, you're going to want to change things up. Most of these guys do, and that's what I think's happening. Otherwise, books are solid enough. I'm enjoying the early stages of the Flash War. I am as well. Even if pacing is a little off, Just League number one ha- was fun, even if it was mostly nonsense. Terrifics and Silence are holding strong as the only new age books I care for, and I'm really looking forward to the new Hawkman series out this week. I, I laugh too. Uh, he said that he likes the Flash War, but the pacing's off. We've only had one issue. <laughs> and, and, but so the off. The problem is, is that they really took their time to, that, like, when they announced the big thing, me and you thought it was coming up two issues later, and it was like six. So the pacing was off before the damn thing had started, and I think that that kind of bled into that as well. Uh, Plus, my Marvel books are really good right now, especially X-Men Red, Brandon, and Infinity Countdown, Brandon. I don't know. And I will be finally done with Batman once number 50 comes out, though I admit I'm kind of enjoying these preludes to the wedding by Tim Seeley. I'm so with you guys. I can't believe we still haven't gotten a scene with Bruce and Damien. People want to talk about a humanized Batman. Fine. Then Tom King's Bruce Wayne is the world's worst dad. He is. He's like, I, I, he's the world's worst everything. I, I think that somebody cut out his tongue. The cat's got his tongue, Eric. And I mean, the cat's got his tongue. Maybe that's what he's playing with. It's a little joke there. Thanks for listening, Pilgrims, and I hope my rant wasn't too long, particularly towards Man of Steel at the end there. Everyone in the Get Fresh crew knows how passionate I am about Superman and the Super Fam. Uh, But I really appreciate you, Jim, for broadcasting my feelings as if they are your own sometimes LOL. You, you got to understand, John, I live through other people's emotions because I have none. We'll definitely try to get that Doomsday Clock specific rant done for next week, seeing as how we'd, uh, we'd be waiting forever if I delayed it the way they've delayed this book. Zing. That's the other thing, Eric. I forgot to put my song 
about the doomsday clock of the last issue. <laughs> now I got to wait three oh, months. Did you? Yeah, sucks. I forgot to put it on. I forgot to put that out there, so I have to wait three months now. Sending you all the best to you and your families, and I'll talk to you both in the Slack this week. Much less. That's like the John worst Wayne. too. I actually was thinking about reminding you, and then I thought to myself, who am I to tell him his business? I'll just yeah, let really. Go. I forgot. We even made it so that we recorded the doomsday clock as a specific file, so I could yeah. shove it in easy. I forgot all about it because when I start editing, I'm just trying to get it done. P.S. Yeah. Go Warriors. Hashtag Dub City Bitch, he says. And yeah, he wants to make sure that he's sending his love to Lady Jessica, Eric, because that is Aww. your family and your mom. So there you go. Everybody's happy. But yeah, thanks, guys. And we're done with the mail for the night. Almost done with the podcast, Eric. We have two more books to go, and here oh, they are. What books they are? Eric Shea, America's sweetheart to everyone but one Al Ewing, Eric. Aww. He doesn't like you. He blocked you, my friend. You're done. You're done. I'm blocking you. I have a new song that I'm going to write to you. Don't block me from your heart, Eric. I don't need that. Don't unfriend my love is my new one. Uh, I actually uh, knew – Quit playing I, games with my Twitter. Quit, quit playing games with my account. I, I ended up at one point that's a little while back where I realized at this point – I was probably younger than you. I actually realized like I had I, – I, I thought what I knew was in and what it wasn't that way anymore. I was yeah. older. I think it was Britney Spears had a song, and I just heard it, and I was like – Yep, the world's changed here. Uh, it was like email my heart or something like that. I'm like, what the hell just happened? What happened to you know, you know, Mister Postman and things like that? Now email my heart. Send me, send me, send me a friend request. <laughs> that, that's all it is. Every song is about uh, you know. Oh my God, he unfriended me, and it's right before the dance. Do do do. Yeah, there we go, Eric. Uh, me and you, uh, we should start writing songs. He sent me an emoji. Uh-huh. I told you. I actually said to you that it would be funny to go back and rewrite songs from the past and do parodies of songs with like the the uh, updated deal, also the sensibilities of saying right. people on Twitter and things like that. It'd be funny, but we're not going to do that right now, Eric. We're going to talk. I would say I'm going to set the watch now. I'm going to give us ten seconds to talk about two books to end oh, the podcast. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm telling Every time you, you tell me. About about this the time gets lower and lower no it doesn't i just said we got three seconds and we're done ah! okay right now i'll give you this uh, the totality is coming eric and i've been saying it all night so that i can run the totality has three minutes we got to get done this part of the podcast and be able to get in our cars to get the hell out before it hits so the, the timer's set 
I, I don't know, Eric. You know where I'm going well, I got somewhere. one of Deathstroke's rocket cars? I want to be somewhere in your arms. This is where I'm going, Eric. That's what I'm saying. I just want to be close to you. Don't block my heart. I want to heart. be close to you. Uh, unblock my love is, is my <laughs> new song. Uh, no, with the with these books coming up, we talk about the idea of us never putting a timer on the podcast. We don't sit there. You rarely will hear us say stuff like, hey – uh, we'd oh, like to talk more about this, but we're running out of time. Because that's all the really, time we got for tonight, boys and girls. That doesn't make sense. It, no. it, to this day, I still it infuriates me. And we listen and talk to a lot of people who have a podcast. Uh, please, if you want me not, if you want to drive me nuts, keep doing it. If you do it, and and even the guys that that we talk to, I love them all. I love everybody, Eric. Uh, but when I hear that, I just seem to think like. But guys, this isn't live. We're not doing this live. You can't do that. In fact, because I don't put a timer, it, it runs into problems. And I didn't tell you this. Uh, we started the first section of books tonight while as we were recording. For some reason, I decided that it was a good time to put chicken in the oven, Eric. So uh, I put the chicken in the oven with an idea it. in my head. You know, it would probably be an hour. <laughs> I don't know where. I, I And you can tell everybody. If, if Jim says it's a half hour, that means it's two. It's an hour and a half. If I say we'll be done in, in 15 minutes, it's an hour. You know, this sort of thing. So I put – but here's the thing. I thought ahead, and I'll usually put chicken in. My, my oven defaults at a 350 setting, and that is Fahrenheit for all you guys around the world and gals. Uh, so I usually – so that's just what it is. It defaults to 350. If I turn on the oven, it'll start at 350. You have to go up or down. Oh, okay. It, all, I thought you know, all reason, it going. only got to 350. No, no. I'm saying it defaults at that. <laughs> you so I turn it on. Oven. <laughs> yeah, I, I turn it on. It's at 350. And usually if I'm doing most of my cooking, I will go with that setting. That's a very average setting for in my mind. Uh, so I thought ahead. I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be talking, you know, whatever. So I set it down to 250. So, you know, 250. Eric. So I put it in. I put the chicken in because I, I don't want to eat a lot of fast food. And the problem is when I get done the podcast with you, we say it all the time. <laughs> hey, I'm heading to the Taco Bell. Yeah. And, no, this, it's open. and this is usually around midnight. So. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. I really don't. I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to die with this diet and all my issues. So I figure, okay, I could just not eat. That that would probably be the best. The other problem is that most people would know is that we, we start before dinner. Yep. So we go from before dinner to 12. I haven't eaten. I, have I not usually eaten. eat dinner at 2 o'clock in the afternoon yeah. anticipating the rest of my day. Well, that's the, the problem. I have not eaten since 1030 this morning. So I know I'm hungry and I know because of that. They say like don't go to the grocery store hungry. Don't try to diet and have a podcast. That's all I have to say. But, so I figure I'm going to have chicken breast. I'm trying to quit smoking either. Yeah, really. I don't even smoke and somehow I want to smoke right now. But Why not, you? So I put in a chicken breast and I figure when I'm done – Again, I shouldn't eat, but if I'm going to, I'm going to have a plain chicken breast and a baked potato possibly. I might make that. So I, I put this in thinking that this is going to be the slow cooker, Eric. The slower the cook, the better the meat. I I've heard, heard. That. So I put it in. I didn't put in low enough, number one. And then we get done the first section of books, which took a while. And then I'm dicking around. I go down. I'm going to make my coffee. I get my coffee. Go- I'm like, look over Holy shit, I have the fucking oven on. And I go, yeah, and that chicken's a little overcooked. But I will be eating it still. But the other problem is I have a cast iron pot or pan that I actually use. And I love it because it's very easy. You put one chicken breast in. I put it in there. It's got a handle I can grab. Well, the problem is, oh, Jimmy boy forgot that it's all cast iron, including the handle. I grabbed that. I burnt the shit out of my hand. I'm telling you, my hand 
is peeling away uh, skin right now. And usually I have a weird deal where I think it's a medical condition even that I don't really uh, have the sensation of pain on my fingertips uh-huh, and things uh-huh. like that so I can pick up a lot of hot stuff. That's you see me. Yeah, well, you see me. That's nah, more the feet. But you, you see me when we're at work when I'm touching shit. It's because Stop a lot of times it. I can touch really hot stuff. But, yeah, it burnt the shit Just out of me. Just because you doesn't feel it doesn't mean it's not burning the shit out of you. I don't know. You. It seems to be that I could also pick up things and not get burnt. But this was a little too much, I think. And it, it really was. And, yeah. I just imagine if you ever got paralyzed for any reason and couldn't feel your legs, you just start stabbing your leg thinking everything's fine because you can't feel it. Oh, I'd do that. I'd sit there and like, and, and I'd be so mad, like, you're not even going to let me live. And I'd start stabbing my, ah! and then they're like, you're bleeding out. No, it can't be. I don't feel it. I'm not bleeding. Oh, no. Oh, no. See you. I love you. Tell my wife I hate her. I, I actually think of – I always think of that where – and this is oh, – okay, now we're going to go – before I tell my little story, this is why shit takes us so long. Yep. What the hell are we doing? I'm shooting myself in the footer. Uh, but there again, we don't have a time limit. There. But yeah, I always think that Ten when seconds. I die, when I die, I want to – no, two seconds. When I die, I want to uh, – I, I want to go out with a joke. And I'm really afraid because no, I don't do worry. think – They'll look at you and they'll laugh. No, no. Well, this is the problem. They won't because I'm really afraid, number one, I'm going to have a heart attack. That's uh-huh. pretty – and that's not even – I'm pretty much going with the odds. Uh, if I went and I called Vegas right now, hey, what are the odds on the thing? See, I think heart attack's leading the way, uh, possibly followed by uh, some my wife killing me. There's right, the two. Right. But the heart attack will happen at work, and I'm going to want to whisper something funny to you. The problem is, usually when you have a heart attack, you shit your pants. Uh-huh. It's not very funny. I don't know. Usually, comedy leading to shitting pants, not really funny. But you that's gotta go the reason. blue, Jim, even in death. God, I'm telling you, that's going brown. And, and I don't want to. This is my big fear in life. We have all, you know, all the great things I've done, Eric. I said at one point this week, just as hilarious. a, a tie-in, uh, everybody who does appreciate and like the podcast, you know, there's some people out there. There's some people actually listen to the podcast and go, you know what? I like listening to Eric and Jim. I, I understand that I count on a lot of hate listens. I, I understand that there's people out there that can't stand anything I say, but somehow they'll still listen. Yeah. I, I, I welcome you right now. This is my first time to welcome you with open arms. Uh, but with that, I just I, – this week, I said to you, it's done. There was a point during this week that I basically was, was so down that I told you we're done. I'm, we're done. We're, we're done. I'm quitting. I'm never That's doing this again. nine months or so. Yeah, no, it, you have to say. It hasn't happened in a long while. This When we first started, it oh was a God. roller coaster ride of emotions. I mean, it really, Reggie and me – when we first met from this podcast, him listening and stuff like this, he was my mortal enemy. I wanted to kill, I wanted to slice his throat because he always had something to nitpick. And I kept saying, I'm done. Then I go into work. We work with this guy, Ben. Hey, did you listen to the podcast this week? Yeah, I did. You, you're really boring, Jim. You probably should give it up. Okay. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, Eric. Uh, but get with into that, a fight with Tony. It's over, Eric. We're done. Yeah, Shut with the studio. that. With that, I sat there and I'm like, at one night I'm just sitting there and I'm messaging you, you motherfucker. I don't know what the hell you think you have up on me that you're going to bed before 2 a.m. I'm fucking sending messages. It's like 2.30, quarter three. <laughs> That's it, Eric. I'm done. I'm never doing this again. You can get it. And then I sat there and I, I'm like, okay. 
going to calm down. Eric is not responding. He's obviously, it's now quarter of four. He has gone to bed. Okay, I'm going to lay down. I sat there and I thought to myself, okay, we give this up. Yeah, I I got free time. And I'm like thinking like, what the hell else do I have to do? I I mean, people sit there and they're like, oh man, you guys have so many shows or whatever. That's all we got. I mean, am I just want to go and like, oh man, I can't wait to go to work. I'm telling you, if we give this up and I have to go and my main thing in in life hour wise is working, I'm going to kill myself. And so I just said, okay, whatever. I, I will dial it back a little and then i wake up that next morning see all these messages and get into the whole god damn it i gotta freaking pull him off the ledge again yep. fuck me it's gonna yep. be one of these but days then then you had the roller coaster ride of emotions then because then i realized the thing that i was upset about really wasn't true and then yep. had 18 messages about then like, hey everything's great eric here we go yeah that one day it was like tuesday or whatever i showed up to work and i i just started yelling at eric <laughs> it's over and then Eric's trying, and and the worst thing for me is when I'm down like that. I need you to be down with me, and you're fighting me every step of the way yes. with positivity. I said I don't need that. Then I, I'll tell you, you start trying to go the positive spin, and I'll make up lies to make you wrong, just so I I want to see you upset like me. So there I you know. go. And I know. I lied. I said such things as like I really like you as a friend. Oh no. And, 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 and when people say that you're my partner, I, I think of it as a little more than what they mean, Eric. Wink, wink. So do I. Unblock my heart, you <laughs> son of a bitch. But yeah, I, where are we going with this? The Curse <laughs> this of Brimstone, number three? Curse of Brimstone. This is why. This is why I'm talking. You, you always can tell when we have books that we really don't really want to talk about. But that's what we're here for, right? We're here to get through the good and the bad, the facts of life, Eric. And here we go. We're going to start this section with The Curse of Brimstone. Number three. I saw Tootie. She uh, is a lot of times shows up in Fresh Prince as a uh, girlfriend of Will. She showed up a couple times. Also, I saw an episode today and had to actually teach my kids a lesson going against the Fresh Prince because it was when Queen Queen Latifah showed up. Yeah. And her and Will were like soulmates, but Will didn't quite like her because she was heavy. And yeah. the problem is, is you look at it now, and I'm like, she ain't heavy. I'm getting mad. I'm like, this is Queen Latifah at her best, <laughs> uh, you know, look-wise. I like Queen Latifah a lot. So, so and listen, she's very funny, and her and Will are getting along. Pretty much the the moral of the story is if you're dating a woman that you don't like the way she looks, don't worry because by the time you realize that, nobody else is going to bother with her. So you could go right back. That's all that happens. He realizes his mistake, and then Bebop's over. They're at a dance. Bebop's over, and they start dancing together. Solved. Problem solved there. And yeah, there we go. Curse of Brimstone number three. Storytellers, Eric. I'm going storytellers here. I'm going to go with, with the uh, credits as Hussein wrote them up. Storytellers, Philip Tan and Justin Jordan. Art by Philip Tan, Rain Barreto, and Wes Abbott. We continue with Curse of Brimstone with a pretty straightforward story made a bit more confusing by the art. And while I wasn't really engaged throughout, at least we ended with the direction for the book going forward. Yeah, it took three issues and it really hints at a Monster of the Month kind of story, but I'll take any kind of focus here. Uh, going forward, as I said, and that's basically we're done, right? Next yeah. book, Cyborg number. Now, I don't like the art in this at all. I'll tell Fair you that right off the bat. It and here's the weird thing that does this make sense? It fits the story. It really does. It is a horror story type of art to me. The problem is it does it, it, it hurts the storytelling throughout. I, I, there are points in this where I don't even know what's going on, and I, I hate a book that there there's stories that are confusing, you know, and some are made to be like that, yeah. you know, Deathstroke that we go with, but then 
when you get to a point where you actually have to reread a page and then or you go to the next page and you uh, wait a second that was there and you have to go back and like oh i see it's her or them or whatever it's odd the problem with this is how can you make such a straightforward story plus the fact that you really only have at the most five people in this book for the for the real part you have three to four and it's confusing because you have the sister who I thought through the whole thing. I really thought her days were done. I thought she was going to end here. She was going to die. We'd go get brimstone. I like the way we're progressing with this, with her, and you know, brimstone going off. And and like I said, monster of the month deal. They're going to go. They have a hit list. You, you said even uh, you have a lot of shows. And I'm saying like, like the that shows that like I used that. to like, like Brimstone and Reaper, where the whole concept of the thing is like, all right, we have a set number of like you know demons we have to collect and send back to hell. Yeah. I always thought to myself, what happens when you reach that? When you finally get to that number? And like yeah. these shows, I think that Brimstone's going to be canceled well before we get now, there. Isn't that weird that the show that you point out to is called Brimstone as well? Yeah. Very odd. But yeah, with this, you start off and I also can tell there's there's a weird deal with some of these books and not even just New Age of Heroes books. But when I realize that I don't like a book, it's when I start up the, the next issue and I can't even remember what happened the last no, issue. No, I have no and then idea. To That's the point what I realized where I, to yeah. myself. I, I, I'm yeah. not invested in this book and, at and all didn't because you we even jumped think, and I had yeah. no idea. Didn't you even think to yourself like, ooh, uh, and, and especially because they're coming out so you know haphazardly. I actually thought maybe we missed a month. It's <laughs> like, was this delayed? Because I don't remember what's going on. And then, yeah, eventually, uh, I, you know, I picked up on the deal. Yeah. And really, what saved me overall is not much happens. Uh, you end up having the hound, or you know, she's after there with her ice powers. You have Brimstone, who is, you know, he's going to be Brimstone, but still, we don't. I don't get any concept of the character. No. I really don't. Uh, you're a fire really monster. Yeah, you're really dealing more with his sister here, uh, the salesman and, and stuff like that. And, and with that, I just – I can't say that I'm a fan of this book because I don't even have a grip on the character. And yes, by the end, we know what's going on. But all this is is him going around and you're dealing more and more with this monkey paw. And the monkey paw deal, an aspect of this book – it's not that clever, and and we're, we're getting a lot of monkey paws lately, and they don't seem to really basically, hey, I want my te- my town to be known, and it's known because you're burning it down. That It doesn't even really jive with me. Well, even the, the whole end. idea of where we have this whole monkey paw situation, I want my town to be known, okay, I'm going to make you a fire monster, and you're going to go around and burn the town down so everybody knows, like, you know, wants to see yeah. this goddamn town. But that's the problem. You the don't even see game? that. Because, you know, yeah. I'm saying I'm Joe. I turn in the brimstone. I you go against initially. He burns everything down. He doesn't know what he's doing. Now he seems to be fully in control of the brimstone kind of aspect. It's Joe in control the whole time. Where do you go from here? Because I don't know. Yeah. It seems like the hound is on board. Like, you know, she had a monkey paw situation at one point. She's now the mm-hmm. advocate for the salesman. Where does that happen with Joe? Because does he just overcome it because he's has strong character? Yeah. And, and with that, like I said, where I would have thought you'd have, and it's very easy to do it, but they don't do it with the art or the story or whatever, where you have Joe, hey, you know, I just want people to come to the town and want to be here and have a reason to be here. He, he, you blow up the town like you, didn't you did. Say what gods? And, and then even even with <laughs> <laughs> you didn't say what Oz. With that, you end up where the issue starts, where you have the FBI Star Labs. I mean, you need to have that scene where the town is overrun with officials trying to figure out what's going on. There's the monkey paw. Look, you said you wanted people to come to the town and let. There you have it. That's no. 
out what I meant. Huh? Oopsie. But Off you don't even get that. Basically, basically, you just get this, you know, deal where there's a snowstorm because of the, you know, the the, the hound, hound and things like that. But that even makes the art, you know, very it, it's stylish, not much detail. And while this is going on, the hound and brimstone are fighting. Where you have the salesman and his the sister going, hitting them and saying like, and the salesman. After this, you have that weird little deal of almost like, you know what, I, I am a bad guy. Like, like almost like pulls out of it. Then goes back in and says, basically, I'm all existing. Like, I'm 18 places right now. You kill this one. I have tons. But I don't find him imposing. I don't no. find him intriguing. Seems I don't to be find easily him. killed. Yeah, I don't find him in the way that you would be like he is the devil incarnate, which we thought that that's what it was going with. And the idea that like you need to show him all of a sudden show his true face and get scary because this is a horror book that's not scary now. It really isn't. And and you can do the whole deal that you want where you have, you know, Brimstone then kill his father just because he has to to win the battle. But even that, I wasn't very emotional with it because we really didn't get a chance to really know the father, to know yeah. any of these characters. So the the character that I like the most is the sister. But even that, I, I don't know enough about the characters, and we're three issues in. This is at the point where we say we would decide if we were going to go forward with the book or not. The intriguing concept of the book is not enough to keep me going forward with this, and there's never been at that point. You just I keep waiting for something else. I keep waiting for another explanation or something that tells me what's going on. And like you said, you have Joe, he can actually – control his powers as brimstone but we don't even know really what that means or what that does uh but really yeah, I'm saying, this, the thing is in this whole issue though he does burst into flames to the point where he can't control it yeah and it does burst out killing the but hound he and can his decide accidentally. when yeah yeah he does he he solar flares at one yeah. point is what it looks like and yeah he kills his dad and that's where his sister through all that is like chasing down the salesman and you get again that's the concept you can kill me all you want here that doesn't get rid of me. You know, I'm all over the other place and there's other people and you get through the, the hound and all this of like, you know, we're all like this. You know, there's tons of us. We're doing this. And, and there's some good dialogue between them because I do like when the hound says, listen, if I kill you, the salesman's going to be very upset with me. But if I kill you, it also proves that you're not good enough to be what's going on. Yeah. So it, let's go. Let's get it. And for whatever and, reason, the hound points out that Brimstone is the strongest of all yeah, of these yeah, creatures. Like, why? And, and you know why? Because he's the hero of this book. But yeah, I, I just, I can sit there and where, where we have even a book that is the monster of the month club, like a damage or something. There's just, at least I kind of can go with, okay, I, I don't, I, I'm starting to get weary of that as well. But down the line, you still have that whole idea as if, if is Colonel Jonas really bad or will Colonel Jonas help damage? Is damage going to be able to break freeze on the run? Whatever. This just, after three issues, I, and then when we get the idea, like you said, that they're just going to go and see, and I just fear that it's going to be, okay, we had this battle with uh, the Hound here, yeah. right? Now we're going to go over to have like an yeah. air monster was, was, with the salesman. And have was to take this that ice down. battle that exciting to you? No. Was it edge of your seat? That's the problem. This is the one that, to me, you're setting up how exciting the book will continue to be because you're you're setting it up to go to the next one. Like you said, and, and there, exactly. water, From, what, there, from there. what I see now, you know, we had an ice monster. We have Brimstone as a fire monster. It seems that well, we'll get to the well, – it becomes a road water. trip story yeah. where, you know, Joe and Annie go 
and to the next town wherever because they have, they know where they're like the salesman's going to be. Yeah. So they get in the, they blow in the town. They have his ledger, so they're going to exactly. go through all the. They're going to blow in the town. Go after you know Brimstone's going to go after the big monster and Annie's going to take care of the salesman because we already know she can because yeah. it's not shit. That's what's going to so, happen. And this seems like it's going to be every goddamn yes. issue. Yes, and and maybe it'll change, but as this is now. It, it, this is, like I said, this is supposed to be the introduction of the rest of the series. And then you get weird things. You have Annie, whose eyes start glowing red at one point. Uh, you do have the idea that the salesman, it doesn't say like, oh, you're just a girl or whatever. Seems like something is going on. But like you said, you've already set up that she'll go after the salesman while he takes care of that. And with that, you also have the idea that we were told before, and it's kind of hinted at the Hound and things like this, that this is them setting up the towns the for home something office, else. Yeah. yeah, the home office one. So obviously we're going to end up going eventually to the home office if it well, would last that long, but I don't even think Even that, the home office taking over all the – like you know, taking over half the country or how, the world, however many places it is, I'm like – how does this roll out of the pages of metal for what we're dealing yeah, with? Yeah, it, it's just so odd. And, and yeah, it really goes to the idea of also where in the back of your mind you're like, okay, now it's getting to be too big a thing. Like we had damage. Damage is out and about. We've seen heroes react and try to do something. Yeah. Now you're going with this somewhat secret society, but I can't say it's secret I, I, when towns are blowing up. Over. One's drowning. One's ice there, that, and the other thing. So where's the reaction to anybody else? Except two young kids going around on a road trip. And it's just, you know, if it's your thing, then it's your thing. Then that's yeah. fine. Uh, but, yeah. I just find uh, it very uh, underwhelming for the thing that it's trying to set up here. Yeah, I'm and obviously, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. That's, yeah. And, and with that, you, you end up having to cut ties. So, basically, he's already destroyed the town, and the last thing would be the father. And he ends yeah. up bursting to kill the hound, but also kills his father, you know, and that's where his sister. And, yeah, I, I'm guessing we're going to get more. And this is why this now is starting to feel like Damage Part 2. It doesn't feel like Ghost Rider anymore, like we were saying at one point about what we think these teams are in the Patreon thing. We mentioned this. And, uh, yeah, I, I think of this as just an exploding Hulk now that's just going to go around trying to figure out how he can control his powers while he's there with his sister trying to track down these people. And there there you go. And I'm just not that interested with it. What would you give it, Eric? I would give this issue a 4 out of 10. I don't care for the art because I find it more of a hindrance than a help in telling the story. And overall, it's yeah, just I'm... not an interesting story overall because – this has all the markings for things I love. Like I just said, the TV shows I enjoyed, Reaper, Brimstone. But on top of that, it goes to the whole idea and like Phantasm 2, which became a road trip movie, where Reggie and Here Mike's, we go. I'm going to say Reggie and Mike, <laughs> know. You know, Reggie's family's killed. They're going to go after the tall man. They already, you know, have ki- yeah. each movie. They kill him, but he shows up in more places. He's more, you know, he's all over the place. He can never be truly dead. So they have to keep going town to town to stop him. And that's exactly what this is. But I find this boring because I don't like the characters involved here. And we're three issues in the end of the first arc. I don't even understand Brimstone. Yeah. I was going to hit a sound effect for all I know that. you were. Can you guess what it is? It's this. Because I agree with everything you said. And, oh. and with that, I'm going to go. I know people were waiting for me to hit the crickets, and I'm not. Because this is my point. This isn't my type of book. So you're going to – and really when I'm ta- – if, if it was just me talking about it, I could just – Clearly say, listen, I, I don't like horror comics, so you're really going to have to go above and beyond for me to kind of get involved in this sort of thing. But I'm glad to know that, you know, somebody who this is your thing, and I know yeah. it is. This is the type of thing you always enjoy, and it's just not that enjoyable. And it's it's written in a way that uh, half of these books, and it's not just these New Age of Heroes books. You've heard us all. I don't understand 
where you have new books and want to tread water. There's no reason to now. Seriously. You're, you are starting off. I mean, really, if, if I'm an editor, I want one of these writers. I want Justin Jordan to come in and give me that first script and be like, holy shit, man, like settle down. You, you are going nuts here. You have enough exciting story here for eight issues. And then Justin Jordan go, you know what? No, this is how I want it. I want to not let people even get their breath. I want to, but instead it's just like, eh, you know, they don't know these heroes, but who am I to tell them who they are? <laughs> Let's do this because I'm, I'm going to take a whole six issues for a, a trade that's going to be called What is Brimstone? And I don't need that, especially in books that I really don't have a connection with yet, and this isn't giving me that connection. So I'm done. So I'm going same exact. You said four. I'm going four, Eric. I'm with you. I said 4.5. No, I said Oh, my four. goodness. No, I, I give it I four. You said four. Did, did you say four? Okay. I did. Well, then I'm then I'm gonna go four point five because I'm not a negative Nancy. <laughs> no, I will go four. I'm just but again, I see a lot of people liking it in the Get Fresh crew, uh, and you know I'm not gonna say anything about that because they like it, and yeah. that's all the power to them. And if you can grab onto something like in this, that's great. Uh, the next book, it's gonna be hard to grab anything. Uh, in this book, and it is Cyborg, and I just I, well, I people really, just I'm, might like Cyborg for the sake of Cyborg. No, it, the people. I think that I could probably fit the amount of people that buy this book in this room. Uh, this is one of those where I said, "Body well, Mr. Rich this man." Is that, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, you don't know that I'm now in Yankee Stadium. That's yeah. my room. I call it my room, Eric. Uh, I talked to you about the thing, and we said we, we should come up with an algorithm, and it, it is against what we say, as yeah. well as the timing of doing these reviews, also is the fact that we don't sit there and say, hey, you know what, nobody buys this book, uh, so we shouldn't review it, or we don't on the site say, yeah, you know what, two people read that review, why are we spending an hour reviewing it for no reason? We, we do it anyway. So we had this podcast that we're going to talk about, whatever, but nobody's buying this book. I don't Nobody know. If, is. if two people looked at it, I might say, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah, you think of it was two. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be and devastating. And one's me. I'm like, Eric, I took it off. Uh, our our uh, page hits are counting when I go I'm as well. You, if that happens, shut down the studio. It's over. Then that's it. That's it. It's all over. But, yeah, I just don't know why this book continues. It's Cyborg number 23, written by Marv Wolfman, art by Tom Dernick, Will Quintana, and Rob Lee. Yeah, this book stinks. Should be canceled. The art is decent, but how can such a simple story be presented in such a convoluted way? I said in my review, and I'll say it again, Marv Wolfman just needs to go away. He needs to preserve his legacy. This guy is a very well-respected writer. I hear all great things about him. He is now like a, a guy who is like, you know, the best in football. Uh, Jerry Rice ending his career on the Seattle Seahawks. You, you don't need that, Eric. You give it up at the point so then people look back and say, that guy's the greatest thing ever he is just there i don't even know why i i would hope it's not just to collect a paycheck uh maybe if he needs the paycheck then i shouldn't be saying this because now i feel bad uh but there's no reason for these stories these are nonsense they're terrible and i'll say it again like i i've said it a million times that this is going to be somebody's first cyborg book and they're yep. going to just think the character stinks and the worst part of it is it's the creator doing it why are you tarnishing your he should be silver he should be made of stainless steel cyborg but you're tarnishing his his well this is the thing know. jim somebody didn't do a lot of saving in the heyday of his career i would think yeah well then, yeah possibly that might be it because here we go we have this story I just it, it, every issue seems like you're getting thrown, you know, 
things in and throughout the issue, it just doesn't you know go together. You start. Well, Tony, with the only a dream. part of this issue that I actually care about is the idea that Cyborg's memories have been taken away from him by his father or somebody else in the past because. Yeah. That's what we were dealing with previously during uh, yeah, John Zimmerman's run that I don't we never think, had resolved. Yeah, I don't think he's going to resolve that. I don't even think he realizes what he's doing. I don't think he read any of those other runs because, unfortunately, that run was basically to get Silas and Cyborg on the same page and try to work things out and to realize that Silas did all this stuff to kind of protect Cyborg, not even just the idea that he saved him. That And this is the weird thing. You have this book, and it is the creator. I get in my mind that he created him. He knows this character more than any other. Like, if I go and write it, I'm not going to know the character as much as Marv Wolfman. How could I? He created him. He's so surface level with his stuff that it's like he, he can't even remember. The, the stuff that, you know, John Semper Jr. and how that ran in, the one thing that we got from that that was good was the idea of Cyborg finding out that when, you know, Cyborg's mom got – like, you had this, you know, he did all he could to try to save the mother, but also was protecting Cyborg, you right. know, Vic, against all that because he didn't want him to deal with it as a kid. You had that good progression. A lot of the other stuff was nonsense. Sure was. That was something. There, there's usually even the worst runs. You're, you're going to be able to grab something good from it and go forward, even if it's something that little. But this just throws that out. Now you even have a a, a, Vic, or a Silas that shows up in Hawaii where Vic is and won't even open a door to talk to Those him. One it doesn't even, even make sense. It doesn't even make sense that, that he would do that from what we saw. And because you're just getting this run, you have to go by what you saw before because this isn't giving you enough of anything. And I don't even know. I'll tell you. When Silas shows up here in Hawaii to Tech Town, the Hawaiian branch of Star Labs – I have no idea why he's even there, if it has anything to do with Cyborg know. itself or the, the background story of the litigations involved between yeah, Starlight but, and Tech Town yeah, Star you have, Labs. You have not, Star- not even mentioned so Engine for the Engine. Samurai This is what I'm Cyborg, saying. You have who's basically – in Hawaii as well. I'm like, I had no idea until this issue that all three of these factions yeah, they're were all, all there. in Hawaii at the same and, time. And yeah, with Tech that, yeah. and uh, Starlight, I understood, but Engine's there as well. What the hell is going on here in Hawaii? And even the fact, why call it Tech Town? Why even do that? It's Star Labs. Just say it's Star Labs Hawaii. Tech Town. I hear that. I don't, I, I think of Tech Town of being this like slum of all these thrown away robots, like hey, fucking midget robots and burn victim robots going around begging I, for I don't money. Like, I, don't I don't know like why. Tell you, that's why you don't want Tech Town. Tech Town. Or it sounds like some place that sells air conditioners and CB radios. It, it, it just makes no sense. And with that, you have this whole thing, and that's where that's what I'm saying. It's so convoluted. This story, when basically the story seems to be the big story that I think this is all about, and that could be interesting, is the idea of this engine yes. who whose father pretty much made. He was the first cyborg, and, and you get him where he in the wants 1800s. to con- in the 1800s Japan. And you get this where he's now at a point where he's so old, but he wants to live, and he wants to live for his sons and his, you know, and else his robot the world. wife and children. But just yeah, robot wife and children. But even throwing in the like ruling the world's nonsense because you have that idea of cyborg with the am I more man than machine? But it goes further because he has that deal with Engin that nobody else would understand. Of did my dad do the right thing? You have this, you know, Japanese guy who now is living well beyond where he should be living. And yep. it, he doesn't have a great life. Now he gets these heart transplants and they burn out quick and whatever. So the idea with him is kind of what you can play with Cyborg as well, is not just man versus machine. It's more of should this have been done anyway and is my life 
life was my life better because of that? And I like that. And I like the idea of that because it is a little twist of what we usually see with cyborgs. It's not just cyborg. Oh, man, I don't know if I'm man or machine. But with that, you're you're adding layer upon layer of garbage. I mean, really, you you put a bunch of garbage over prime rib. No, if I put garbage on top of a a, you know a five star dinner, it's still going to be garbage at the end. Unfortunately, the garbage makes everything taste like shit. And by the end of this, I, all I have is a taste of shit in my mouth because you have this thing and, and you go and you can't even do it right. It seems where you have them, you have Starlight. Oh my God, we you know we didn't want to weaponize things, so we had Star Labs things. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, we went off, but we had the tech. But they think it's their tech. But we don't have the money to make the tech. But they have the money to make the tech. But we don't have but this. They want to but take in the it meantime, the military. Well, and yeah, we don't want to. So the the best is it's this secret deal going on where it's like listen cyborg don't tell them we exist but by the way we're in court with them as well but by the and, way they know we exist but don't tell them yeah, about our secret base they, please which is on the we, same island yeah, they, they know about us we're in litigation they, they don't know about the secret base cyborg's like listen I'm a man of my word. I won't tell until later when he says that Star Star Labs ha- has a tracker that can track them anywhere. They know where they are. They would track them. He even says at one point, oh, I don't want them to follow. But you know what? They do have a tracker on me. They don't know where I am all the time. Okay. You, you have the whole deal where they can kind of go off. But the whole idea of this thing where they stress it, where even when you go into Star Labs and he's talking to the assistant, the, the lady that's there yeah. who uh, with her father, and she's like, oh. Father. Yeah, yeah, fix father and says, hey, uh, what, what's going on with that starlight? You know anything about him? Listen, I'm not going to sell them out. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, we're not even sure they exist except that we have a litigation against them. I'm like, really? All this is is litigation and nonsense? And uh, Am I stupid or is this going to end with them shaking hands at the end and hugging and saying, you know what? We, we can all get along, yeah. and you know, you you guys are the smart guys. We have the money. Let's get along so we can help the world. This is we'll, some really we'll, great tech. We can do some yeah, really good we'll, things. We'll Outside back the military off from the military but you know stuff. What? Yeah, the military can have it as well. We're just going to spread the love around. No, yeah, and what it'll be is listen. Uh, to me, what ends up is. Hey, by the way, you know, we don't want to militarize this stuff. So what we need is cyborg to keep an eye. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on them and make sure things are on the up and up. All right. Because even in this, you have this idea then you get thrown over of, hey, you know, Star Labs is pretty pissed. But when this litigation goes through and we ruin them. We'll offer them a job to come back. I'm like, really? Well, what kind of company is this? <laughs> they, they really Every think that their, their tech was stolen. And now this is where I want it to be. Like, why doesn't this happen in real life? Why isn't that I can't go to an interview in my shorts and a sweatshirt and my hat, my ball cap, and I go in and they're like, hey, that isn't what you people usually wear. You know what? Uh, this is what I'm complimenting. You can go fuck yourself. And the guy's like, you know what? Nobody's talked to me like that before. You're hired. And now I'm the, I I lead the company. Th- this isn't how they – and it, it's such a, a roundabout way because Mark Wolfman seems to not want to make anybody a villain in, in that part because then you have Engine who's just nonsense, and he's there. And the last time we saw him with this guy that he spars with – the guy was distracted, so Engine sent his guys, hey, by the way, kill his family so that we can spar. 
And why? What has this got you in this story? Because now they're sparring again, this guy, and he's like, oh, you seem to, you know, be concentrating a little more. Yeah, yeah, when you killed my wife, I, I kind of did. I, I'm telling yeah. you, I don't know about you. You may get the assumption somehow that I don't enjoy my wife. Like, I, oh. you know, but but if if you thought at one point that, hey, Jim, he hasn't been on the podcast lately. He's really off. I'm going to kill his wife so that we can do this podcasting better. First off, it's spelled out this guy has kids. Who's watching them now? I've, this killing the wife makes you think that his mind's going to wander a little bit more. And he's there. And I would have liked it if – don't even go with that Say, I'm going to kill his wife so he's so pissed at me that I actually get some fucking nice sparring or whatever. Fight, yeah. But the guy ends up having a heart attack, and then you have that weird thing thrown in where the guy's there and is like, huh, he killed my wife. Maybe I should step on his face. I'm like, really? What? What is this story? And that doesn't go this? anywhere. Oh, no, I was just it goes to nowhere. And it goes back to feudal Japan where, where they're making cyborgs. I, I huh, love it, too, look the whole at idea you. where, you know, Engine's father makes him this first cybernetic arm somehow in, like, 1879. Yeah. And it's like, here, and my little engine, you'll be able to be stronger than anybody. And then he goes and picks up a goddamn giant statue. I'm like, them legs ain't cybernetic. They're about to collapse underneath him. Yeah, I know. Him. Yeah, and really. And I'm telling you. Really, you, you want to do some things and look back in history. Japan had a lot of problems coming up at this point because of a lack of technology. Stop making cyborgs arms for your kid and start building some military or some help your country. It's just ridiculous. It's all stupid to make it the – this is the Silas of feudal Japan. Yeah. And really, the, the funniest thing is at the end, I really want – this guy to go. I want Engine to go to Cyber because even even the his dad says to Engine, "Listen, you know this will be great because you, you just keep getting parts. <laughs> when yeah, your parts we're, fail, we're we'll replace keep, it." Mate. Yeah, he's a goddamn Frankenstein. Yeah, and I really want it where at the end where we're, we're gonna have this you know get together and kind of discuss what it is to be a cyborg and things. And I want Engine to say like, "Hey, let me tell you my story." He tells the whole story and says, "You know." We're, we're the same, Cyborg. You know, we're, we're all the same. And Cyborg's like, no, no, you were born without an arm. <laughs> That's all. I, I ended up, uh, fucking mother box, fucking nonsense. I was burned to death. I only have, you know, uh, 2% of I'm my goddamn you body. Blew me the fuck yeah. up. Yeah, uh, this isn't the same. Like, we're not quite the same. You had no arm. Yeah, that's bad, but hey, you know, come see, come so. But with this, you just keep going back and forth. You have just nonsense things. You have Cyber call, you know, Tech Town and start talking. Uh, and I don't, what, what is the lady's name? I actually I have forget. no idea Kate. off the top of my head. It's Kate. He calls Kate. Hey, what's going on? You see my dad lately? No, I haven't. And somehow Cyborg can get her heartbeat through the phone. Oh, I got her heartbeat through the phone. She's lying. Uh, really? This is what do you? This is way more abilities than I thought. And then he goes. His dad doesn't want to talk to him for some reason. He doesn't come yeah. out because Cyborg wanted to talk about this dream that he had, where his dad was cutting him with a goddamn fucking chainsaw, and, and they were all grabbing the boom. Memory so he would remember things. And they wanted to grab the mother box, which yeah. we saw that that's something that they did want to do. And now. Again, you have this weird thing here because we did have Cyborg go in and kind of download files. And I like, is this a virus that's in there? Is this a phantom memory that's from the th – I don't think so. I think it's just nonsense. Yeah. But you go in. He's being followed by Jin because now he's in the right – I love it too. It's like he had a heart attack. They gave him a new heart. The hearts are burning out. So he, he gets a new heart and then basically says to his – you know, the guy who's taking care of him, listen – 
get, get me in my battle suit. It's almost like the Kryptonian armor that we use yeah. a lot in Superman. Like, it'll heal me. Heal him when he goes off and fights. It, it, it doesn't make much sense, but he goes, they're going to fight. In the meantime, that's where Cyborg is going around and trying to find out this third party, which is then Jim's party, saying, yeah. you know, oh, wh- where'd all those cute little robots go? And, and baby with that, Max. he goes and talks to the lady at Starlight and like, where'd they go? I want to check them out. And she has some crazy explanation of where they are and why you can't have them and stuff. Uh, but he ends up running into them because they're following him anyway. They start fighting. Now, you do have the wink-wink that his dad, Silas, can track him anywhere. Yeah. So by the end, Engine does kind of take care of Cyborg, knocks him down, and in the craziest progression of panels, he ends up bashing him into the ground. You turn the page, and, and then basically it, it's Freaky Friday being set up. Uh, you know, you might, you, as might well, as well be the fly teleportation machine. That's what telepods. it is. I'm telling you, if you had a cat and one, and they, I mean, it's it's the classic like the, of the whole, we're gonna swap. The whole idea, though, is I need this mother box to replace my heart, so I have like unlimited energy. But the way this really seems, it really seems like <laughs> he's gonna switch. gonna swap into Cyborg's yeah. body. Yeah, and I think that we're gonna go forward with the AI of both of them swapping, and now we're gonna have Freaky Friday, where you're gonna have Cyborg go off. That's gonna be Engine, where he's gonna go off then because he Why? saw he he watched him. Well, he's gonna want to find out things, Eric. Plus, he wants to have some fun. He's gonna go off to Starlight. And he's going to act weird. They're going to say, oh, hey, you know, that was a great sparring session yesterday. Sparring. And it's so funny because he is sparring. There's Cyborg sparring in Starlight while Engine is sparring. Like, they, they have this thing. And I do think we're going to get an issue or two of the swapping of the minds. And it's going to be ridiculous. But the, the main thing is, is that I think the savior will be Silas. And the way that he will is he can track Cyborg. He's pointed out for some reason, yeah. which didn't make sense even in the story to even point out that. But... Like you said, you get cyborg, you get that, you get the mother box out, and you try to figure out how you can use that as your energy source instead of your heart. You don't, you don't have to do vice versa. Well, that's the thing is, it's for so some reason, for the way he spelled everything out, I think this is somehow just giving him the mother box power. I don't not know. Actually swapping, I actually but the way think it's that. Set up, it I'm does telling seem you, like a swapping device. I, I swear to God that what he's going to do is he's going to say that cyborg has just a better body, has a younger body as well. And yeah, I really think, and again. Again, this is the best part of this because in any other way, you have a Freaky Friday fly deal here. Me and you would be all in. This would be something that we would think. But if this is what it is, I'm going to be furious because it doesn't make sense. But all of this doesn't. He writes this like he's just each page he's coming up. He he can't remember what happened before and it doesn't tie in. It's just and it's Don't worry, Marv. You're not the only one. I know. That's the point. But I love that progression. You know, here, but my life depends upon my victory. Uh, this is engine, and I will not fail. Boom, hits him, and now they're in these things. I don't know how this happened. Oh, well. What would you give it, Eric? I would give this issue a 4.5 out of 10. Oh, mostly because I like the art. It's all for art for me. The art's good. This, this uh, series, I'm telling you, if you like Cyborg, I'm sure you could find something out <laughs> oh, of this to enjoy. God. But it's a nonsense story oh. that I really hope just ends before, like, you know, I just wanted to get canceled. That's all I wanted at this point, to go back to where it was before Marvel opened and decided to pick the series back up again. Just cancel it outright. Come back yeah. years later. Do yeah, it I'm telling you. Uh, Man Ship's the only guy 
who I could even even think is going to say that he liked this. And as far as I can tell, when he emailed me about all the books, at one point he said, I'm going to read Cyborg. I didn't hear nothing about it. And, this, and I'm telling you, Manship's one of those guys. If he doesn't like something, he just won't talk about it. He likes to be a positive guy. I didn't hear anything, so I'm going with that. His silence yeah. is all the, you know, yeah, all okay. I need to hear. Uh, yeah, because I gave it a three out of ten, and just I, I I got done with it. I'm like, I I actually look because you know when we go to do this, we gather you know our uh, creative teams and stuff like this. I'm telling you, you almost could see the the marks of my burning tires from this review of me getting the hell away from it when I was done. <laughs> I forgot to put pictures in. I I have the cover. I have a, a top banner. I didn't even want to stick around to put pictures. I'm like, God damn it. Why did I do So I put pictures now, but I'm like, boy, I really wanted to get the hell away from that, didn't I? But yeah, three out of ten. That's it, Eric. <laughs> we are it. done. We're done. We're done. What is your book of the week? My book of the week is Deathstroke number 32. Yeah, minus two. And easily. Easily that book. So yeah. Yeah, uh, easily if, for me too. Sadly, if you I'm don't read you. that, yeah, uh, what, yeah. Once I get past that score, that eight out of ten – it dives down quick and oh, yeah. keeps on going. Yeah, and again, when we sit there, there's no time where we're giggling to ourselves about, oh, my God, our book of the week is going to be a six. It actually upsets us. And at one point, you just kept saying, well, I haven't read Deathstroke yet, and you like that. I'm like, yeah. yeah Thank that, God. Definitely, yeah. Uh, this is what's going to come up next week. And again, I will point out that. Two of these issues will be on the Patreon-only spotlight picked by the badasses, and that will be at patreon.com slash weirdscience, obviously. Also, we have another one that I will mention that may be as well. We have to talk about it. We, we will discuss it. It's a King's Corner deal, but we haven't had it pop up yet, and I just want to make sure that you're on board, that Mr. Miracle will be a Patreon-only as well. Uh, well. We'll talk about that. We will talk about that coming up, uh, but yeah, here's what Most we definitely – Most likely it will. It most likely it will. We'll see. And, and people will find out. But we have Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Batgirl versus the Riddler, number one. That comes up. We have Detective Comics, number 982, Eric. We have Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number 46. Hawkman, number one. This is All where right. at the very beginning of the podcast I said there are some things coming up that maybe we'll get what we want. I just mentioned Mr. Miracle, number nine, is also coming out. New Superman and the Ju- uh, Justice League of China, number 24. That's ending soon. Plastic Man, number one. There's right. another one that I hope that will be fun. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 23. We like that as well. Right. So this is good, right? It's shaping up here. Sideways, number five. Eric, and hopefully there it that, goes. Eh, we said we're, we're starting to get the idea that that has some focus, too. I'm telling you, I, I do hope. Last issue was something that actually I enjoyed more than I think the rest yeah. of the issues. So hopefully it continues down that trend. With Mr. Fuginot, he's coming, uh, he's going to be doing the, uh, training, and that's what we wanted at the, the ever beginning. The ever-size-changing Tempest yes. Fuginot. Yeah, Tempest Fuginot has kind of changed up a little. Uh, Suicide Squad number 43, Flash number 48, continues the Flash, where we like the first I do look forward to that, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Immortal Men number three. What is that book about there? Oh, that's about the War of the Immortals, Jim. Yeah, the War of the Immortals. Uh, the Man of Steel, number three. And as you can tell, we're going to have more books next week than we've had in a bit. Uh, Titan Special, number one. All right. And Wonder Woman, number 48, which is that weird deal where we just had the annual and now we get this. So, and I'm looking forward to that, actually. I want to see how this, you know, Dark Gods thing works itself out i'm hoping that maybe that it'll be positive and we'll have a great week of tons of great books i don't know but yeah Uh, and thanks everybody who helped us out with this podcast tonight also go to our website weirdsciencedccomics.com and again we have a patreon if you want to go check that out at patreon.com slash weird science eric what do we say at the end 
Everyone have a great week. week. Keep it weird, and weird. we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, there he goes.